This episode of Those Conspiracy Guys is brought to you by Audible. For a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial, head to audible.com slash tcg and you'll be supporting the show and you get a free book for yourself. That's audible.com slash tcg for a free 30-day trial. Thanks, Audible. On this episode of Those Conspiracy Guys, we head through the desert on a horse with no name to the flat, dry bed of Groom Lake and zip unseen under the radar of disbelief to investigate this 60-year-old mysterious history of one of the most secretive locations on the whole planet and one synonymous with alien and UFO activity. That's right, this is Area 51. Area 51, or Dreamland as it is otherwise known, was a secretive flight testing base set up by the CIA in 1955 to test surveillance aircraft that would be used to spy on those damn pesky Russians during the Cold War. The advancement in technology and the massive amount of secrecy around the process is now the stuff of legend, told only by scrappy satellite photos and questionable testimony. During the Vietnam War, the military takeover and expansion of the secret test facility saw a new technological development, with radar-repellent aircraft developed to further aid the intelligence community in their never-ending quest for an advantage over the communist enemies. The legal admission by the government of the existence of this facility didn't come until 1994, however, with a lawsuit put forward by five former government employees, forced the hand of the powers that be, and the public finally got confirmation of this super-secret area. Five men were exposed to deadly chemicals in the course of their duties, and then sued the US government. Suspicion surrounded Area 51 for most of its existence, but never more than when, under a UFO and alien frenzied pop culture in the late 80s, a man by the name of Bob Lazar came forward with earth-shattering testimony of the operations of Area 51. Lazar claimed that it wasn't just Earth-made aircraft that they were testing. Crashed UFO technology was being reverse-engineered at Area 51 and the numerous sightings of lights in the sky and aircraft seemingly defying the laws of physics dancing in the sky over the desert testing ground were more than ample fodder for UFO chasers the world over. All eyes were on the skies. Now adopted into mainstream culture, the evidence that Area 51 was the epicentre of alien contact, research and information for our planet was set in stone. Lazar and others claiming to have seen autopsies and worked on alien craft have fueled science fiction and movies like The X-Files and Independence Day, giving visual encouragement of these same narratives and other confirming organisations like The Disclosure Project professing the absolute truth of alien encounters and the involvement of the US government all centred at Area 51. So why was there such militant secrecy at Area 51 in the early days? Was there more going on there than was released to the public in recent years? What is the story with the continuing growth of the site and the legend of Area 51, and why such security even still today? Was Bob Lazar and the caller to Art Bell full of guff, or did the government erase Lazar's credentials after he exposed the programme? Are there alien spacecraft and extraterrestrial bodies at Area 51? Or is this an easy story to allow for billions to disappear into government black operations? Is there a massive deep underground tunnel system joining up military installations countrywide? Are the new claims of the Disclosure Project and the Sirius Disclosure just a reboot of mid-60s UFO hysteria? 
Or is this just a military base that had tech so advanced people just couldn't understand it and made up a story that captured the imagination of the world? So join us, co-conspirators, as we buckle into the cockpit of truth, fire up the engines of investigative scepticism, and vertically take off and silently fly into an open sky of rumour, collusion, and extraterrestrial science fiction. This time, on Those Conspiracy Guys, it's Area 51. Hello and welcome to the show. This is Those Conspiracy Guys. I'm Gordo. I'm Paul. I'm Eamon. And the band is back together. Yay! Dun, dun, dun. They said the Zep would never get back together. <laughs> and then they <laughs> did. Yes, Polly Kelly and the Redness are It's Jack Sanchak that's in mm-hmm. the house in Irish. Welcome, lads. Well, the great call went out, I think, the... The horn of Gondor was blown. The yeah, conch the yeah. shell. I was like, there's a big Someone one here, go. fellas. Come and <laughs> deal with the big one. <laughs> Bring flip-flops. <laughs> so, yeah, so we're all sitting here in flip-flops and shorts and mm. uh, Bob Lazar t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Rubbing ourselves, getting ready for Area 51. This episode is all about Area 51. It may not satisfy everybody. I'll throw it out there. True. What yeah. you're expecting from this episode, as with most of our other episodes, you, you might not get. I mean, some people tuned into a Marilyn Monroe episode hoping to get like, and then they shoved the thing up her arse and they pumped her full of stuff. Uh, but what they really got was like an examination of um, mental health issues and her <laughs> sexual abuse as a young girl. Mm. And, you know, we're throwing, throwing curveballs on those conspiracy guys. Uh, but uh, this one, I think, is interesting to the point of like not believing in the facts that are presented or are these documents... You know, there's a couple of dates, there's a couple of names that keep cropping up. 1970, 1971 seems to be the time when all this stuff started mm. going underground, underground. <laughs> all the secrets down in the underground base, you know. That's when all the burning of the papers happened. Yeah, it seems to yeah. be... Uh, it was like, as long as we just declassify the top sheet, which has the indices, <laughs> we should be fine. <laughs> we should be fine. <laughs> just burn everything else. Yeah. Throw, throw them on the air. I think, I think what you don't know about Area 51 is way more fun yes. than yes. what you do know. Yeah. You know? That was a bit of a shame because Area 51 yeah. is such a huge thingy yes. in the but conspiracy it's not, world. But it's not huge at all yeah, Re- in, the, like, in the greater scheme of things. Yeah, it's, yeah. It could be the, the biggest conspiracy red herring. But anyway... We're digressing from uh, from the the menu. Mm. Um, so yeah, there's loads to talk about in this. There's loads of stuff that you won't have known. There's loads of stuff that you do know that you that you might not believe afterwards. But uh, before we start the show and get deep into it, uh, I just want to say thanks to everybody for being a listener from mm-hmm. personally from my heart. Uh, Those conspiracy guys is now a full time operation. Dun, dun, dun. I just finished my last exam. I have one more uh, final assignment to hand in at the end of this week. And then I'm a full-time conspiracy guy. So uh, thanks to everybody on Facebook for my, your congratulations. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be doing this shit all the time. Just the future starts Yay. now. My heart is opening. I think I might have like a coronary. Uh, so if you want to reach out to us and talk to us about anything that we're going to bring up on the show uh, in the next few hours, we are on everything social media. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Reddit, Tumblr. Just search for those conspiracy guys. We are at T Conspiracy Guys on Twitter. We're also on YouTube. All the episodes are up on YouTube. If you're listening on YouTube, Ooh. hello. 
Uh, we will have videos and supplementary stuff coming now over the summer that will uh, expand on some of the information and some of the little tips and topics and bits and bobs that we'll find uh, in the show. So if we left anything out, don't worry. It'll either be coming in its own little show or in an explanatory video or article. Filling uh, in those gaps with a bit of polyfiller. Yeah, we're now... Informative uh, polyfiller. We're now on Spreaker, so we can't have nine-hour episodes now, yeah. Mo. Uh, five hours is around about as much as we're going to be able to get and we have to decide what to leave in and what to leave out things must be compartmentalized exactly or the new world order way of doing things (laughs) yeah Uh, we keep uh, Paul does one part of the episode on his own in a room and then I come in and I do the second part and then Eamon listens to both of us and he does that and that's how we're going to do the show from now on it's a good method it's a good method it's the best way we never have to be in a room together it's the best thing since the pull out method it works it means we 60% can, of the time it we can get the real nice time. acoustics yeah. of being in a, in, in a bathroom <laughs> like we just each sit in the bath for five hours yeah Ooh. and record uh, we're Pruny. also we're also on vid.me or vidme which is after the YouTube uh, I don't know hemorrhage the let's backlit. call it the ad boycott everyone has kind of looked for alternative uh, an alternative home for their video content and vidme seems to be doing the job so we're on Vidme as well. We will also be in the near future, thanks to some generous donations, mm. uh, be streaming the show and other shows like the True Crime Show and the smaller conspiracy shows on twitch.tv. So look look us up, twitch.tv slash those conspiracy guys. But we will be everywhere as much as possible. Uh, we're doing vlogs and recording the episodes now. So there's a vlog for every episode and that's going to be available for the Patreon people only. So me being full-time with this and this show itself would not be possible without the kind, kind donations of the lovely bastards over at Patreon.com. Patreon.com slash Those Conspiracy Guys is the name of the page. And if you wanted to get over there and donate a dollar or two or five or like some crazy people, uh, $200. So I just want to do a shout out to Ryan, Blake and Rachel for being crazy enough to donate yes. us uh, that much money. It's, it really makes mental, a difference. Mental illness is not funny. It's not. But, but it's appreciated. It is, in small doses. <laughs> mm. uh, we would, <laughs> there's so many good things in the world that we wouldn't have if not for mental illness. Yeah. Yeah. Chalk it down. <laughs> um, so those, those guys are really uh, helping out the show, as are every single one of you uh, who are donating. Even $1 uh, makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Patreon has a lot of stuff on it, like you get these uh, secret episode blogs that, that are only available to the people on Patreon. Uh, we're making videos here the whole day. And there are also early episode releases, uh, early video releases for uh, videos that are going public. There's also a thing called a Discord server. So Discord has been uh, amalgamated into the Patreon ecosystem. And Discord is like a voice chat and text app. And if you're a Patreon donator, it means you get access to a Discord server that's in my pocket at all times. And it's a much easier and more functional messaging service than the internal Patreon messaging uh, system. So if you want to get on that, we had a good old chat on it last night. Uh, so that's patreon.com slash those conspiracy guys I want to say a shout out to Gabriel who's been helping me with a lot of uh, market and stuff uh, we were talking in the Google Hangouts which is another thing that we do on Patreon so if you're a Patreon subscriber you get access to uh, a, not a secret but like a private video video chat hmm. done through YouTube done through Google Hangouts and uh, it's, a, it's a once a month thing. We're also going to be opening up for the public now that I have the time to do it. So it'll be one or two nights during the month when you'll get a notification to come and join us on this hangout. And we'll talk about current events, talk about the news, uh, talk about whatever really you want. So just join in for that. Uh, people are looking for podcasting tips as well. I'm getting loads of emails. I'm going through a huge backlog 
of emails, uh, literally hundreds and hundreds of emails that I have from people. Uh, emails, Facebook and Twitter messages and Instagram personal messages. Uh, if you're looking for podcasting tips, send me an email. We might form some kind of a, I don't know, an online video seminar session or something Ooh. where everyone can join in together and I go like, buy this, use this app, do this thing and just give you some tips online because to do it individually for each person it would be really time consuming yes or to rent out the San Diego Convention Center <laughs> yeah. in order to have yeah. a, a con yeah just it's not feasible it's not how to podcast it, con yeah it doesn't do yeah. that it's not feasible uh, so if you want to j- join in like that I might even make some kind of a a, a podcasting I don't know a podcasting course where you, you'd pay and, mm. and come on and I'd be able to give you like lessons or we figure something podcasting out. for dummies yeah I like but it. um, jo- like uh, send me an email with that particular subject line and we'd be able to, to fix you up uh, or we could do it in a group on the discord server if you're already a patreon subscriber and you want to do that we could we could all jump in on that together or do a, a hangout with the treatment don't oh. you know so yeah the google hangouts will be happening over the summer with the, the general public and i just want to give a shout out to some of the guests that will be joining us uh, so i'm trying to get fellow podcasters and i'm also trying to get like experts in the field to maybe join us on a hangout and have the chats and i would interview or have a conversation with them <laughs> but you'd also be able to jump in with questions for them or for for us to, to chat about like a, like a reddit ama or something like that. yeah some kind mm, of nice. thing I like uh, i'd like to talk to jordan peterson i know he's um very very busy at the moment and he probably like our show is a little bit too small for him but those kind of people that you'd like to get on i want to talk to maybe uh, greg carlwood over at the higher side chats maybe greg will come on for a google Good old hangout greg and we have a chit chat uh or sam tripoli who's had me on his show tinfoil hat a couple of times and we were talking about paul mccartney and we were talking about deep underground military bases which we're going to be talking about again today mm. <laughs> and uh sam has had like loads of mad people on his show greg uh, uh, eddie bravo uh, lo- loads of like conspiracy heads you know uh we we're also going to have johnny and shane from the disaster artists which is another uh, sister podcast to those conspiracy guys uh, local boys doing local stuff about uh, apocalypse scenarios in movies and TV they're the sister are they? Uh, they're the yeah we're, we're the, the man we're the, we're the did man. you just assume his gender? yeah how dare you how dare Uh-oh. you so uh, power top Johnny and Shane hopefully Zim and Zer can join us mm-hmm. uh, on a Google Hangout pretty soon and another brand new podcast from Paul and Jerry McCann not that Jerry McCann <laughs> get back in your box <laughs> Uh, Jerry, we wish Jerry, <laughs> Jerry McCann's podcast Missing Madeline If I did it <laughs> If I did it Him and OJ Just roar, just laughing into a microphone For an hour at a time uh, Paul and Jerry are If you like our Irish Lilton voices These two boys are Scottish So it's oh. like Irish But like turned up to 11 mm. Or 11 mm. how, how would you say it? 11 Yeah That's more 11 You just say 88 And then just say idiot <laughs> And uh, these these guys have a brand new show. It's called Not Another Fake Newscast, and they are very well researched. Oh. I was talking to them on a on a video chat the other night. Very well researched, very well uh, executed podcast, and they're on episode number three at the moment. So go and check them on iTunes. They're going to be on a Google Hangout with us as well. Uh, so keep an eye out for loads more content coming up from those conspiracy guys, mm. those full time motherfucking conspiracy guys. Uh, there's going to be vlogs, true crime shows, interviews, and I'm going to do a load of mailbag episodes answering some of the longer emails because to write back to you after like six months, I think, is yeah. uh, the, the gusto may be gone from you. But I'm going <laughs> to pull the the best moments from your email and 
try and give like a little a little chat. So there'll be five or six mailbag episodes between now and the end of June, just dealing with some of the bigger issues and uh, some people emailing in about. You know, they, they they listened to the Marilyn Monroe episode and it struck something with them or they listened to Joseph Fritz and it struck a chord or, you know what I mean? Uh, a lot of Elvis action, a lot of stuff, talk, people talking about the Elvis episode and uh, propaganda as well. A lot of woke motherfuckers waking up there now. A lot of woke motherfuckers. So it's the season of woking. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, the summer of your content just before the yeah. winter of your discontent. Yeah, that feels like that winter's coming a little yeah. bit. Yeah. It's going to be a good mm, summer. The okay. autumn of my like indifference. Like a field of... Mm, I can feel the, the warm tingles coming up through my belly for this summer. Uh, some shit's going to go down. So that's it for all the social stuff. Sorry it took so long, but uh, there's a lot of stuff going out there. There is also a brand new show coming from the people behind those conspiracy guys, a.k.a. me and all the guests. It's a movie, TV, and computer games podcast. It's called Why Press Play. It's up on iTunes now and on all podcast apps, uh, Acast, Overcast, Anything cast podcast mm-hmm. addict. It's on Stitcher. Uh, it's on iTunes. Anything with a pod in it too. Anything yeah. with a pod or yeah. a cast. Pod in it. Bean, you can search Why Press Play. We're on. Too. We're on YouTube. Uh, we're on YouTube and Twitch.tv streaming uh, computer game playthroughs and reviews. And we're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Reddit, Tumblr, VidMe, uh, and we also have a Patreon. And they're all. Similarly, similarly named uh, Y Press Play, except for Instagram, because a bunch of cunts and won't reply to me. Oh, on the fucking, fucking Instagram! Mm. I made an account like a year and a half ago to secure the name, and now I went to log in, and it said that name is taken. And I was like, "Yeah, by me, motherfucker." Yeah, it's me. So I went to to do forgot password, and it said you can't do that for this account. So oh. I'd be trying to get onto them on social media. So if anyone out there is an Instagram guru and they know what they're talking about. Help a motherfucker out, will ya? I hope it didn't get hacked by a Russian. I, no, I There's didn't. some Russian It just got left dormant. Now. I didn't put that on it and it just went away. But I want it back because I don't want to have like Y Press Play on every single social media except Instagram. Instagrams. That'd be a fucking pain. And they're the taking hole. their time getting back to you. They won't reply at all. Not so Instagram. Oh, no. No. You stole it, son. You stole it. Wavelength. So if anyone out there knows how to get in touch with Instagram to get that white press play, it's a movie podcast, a TV podcast, and a, and a computer games podcast where we will be doing a Paul and Eamon mm-hmm. and, and me and some uh, loads of other people. We watch movies. On. We're normal human beings. <laughs> but but we're wanting it's to talk about well, movies that don't feel like they waste your time or there's like secret yeah. gems in a massive Give list me something, of yeah, yeah. something good to watch on a rainy day that might surprise you. Yeah, but there's ones that you'd skip over because the cover doesn't look good or because yeah. the name doesn't resonate with you or you never heard of it along the way. There's a lot of golden nuggets, a lot of hidden gems out there. And mm. especially in this like streaming media, I can find any movie anywhere with about nine clicks of a mouse world that we live in. Mm-hmm. If someone goes, watch that, and you're like, yeah, 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 I will. And most people haven't got past season two of The Wire yet. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you're going this is a good thing you should watch this thing people recommend like Kimmy Schmidt or what was that one you recommended to us oh, Sense8 Sense8 on, uh, on Netflix yeah that's about a, is that about a guy that goes deaf and blind or something like that no that's, Japanese that's martial arts less oh, that's no, no I'm joking uh, no Sense8 is like eight people and they can kind of go into each other's bodies from across the world or each other's spaces they're kinda, oh shit they're like tomorrow connected. people or something uh, something crazy it's kind of yeah. X- X-Men-ish not really though but yeah. it's a uh, the story like it it's hard to kind of unravel and make sense of but it's shot beautifully and it's got a really nice kind of um, 
I suppose the main sort of theme of it is sort of love connectedness and mm. but it doesn't do it in a kind of like just love each other it'll be nice mm. Jesus for the win like it's really it's just done really really well so it's cool worth checking that. out so it's that kind of stuff we talk about Sense8 for a little while uh, there's loads of TV shows coming out now and there's just so many and you mm. don't know what to pick mm. um, so White Press Play is going to kind of take a oh, hold your hand and go through that so if you want to crack at those conspiracy guys without the conspiracy uh, talking about them pop cultures and getting them Bill Cosby impersonations uh, White Press Play uh, find it on all social and in your iTunes player. Now, that's the shilling out of the way. Boys, Area 51, what's the story? My, no. my my brain is melted from yeah. watching these fucking Discovery Channel documentaries that say the same thing in a different way. We yeah. need, what we need is a bullshit machine. <laughs> I know that we have, it's called the polygraph, but like, <laughs> one thing is a bullshit machine. That's, that might be, but wouldn't it be great if you could just like, if there was some little app and it was like, yeah, bullshit. And you just be oh, like, all right, well, he's full of shit. He's, oh, there's a bit of truth. Okay, all right, let's follow this one down the hole a little well, bit. Well, aren't Google trying to do that now with uh, labeling all the the websites fake news and driving them to the bottom of search results? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what's happening now. And it's it's kind of, I think, up to a person to develop the skill to be able to listen to a cunt say, yeah, 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 I, um, I invented a new type of anti-gravity. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, show us. Oh, I can't. It's classified. Yeah. Like, fuck off, bro. Instead of going, oh my God, the government are so unjust because they're, they're holding back this technology. And you're like, nah, man, this is some cunt that says, like, I'm able to fly. And then you're going to fly then. He's like, no. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not going to, I don't have to prove myself. You, you fucking, you just said you're able to fly. Like, I have a blurry photograph of a plane. <laughs> and you're like, okay. And he's like, so that's, I don't need to fly. I've just proved it to you. <laughs> did, did you hear recently? Um, I was reading an article on msn about you're like msn that's still going but there was a it was a you're in a chat room isn't Isn't that that, isn't that that thing you used to type asl (laughs) when you were young in a chat room asl like away 14 (laughs) (laughs) and there is for the first time in like eight or nine months there was a spotting of nessie in loch ness get the fuck and they were they were like oh the people were starting to get nervous like the the nessie confederate or whatever the fuck they're called because no one's seen nessie and it was a there's a little picture of the of of the loch ness monster but it was weird because the picture was shot from like the hills so it's a bit higher up and there's like clearly a boat just driving past nessie while Jeez. you could see it from the land you know and i was kind of like well i wonder what happened to these people in the boat not wonder what much, they saw not much judging by this fucking comparatively terrible <laughs> photo this, opportunity that I'm the looking thing, at. Now people have like, you know, 15 megapixel, 20 megapixel cameras yeah, in their pockets yeah. all the time. And yet these things that were so elusive when people had to wait for the right light and there was film exposure and it was, you know, shutter speed to stop them being blurry and stuff like that. Like now you can just like pull it out and just go and you have a picture or a video even. Mm. And yet nobody can still capture... A proper picture of of either a UFO, an alien, a, a, a Sasquatch, or a Nessie. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? I wonder where people will stop searching for Nessie like, when they go in two thousand years from now. They'll be like, no, it's it's almost certainly dead now. When you think of it, though, right? I was like staying at a place a few weeks ago, and they had like a little um a little pen that had loads of goats in it, right? And I was just walking by, I was like, oh, that's fucking that's goats. cute. I can't stand goats. You don't like goats? Oh, they're man. fucking oh. rectangular oh, eyes. Man. Freak me little out, man. Little baby goats are like the Dude, cutest. They're things. the worst because they're all like. And you're like they really your rectangular eyes are the sign of the devil, and mm. that's why people think you're evil. They've really lovely, mm. naturally kind of growing megs. They don't take any any amount of like care, and they just beard. they're perfect. Their chin beards are on point, like mm. um, pretty beatnik. 
<laughs> very much so. Very, that 1950s just literature buzz all over it. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. Uh, but I was just walking by. I have like a relatively good phone, you know. Took a picture because it was like, it was so cute. And then when I looked at it, it was it was actually hard to make out that they were goats. Because like if you're, f- presumably you're not going to see Bigfoot within 12 feet. Oh, he's not going to stand there and frame the picture well. Yeah, so I mean yeah. like if you're. 12 of whose feet? 12, the 12 feet of the apostles. <laughs> I, can, I can only imagine. But do you know what? 12, we're talking about the thumb. Yeah, yeah. The thumb stuff. Is it 12, 12 Bigfoot feet? Because that's far. That's quite far. It's much far. I was, I was kind of thinking my own feet. Yeah. Size 12, 12 feet. So, 12, size 12 feet. So you're saying if, if Bigfoot is running real fast and you pull out your camera and you try and get a bit of detail and the shutter speed, the lighting is not right, you're not going to get a good picture with I your phone? I think it's not right, but I think as well with phones, like... I, I don't know, just it's so hard to get decent pictures of things in general, you know? I'm saying that with, like, prosumer technology, mm. why are people not able to set up drones, cameras, all that kind of stuff around Loch Ness and just put it into the water and go, where is this cunt? Where the fuck are you? And and, and that's digressing from Area 51. Why are people not allowed to fly drones into the airspace of Area 51 yeah. when they won't be detected by... The, the you know the radar detector uh, information like there, I watched a video online about two, two or three motorbike guys they came up right up to the border of the road going into area 51 and they said that like a bunch of uh, camo you know naval security officers came down in a big Humvee and mm. your man like scraped a line in the gravel of the road and he said cross that line and I'll shoot you mm. yeah and, and then the guy put his foot over the line yeah cheeky cunt yeah. but like why wouldn't you just like sit a, a, a bit away and then just fly like a, a you know a DJI Phantom 4 with a little camera and just be like yeah. oh, not near the road just fly it in just like mm. snap a few pictures fly it back out. like I still think that's illegal though isn't it yeah but it'll get you the fucking pictures that you need ah. yeah. if people are willing to break into the place like you break into the place and, and the lads come and arrest you and you pay a $500 fine or whatever but like if you want to get the answers, just fly a drone in there. Mm. Mm. Surely they don't have like, f- like chicken wire up to stop drones getting in at a certain height. Or what about when Google starts? Because you have like Google Earth, and you can see you know the planet from the satellites and all this. Mm. Presumably, they might start. They might release something that'll show you like the, um, like the 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 way that the, the, the topography the, the topography but underneath the earth may is there some sort of a like x-ray oh. thing that'll kind of oh, show like you the that's, that's next is uh, i don't know i'm just sort of Google saying terrain. could it be like so you could kind of le- take the art layer unlayer or unravel the earth and see what's like, sounds like some it. batman technology shit right? yeah i wonder why we don't yeah, it's probably a while coming <laughs> to be fair i wonder why we don't find more cave formations i don't understand why we don't have a thing that you can just like fire the sonar or whatever down into the ground and be like oh look here's a load of cave formations mm. that we know are there now so like dickhead spelunkers no offence have to go like you know risking their lives and and possibly running into some sort of morlock to go in there like searching for the way out I think for sonar I'll have to look this up now because this is pure spurious speculation Mm. from my mind oh totally but you can fire the sonar down but it's accurately measuring it returning is the difficulty that you have to be really close to it because depending on the density of the material that you're firing into uh, you might not get a return that will deliver any results you know mm. like we have a, a vision of sonar like from jurassic park 
where Sam Neill is going like, and we found this dinosaur, and the dinosaur is exactly like exactly how it looks horizontal, and he's like with the claws and all. Instead of being like, what happens if you're looking at a dinosaur from the head down? Mm-hmm. It just looks like a, a blob, you know. It's I, not- yeah, I had a picture of like. Uh- whenever I first heard the term like ground penetrating radar and I was mm. like oh cool they, all the diamonds will be found in the next two years and yeah. that's how that works <laughs> yeah. we'll have all of the, 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 the missing link bones we'll have like I said all the fossils everything will be all dug up now in the next couple of years excellent yeah. and that hasn't happened or yet. who has control over that thing see with Area 51 what I presumed was mm. that it was a facility similar to Independence Day where there was an underground base secret underground base and then a bunch of overground hangars that had a load of planes in them and I knew about the secret, like, elements, av- aviation elements to, to Area 51. And then there was some talk of, like, EBE ma- uh, biological material retrieval from stuff like Roswell and stuff like uh, different crashes around New Chunks Mexico and stuff like that. that yeah. Found yeah. In the, in the here's, a, here's an arm. Here's a wing. Mm. Do you know? Uh, yeah, it's a wing. <laughs> um, and they, they were holding them in Area 51 and examining them and doing all that stuff. I also heard the rumors of, like, they got the downed spaceship and then they reverse engineered it yeah, and turned yeah. it into like supersonic uh, aircraft and supersonic stealth aircraft and stuff like that. Like mm. I heard that stuff. We've heard talk of this. And know? I went, yeah. yeah. And then when I went to research it, I was like, okay, like majority of that holds up. Mm. But the wild shit about like the underground base that's totally unsubstantiated or the fact that there's UFO knowledge or whatever. I, I always had just an inkling that Area 51 was more of a a red herring that got away from the CIA or got away from the the naval intelligence mm-hmm. in the 60s. It got away from them and I went, oh, fuck. All right, move everything to Virginia or move everything to some yeah, other fucking yeah. place. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And let them just like annoy the shit out of those lads in Area 51. So all the dudes in Area 51 are like, no. Oh, <laughs> are we in the fucking, the playground or whatever? Are we in the... In the tour, in the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, are we at the the front gates of the tourist section of you know the American government's secret organizations? Yeah. Like, is it just now building like boring refueling jets yeah. and things like that? And- is it just bullshit now? Is what I think after after research, I'm going like, but there are loads and loads of little secret like tidbits loads of little nuggets of yeah. like mm. hey man what the fuck is that like loads of that still today yeah yeah to do with Area 51 and they're under such scrutiny from the world media mm. where everybody like all these bibliocopedias and all of these mad websites of lads like looking into stuff and there's people still going missing there's people still coming out and going I was I used to work for Area 51 I used to work in you know Dulles Air Force Base I used to work at N- Nellis Air Force Base I used to work in Groom Lake like, I was a technician at this, and they told mm-hmm. me not to say, but here's the thing we did. And everyone's like, yeah, and... That's what surprised me, is how it's still, it's still breaking news coming out today. Yeah. Yeah, stuff. yeah. It's only recently that it was actually confirmed, in the last couple of years, as even existing. And yeah. I'm like, wait. What a didn't? minute. What a minute. That's like going, like, the fucking Eiffel Tower. We're only just now admitting that's there. <laughs> yeah. And like, but, but wait a second. Wait a Independence minute. Day was out in 1996, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like? Speaking of, what was the timeline on that? Had you heard of Area 51 before you saw Independence Day? Oh, yeah. Or was that your first introduction to it? Oh, yeah. I think that... I, when you said that, was I was like, that might have been the, the first 80s. time I ever heard the term yeah, Area 51. Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day as well. When did I first Independence Day? Or there was... Was it... I think there was a computer game called Area 51. Yeah, but like, that was a shooter, but I don't think that, that was, was after like before 96. Yeah. So I could be wrong, maybe probably, it yeah, was. I, when you said Independence, I was like, shit, that might be the first time I ever heard that of That was like, 51. do you remember that one Lethal Enforcer was the Konami light gun game? 
It was like ah. that, but with aliens. Mm. And I believe it was made by Midway. Midway? Or who also, of Mortal Kombat. The fans. X-Files And where Pearl mine. Harbor happened? Oh. <laughs> Area 51. It's cool, because the there was, was... there was talk in movies, like, of, of the Area 51. Yeah. Like, there was yeah. a, I think, before... Yeah. Independence Day showed us the Area 51 yeah. and all its glory and confirmed the rumors of like the, the Roswell spaceship mm. that was identical to the spaceships that were now attacking. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. it turned on when the mothership came down and it was part of the plot device, you know. Uh, but I like, guess what you must think if, if like a mainstream AAA movie is coming out in 96 called, well, about Area 51, mm-hmm. then it must have been getting in the pretty popular, popular. yeah exactly. like you know yeah, yeah. like the, the, your average dude on the street must have must have known about it yeah yeah it was, it's in the zeitgeist absolutely and yeah, i think for sure that like a lot of people knew aliens has something to do with it mm-hmm. but i think that was a convenient cover for what was actually going on mm-hmm. which is like sinking billions and billions and billions of dollars into black site covert mm. programs and even those programs weapons development because those uh the tax dollars that go into that are effectively kind of like just disappearing mm-hmm. you know there's no track of it i remember as i was researching this there was some person that said they reckon that about two-thirds of all the money that goes into these black site projects is just to keep the project classified like that's ah. where the majority of the money is going you know it's like spoiler marketing well he was yeah. kind of, yeah exactly and then your guy was kind of just you know this is our tax dollars and blah 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 <laughs> yeah. i was like no forget the part about but the in aliens. a time in a time of great austerity in the 80s in america this was the time of the most expenditure in area 51 yeah and they and tried futuristic to, weapons and yeah like like mad fucking technology because we're still in a cold war against the russians and the whole point of area 51 as we'll find out later on in the show now it's part of a cold war technology race it's like the 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 aftermath of the space race and it was like an intelligence community war because area 51 was set up by the cia and i thought it was quite handy that aliens got attached to it and people really jumped on it went it's all about extraterrestrials son and they were like great they won't know that we're spending fucking yeah. nine billion dollars a year on research and development of these fucking airplanes that nobody is supposed to know exist because if they do then their enemy will know they exist so it's like super super duper super yeah, secret yeah. stuff like it's all fucking rump swelt wank material mm-hmm. it's just like oh trillions gone into this like do you know can this really melt someone's brain from yeah. a thousand miles away? Yeah. <laughs> and it seems, oh, yeah. to be, it seems to be like Dreamland is the appropriate name because these scientists and researchers who come in and go, okay, what's your idea, Bob? Um, I want to turn myself invisible. Mm. Okay, okay, <laughs> I think we can work with that. We've got a couple of billion dollars in a, in a cabinet out the back you can have if you can find it because they're invisible. <laughs> Do you know, like it's fucked up, man. I think my first exposure to... That concept of Area 51 was mm. from the movie Alien Nation that turned into a TV oh, show. Oh, yeah. yeah. Remember that was, Alien Nation? They spoke of Area 51 in that. that was, yeah, there was a, a, um, a, a spaceship crashed in the Mojave Desert and then they took it to Area 51 mm. and they opened it up and it had like the refugees from a dying planet. And mm. you know, it was just you know I remember thing. another feeling like that watching a Stargate. And Stargate they were talking about well. Cheyenne Mountain, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, that's a cool like location they made up." And then I found out it was a real place. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. Fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> that's that, that was like the Area Fifty One realization for me in Independence Day. Or I was from, like, "That's a real thing." From yeah, yeah. from Deep Impact. I think Deep Impact is nineteen ninety eight. Oh yeah, that's um, right. Mm. Deep Impact. They were all going to Cheyenne Mountain, and then they said that there's loads of them all over the place. These 
massive underground bunkers and that's a thing that doesn't get associated with Area 51 often the underground the underground bunkers the underground tunnel system and I think we're going to talk a lot about like aircraft and aviation in this episode Mm. but the UFO phenomenon Mm -hmm. that blew up in the 50s and 60s was a direct result of what they were doing at Area 51 yeah and I think these you know, men from beyond the stars. Klaatu. Yeah, kind of kind of rumors and stuff like that. And the, the rise of science fiction was sort of imitate, life imitating art. Mm. And it still is now where you have like, you know, a parallel universes and uh, TV shows like Timeless and stuff like that. They got renewed for a new season. Wait. What's Timeless? I haven't oh. seen that. Uh, it's about uh, these three people, a guy, a girl, and, and another guy who's... A, like uh, a reluctant b- black associate of these other two people okay. and every time they go back in time he's like okay nothing, nothing before 1981 though okay <laughs> um, and they, they, there's a guy he steals a time machine and they have another time machine they're chasing him through time okay. and having all these adventures oh, and stuff like that it. but it was it was cancelled after the first season and they renewed it so stuff like that um, that are, that's in the zeitgeist and people are like oh yeah, yeah no yeah. that's a cool concept and you know I do that but there's people doing stuff at CERN that's Quite similar to that, like making mm. doorways into parallel universes and working with time manipulation. It's quite science yeah. fiction. I'm expecting like, my hoverboard in the next four years or so. Yeah, please. God. I mean, science fiction and art. I think there is some kind of a a correlation between the two, and some con- t- hardcore conspiracy heads may say, like, yeah, they're conditioning you to yeah, accept yeah, yeah. this shit when it occurs in the next little while. Like, if you see some hoverboards, you're going to be all like, oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's rather than like. Going, hey, does all that like anti gravity stuff like give us massive cancerous tumors? It's like, uh, yeah. who cares, man? It's fucking hoverboard. You can, you can <laughs> play snake on this phone. We'll yeah. find out okay. 10 years. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I was watching Everyone something gets recently. Cancer from the fucking hoverboards. <laughs> like. I was watching something recently where people flew through a quantum asteroid belt uh, sci fi movie. And it didn't. Oh, the asteroid belt that only exists when you when you when you look at it. But when no, you're not looking no, at it, this is the thing. It was a quantum. So the the asteroids were just appearing out of nowhere and disappearing and all this sort of stuff. Oh. Yeah. But it didn't. Uh, it didn't inform it, which was really interesting to me because it was kind of like, yeah, people know what the quantum is now. So like, yeah, it be seems to be this. a baseline. Yeah, people seem to of, like have an idea. Acceptance, yeah. Now it was one for of those of you that don't know. If you go back and listen to our simulation theory episode, we do a good old bang. At what quantum theory is and what uh, or what time we, we try, think it is. <laughs> we try, yeah, it's we tough, did pretty well, tough man. work. We did I think so. Well. I think so. Uh, um, but yeah, like people know that stuff now. It's in the the general, yeah, and the quantum. I mean, even knowledge. like they're trying to make quantum computers and quantum. Trying to, they already they have, are, yeah. But it, it would mean so much for kind of banking and even from a kind mm. of business standpoint. Uh, a lot of applications, I guess. Or like life imitating art, the fact that Elon Musk is eventually going to turn into Hank Scorpio. Like, that's <laughs> happening. Yeah. Do you know? Like, I saw a good meme with him recently and he was on like a, a roller coaster uh-huh. and he was just about to like go, or sorry, a zip line, yeah. Zip line. He was just about to go down and it was like, what do the humans call this? And then it was like, it's called a zip line. So he goes, then I shall enjoy the zip line as well. <laughs> I, I, I he's still, got a face, like whoever took the photo, his face, face, yeah, face. Perfect for like it, a, yeah. a, Not a human trying to understand human <laughs> custom. You're like, whoa. I'm, I still contend that uh, Elon is a, a Martian stranded on our planet after traveling backwards in time, and he has to advance us to a point where he can get home again. <laughs> Did you see his latest solar-powered roof tiles? Yeah, they're, I, I was yeah. Oh, that's talking about, about that. That's they're really cool. We yeah, talked about true. that three or four months ago. He's going to be giving out loads of them, and apparently, when they've been mass-produced, 
they're turning out to be cheaper than he had initially per square foot thought yeah. about. I think it's like I was watching more orders are cheaper, I guess. Uh-huh. Thousand dollar okay. deposit, and it's tw- I think it was in the region of twenty seven, twenty eight dollars per square foot. How bad wow. is that? Uh, which it's cheaper than actual tile. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's the thing. And uh, Germany has just reached eighty five percent solar efficiency. Yeah. So that's we're pretty, we're, that's pretty, uh, we're moving swiftly towards the future, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we're surely mm. about to just combust. Yeah. Surely, though, <laughs> the, there's not long left for this planet. Ladies yeah, global and warming is not. Any, I'm gonna go set those fires. Uh, those tires are in the backyard on fire. <laughs> just in case. Yeah, global warming is not an issue anymore. We'll we'll technologicalize our way out of this. Shit. Well, I, I think while everybody else is trying to be like, yeah, let's look at, let's go vegan and reduce our carbon footprint, and then. Mm. Uh, you know Kim Jong-un is going like I'll show you I'll fire you you don't look at me don't put me don't make meme on my face like saw that window is closed don't make meme on my face I don't put me next to little Kim it's not the same thing okay like he's still <laughs> little going, yeah. Yeah. she yeah. looks like an alien now, yeah. Yeah. but they're really? quite similar the she cheeks. got a facelift from like every part of her face oh so, so it's like yes. a hyper stretch she looks like the guy out of the first Deus Ex game yeah. <laughs> like just yeah. a sheeny face she got so many facelifts now her uh, her Pussy hair looks like a soul patch. Christ. Yeah, it's all gone, pulled all the way up. I thought to myself. And her tits are under her ears. But uh, uh, little came aside. Hey, Kim, if you're listening. Um, hey, girl. Or if uh, Tila Tequila's listening, don't tell Kim we said that, because I know Tila Tequila listens to the show. Um, Does she? I don't know. No, she's I, would, I guess she no, would. She's a like, it doesn't, even, it doesn't even surprise me you anymore. No, the show's yeah. going from strength to strength. Tila, if you're out there, holla at your boy. Mm. Uh, but do it on a private connection because the CIA are definitely watching you. That's so um, Area 51, like the suppositions people have about it yes. may be shattered with this episode. It's hard to decipher mm. fiction. A lot of people don't take it so seriously. A lot of people yes. take it very seriously. Yes. Mm. But those that take it as seriously as we have in researching for the show will find out like, oh, Oh, it's a lot of planes. A lot of planes. <laughs> yeah. But but the boring part initially, when you look a little bit deeper into it, you go, it's not fucking. This is like a but bait there is, and switch. Yeah. This is a bait and switch. There's some shit going on here, and it was nice and light hoppy, and easy to fucking let people think there's some other shit going on, and we can do like whatever. They have a blank check to do whatever the fuck mm. they want. Yeah, yeah. Like like an election or a referendum. It's like there's a lot of hyperbole here that's obscuring the real truth hidden in the middle. Exactly. So, like, right, for facts and figures, Area 51. Paul, do you want to bring us through the spurious history? I shall. Uh, the official the official uh, uh, kind of story behind why Area 51 is where it is. Hmm. Well, let's start with the, uh, the dimensions, I think. Surely. Uh, there's 11 of them. We are in three. And no, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, this is for the blind. Basically, uh, what you're picturing, blind person, who I assume had your sight at some point, but then lost it. Otherwise, how are you going to picture this? Anyway, what you're picturing is uh, Nevada, down in that bottom bit, at the bottom of Nevada, that's kind of on the, on the border with California. Yeah. There's a big, giant square of land. And that big, giant square of land uh, is about, about 134 kilometers, mm-hmm. or 83 miles, I guess, if you're one of those, uh, north-northwest of Las Vegas. And uh, it's the Nellis Air Force Range. That's just a massive, massive Big testing open ground. space. Yeah, uh, test flights, uh, bombing tests, weapons tests, secret projects, apparently. Mafia uh, victim burial sites. Mm. Oh, yeah. Bit of that going on out in Nevada. Yeah. Mm. Christian Slater putting a hooker in a hole in the ground. Yeah, that happened in Nevada. In a movie. And not, Nevada. Not uh, in real life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right, so. a movie based on true events. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, established in 1941, this little uh, remote kind of and very isolated location is surrounded by a, a ridge mountain range 
There's a uh, flat, dry lake beds, which are perfect for landing and taking off planes mm-hmm. on. There's a uh, you know a bit of an inhospitable but very um, even climate, yeah. which is a very nice climate for flying planes in. Apparently, yeah, just to not have hailstones every now and then. Uh, and and basically all of these factors, all of these different. There's also like natural cave formations underneath, but I'm not. I'm not saying hmm. they they hmm. use those or they yeah. they make use of those. Who knows? They certainly any, never confirmed that. Any uh, we get some Phil Schneider callbacks in a little while. Uh, oh lord. But uh, all Phil of this Schneider rocks. <laughs> we do have a T-shirt on uh, our our T Public store. We have merchandise uh, that was specifically devi- designed yeah. from my mind, and it's a uh, uh, it's a t- Phil Schneider. It's rocks. an ode to Phil Schneider. Yeah, a sure beautiful we, ode to Phil Schneider. We'll share it now in a while, and other Schneiderlands will will get it when they yeah, see it. See you wearing the T-shirt. <laughs> it's a good one. A good Trying one. to get me to explain like what I wanted the. While well, I wanted this, the bloody stumps to look like for mm-hmm. for what was left of the fingers. The guy was from Indonesia or something like that. He's like, I don't know what you mean, man. <laughs> and I sent him like eight pictures of people that had amputated fingers. And he's like, stop. <laughs> Why are you sending me these? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, like the balance of like nice weather, no like mad hot or cold spells, mm-hmm. no convectional rainfall, mm-hmm. and then the natural occlusion yes. of this whole area by surrounded being surrounded by, by mountain mountains, region. and then the na- the natural smooth, flat, dry lake beds inside the, the mountain ridges were perfect for like uh, artif- like natural. If you're gonna have a secret, secret military base, yeah. this is the place to do it. Unless yeah, yeah. if you have like a tropical island in the middle of the Pacific called Diego Garcia Island, that's <laughs> that's a good place. And if you have a giant military base underneath an airport, that's a good place. Yeah. But this would be next on the list. This is like third. This is this is, very, this is high on the list of places where we want yeah. to put secret things. This is third and you can keep your own teeth. Mm. And within this uh, Nellis Air Force range, there's an area called the Nevada Test Site, the NTS. And this is where, uh, famously, lots and lots of nuclear tests by the Atomic Energy Commission went off. Indeed. Uh, during just after World War Two, there was a lot of like, uh, let's build bigger bombs. Yeah, these every are the ones... week we want this bomb bigger than the week before. <laughs> these put more sugar inside it. You can get away from them uh, if you're on a, a mad bender in Las Vegas, and if there's a bomb going off near you, you just jump in the nearest fridge and you'll be grand. <laughs> as time has passed, this area has actually uh, grown as well. It's just it's constantly growing. It started off as the Nevada test site, then Nellis Air Force Range was was created around that, and uh, the the final piece in the puzzle was a, a little area within in the middle of it, a dried salt lake bed called uh, Groom Lake. Mm. Ah. And this is where the We've heard of happens. Groom Lake before. We have. Groom yeah. Lake is, is becoming as fast synonymous as the term Area 51. Mm. Yeah. I think. A yeah. lot of people in the in the conspiracy community now call it Groom Lake facility or they just call it Groom yeah. Lake instead of uh, Area 51. I thought it was where like the pedophiles would bring their <laughs> That's dates. what I thought too. Yeah. And, like make a point. It's like, let's go to Groom Lake and I have a picnic. It's just like it's surrounded by scary woods. Yeah. Mm. When they, that, that actually was one of the big parts of um, setting up of Area 51 was that dry bed of Groom Lake where one of the guys, Kelly Johnson, who was set out to find a suitable area where they could like make all these uh, prototypes, said, I love this though at the start to this quote, he said, Man alive, we looked at the lake and we all looked at each other. It was another Edwards. So we wheeled around, landed on that lake, taxied up to to one end of it it was a perfect natural landing field as smooth as a billiard table without anything being done to it what that's, that's what he said he was like that's was like, like 1940s American guy he's yeah. like smooth as a billiard table see that's when he's trying to convince Congress that they should definitely set up a massive uh, air base a, a hundred miles from Las Vegas but he could see the whole and Congress thing Congress were like yeah Las Vegas 
right beside Las Vegas is the best <laughs> place to put this. And he's like, oh yeah, no, it's, it's like a bowling green. We're going to set off a lot of nuclear bombs and all. And then they were getting like, so uh, how is your support groups going for the gambling addiction, uh, Johnson? Well, if you think about it though, Las Vegas... I've been Vegas. betting on lawn balls a lot <laughs> in the last week. But anyway. Las Vegas in its current iteration wasn't really made until like the, the mid-50s. Yeah. Oh. There was no Las Vegas... Like, and the site began in 1940. Gambling city. Yeah. So... To be honest, whoever thought about building Las Vegas next to a nuclear testing facility is a Actually, fucking maybe idiot. a bit of a genius. Because bringing all the, the big buildings with the, the lights firing up into the sky, pyramids with lights that show up in the sky, <gasps> to obscure what's going on over oh, the mountain quite ridges. possibly, quite Lord. possibly. And also have loads of people that like, oh, this guy knows something, he wants to talk. Let's bring him into Las Vegas, pump him full of drugs, and just like leave him wheel about inside a casino that he gets murdered. Yeah. By yeah. Joe Pesci. <laughs> or Christian Slater oh, I'm not it could, yeah. it could be anybody you know what I mean like Las Vegas as a city was founded officially in 1905 mm. but like the big when Las the Vegas that we know yeah, yeah mm. we, that we know of it didn't start with those massive casinos like until the late 40s or, like it would Las Vegas wasn't a gambling centre hey. there was a, a kind of an element of like oh yeah well sure Las Vegas is not really that important like it wasn't the cultural icon we know it to be today and the massive multi-million dollar i know all probably in the 20s and 30s it was like a place to go and the mafia kind of leaned into it but they really only got into it like in the mid to late 50s and early 60s Hmm. and definitely by the mid 60s they were like deeply entrenched in it but like late 40s if this is being created in 1940 Hmm. i think they're going like asher las vegas is only like a little shithole up the corner it wasn't the massive metropolis that it is now and really las vegas is only the strip yes yeah and then yeah. like some little bits of city outside of it but what you said about like occluding the the night sky filled with lights and or they're thinking we have to build a giant <clears throat> city in the middle of this desert so that people don't think it's weird that there's loads and loads of trucks of raw materials coming all the time oh, for us to build some yeah, massive yeah. underground bases possibly to fly U- ufos out of las vegas is the biggest uh it's a great cover story it's the biggest cover story of all anybody wants to talk you just say he's a drunk he's a he's a gambling bum what happens in vegas he got shot by a guy over stays a car in vegas what happens Lord. under vegas stays under vegas yeah yeah happens on the outskirts of vegas it's probably the ufo <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's mad hmm probably not what it is though. but uh, Area 51 uh, as we were describing if, so again imagine there's the, the Nellis Air Force range and within inside that there's a Nevada test site and then within inside that is Area 51 which is a 23 by 25 mile rectangle uh, that's uh, it's surrounded by the Tikaboo Valley to the east the, the Tanopah bombing range to the north there's the Indian Springs Air Force Base to the south and of course the, the NTS testing weapons testing range to the west. So it's completely surrounded on all sides. Mm. Yeah. It's like, it's it's essentially the most isolated point within this massive isolated complex. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. got like miles and miles of military mm. installations that are inhospitable to to human contact pretty yeah. much like mm. a bo- a former nuclear bomb site you're like oh, I'm not going to fucking drive across that <laughs> for 25 miles to get to a a place that I might get shot in. I'm reminded of that. <laughs> get uh, loads of radiation. That Malcolm in the Middle episode where they get lost on the holiday, and I think they go to the Area 51. Remember, they're hopping over a fence and they're like, "Wait a minute, are we going inside or outside?" <laughs> and they're like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> so, uh, Area 51, the whole the whole thing together is 600 miles mm. squared. Now, yes, it's grown. Yeah, mm. all the time. That's a that's a big growth. The bombs are getting bigger though, if you remember. Mm. They get bigger all the time, and then some have babies or something. There's mother ones. Why Area Fifty One then? Ah, that's the question again. Because everything here, folks, 
anything that we say, this is what we know so far. This is what we know so far. Right. Anything else is um, hearsay to some degree. And the name is somewhat hearsay. There, were, there was, as you mentioned earlier, the Atomic Energy Commission, who were uh, behind the, the nuclear tests of the time, decided to like break up the Nevada test site into these different sectors that were all called Area 12, everything. And it was just random numbers mm. picked for random areas so that they could say to people on the base going, go to Area 12, there's a uh, project on today, mm. there's a test on, or stay away from Area 15, there's a thing on today. And it meant that no one had to be told what the code name of an operation was, nobody had to be filled in what was going on. Yeah, it everyone's like- decompartmentalized on the base to work in their area, and they don't know what it, what's in anybody else's area. Yeah, it's a clever business. Yeah, it seems a Los good Alamos system. has areas as well within it where people are split up and don't know what's going on in the other areas. Yeah, and area compartmentalization. 51. Yes, the Atomic Energy Commission wasn't it like an inversion because it was right beside that the fifteen fifty one. Oh yeah, have you? Yeah, so the Atomic Energy Commission. Uh, had they have their like you were saying area one area two area three and area 15 was right beside what has is area 51 or is you know paradise ranch or whatever and they said that was one of the potential reasons that it got the name it got dirty telling you so johnson the official military naming guy He's being super lazy that day. <laughs> yeah, he's like just like, just pick numbers just, from one to twenty five and then reverse them. Just turn it up, turn it, turn that fifty one sign upside down. He was listening to a lot of Missy Elliott that day. Wait, why you why you name it this way? Oh God, Johnson, he's back. Johnson, I spent the long weekend in Nevada. Very warm for Sasquatch. <laughs> lot of lot of fur, uh, and. Uh, Notoriously difficult to wash pina colada from for what stay in Vegas. They don't have aircon in the underground military base. Uh, I I wasn't in the military base. <laughs> Who said anything about an underground military base? <laughs> oh, <wait. That's> Sasquatch! <laughs> it's very hard to find a prostitute who will take Should take call this Bob? take this thing I got. No wonder they called a paradise ranch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a location. It's like yes. a a la- longitude latitude, just randomly picked. Is there an area like forty nine and forty eight and forty seven? Or well, they pick random numbers. They, mm. they they don't like go in a numerical order, so they leave some numbers out to be mm. as confusing as possible, yeah. so that you could never really guess one because you're not even sure what the number. It's like the, it's like the if you've ever worked up to. if you've ever worked in a restaurant as a waiter. And the table one, two, three to like twenty or whatever they have, but they don't. But they're put in no them, order. No yeah. order. Just this is table three. It's like, well, why the fuck is it where table ten is? Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. It makes sense. So, and and the whole thing is still getting bigger and bigger now. Like, yeah, we've mentioned yeah, that that yeah. it's growing. And yeah, the reason we know that is because of the Sheehan family, uh, who own a silver mine uh, in the northern area of Groom Lake. It's it's just over a ridge that overlooks Area Fifty One. So, a very sensitive piece of land to own privately. Ah, the old Sheehan place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to look over the most classified place in America is uh, that's quite a patch of silver mine that they own. You'll never get my silver mine, Johnny Government. Mm. And this silver mine's been in their family for over a century. Wow, going back to eighteen seventy. So this is uh, Th- mm. these are the lads like firing away when they're running to fucking stick their flag in the ground. They're all like, "I got it! I caught the silver mine, Mary." Mm. <laughs> oh, but they say much like uh, I guess people that live near the the growth of an airport. They say that they're be, they've been driven out of their home. Oh fuck! That uh, for the, through the, all the forties and fifties, that the, the land, their land, was constantly being peppered with machine gun fire and small munitions explosions, uh, and Jeez. that even in nineteen fifty four, their mill mysteriously blew up. Which mysteriously, yeah, which essentially closed the mine and that put an end to all of their mining operations. And basically, the land just sat there 
unused uh, for 60 odd years until in 2015 uh, they, they were offered $5.2 million by the US government to buy the land off them. They felt that that wasn't quite enough for the 50, 60 odd years that a silver mine had been closed mm. and that they should get a little bit more money for the land. So in October 2015, uh, a Judge Miranda Du uh, relieved them of said land for free and gave it to the United States Air Force for a free. A judge just said, unlucky. Yes. Love, love me, do. And she mm. didn't. She it didn't. Was, wow. On the grounds of uh, national security, they had their, their land removed. Uh, that's obviously worth millions of dollars. Even if the five million was a low ball offer, it's still five million bucks. They just did those people out of. So they offered them five million, and then they said no, and they went right when you get nothing. They said there's, fuck like, off. there's there's five million quid's worth of silver just in the topsoil alone. How dare you? Yeah, silver is getting to be a rare enough commodity. Like mm. it's it's used massively in the um, the food preparation and uh, mm. coating business because but, it has like uh, a natural antibacterial properties and oh, stuff right. like yeah, that yeah, like, yeah, yeah. so it's it's used it's a lot in, it's in, in people's underpants now to make their yeah it's silver wire and all. <laughs> yeah isn't that what it is it's, yeah anti, anti-smell I just saw drops. on the internet it was like this is a pair of underpants you don't have to wash for six months and I'm like fuck in hell I was listening to George <laughs> you can keep my hoverboard we've reached <laughs> we've reached yeah. I was listening to George Hook recently who said he only changes his jocks every four days Good he, God! He he, his face looks like that's true. Yes, he's, he's squirming, trying to get away yeah. from the soiled nether. Yeah, he's, he's, he he's just, just like a, a sixty-year-old rugby commentator, in a, con, a consistently he's, itchy arsehole. He was talking and you're about just how trying to squeeze it, uh, uh, itch it by squeezing, and yeah. you're like scrunching up your face, <laughs> like, oh, let me tell you now, I tell you now, and he's like. You'd be a bit of a communist, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, why? Yeah. Four days. Who mm. tell people that? That's, and he was well. He was giving out on the radio that he had itchy balls. Apparently, yeah. And that's because people were like, yeah, you should probably change your underwear yeah, every day. There's a fucking nut fog you Come have on, going son. on there, George. It's pea soup down there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> London fog. We'll talk about that in a while. Um, so yeah, so they just took their took their silver mm, mine. That's shocking. So we know it's still growing. Bananas. We know that since October 2015. Uh, Area 15, well, the, the whole Nellis Air Force range has gotten at least 89,000 acres bigger. Yeah. Wow. So, like, what happened in with Miranda do? What did, what did she... I'm sure she got uh, whatever you get when someone high up in the government says, do this. And she's like, but the law and the president, do this. <laughs> or it was a National case. security, do you want the terrorists to win? That's the road you're going down, do. That's mad. Do or do not. There is no trial. <laughs> there is no the trial. Land yeah. guns to the government. Like that's bananas, man. I like to think of Miranda Dew as just kind of like was that just, a Sean Spicer just, impression? This Sean Spicer. <laughs> it's Miranda Dew person. She's just like a a piss head. She's down in the pub drinking, yeah. and they're like, ah, five point two million. They want even more, and she's like, uh, how about you turn it into two point five million? <laughs> Miranda, do get it for you. I'm gonna turn your red stuff into green stuff. You know, like maybe she's just she's. Just, I like that Miranda. Do. She's like, why don't you just cut the land in half and then you call it and you call it. Whoever it comes to gets the keeper. Why don't you just cast a time for it? Just <laughs> get the machine and just cast a time. <laughs> just cast a time, and whoever hey. wins gets to live there. She's just talking complete shit. Did anybody get my keys out of the fishbowl or? <laughs> Jesus Christ, what time is it? <laughs> I have to be in court in the morning. <laughs> it's partly back in my house. But, like, I, I don't know how 
you can get away with that just taking like yeah, surely there should crazy. be justice for the Sheehan family then if their oh. silver mine has been pilfered by the US government if there's anybody out there that's had a similar experience where the government had just went yeah we're just going to take your shit yeah. fuck you I'm sure there's a lot of farmers and stuff out there that have had that happen where there the military are military bases encroached yeah well when we did our Monsanto show we were talking about uh, how government I, don't, I wouldn't know how to how to you mean Monsanto take your farm? Like, yeah, like government, not sanctioned, but like government supported and supplied farms like Monsanto mm. covered farms, which just blow a few seeds into your into your field and then go, no, you're, you're mine. Unlucky, son. Do you know? Like those lads in Amsterdam that take your hand and tap a bit of cocaine into your hand and go, no, you owe me 40 euro. You're like, no, I don't. And you throw it in the ground. You're like, you definitely owe me now. <laughs> and then like two big giant African lads just come out of a doorway and they're all like, Better give him forty euros. I was like, you can't you just mug me? Like that's what that's what's happening. They're just like coming to the Sheens and going, five million. No. Well not in it. Yeah. That's yeah. your that's your tax dollars at work, Americans. That's, so that's your it, mighty it constitution like, it at work. Like Miranda Dew was one of the Sheens like mothers. Yeah. Five point two Well no, no, you had your chance you get nothing now. You yeah. get nothing now. You're going to bed with no supper. Get out of here. <laughs> Silver in the top so go to bed, Seamus, you fucking prick. <laughs> it thought, yeah, it's mad. That's it's not it's fair, crazy, man. yeah. No, I feel bad for the Sheens. Although I imagine they, they're fucking rich as fuck anyway. Well, if they had a silver mine that was closed for 50 years, I wouldn't say so. Mm. Yeah, living, but living out in the desert. Why, why, but why wouldn't you have sold it like aid? Do you know what I mean? If you're hired up for a bit of, a bit of cash. Well, the answer for that maybe. Well, I mean, maybe they went and tried to sell it to like the Chinese or the Russians. Well, oh, Jesus, they I mean, wouldn't like why, that down in Nevada. They that's why Miranda do circle down. <gasps> she was like, you can't do it. Ah. Perhaps per Chinese, yeah. Because silver, Saudi Arabians is, silver is a massive commodity when you're talking about like uh, electronic equipment and conductivity and stuff true. like that. They're mm. using that in there. But also, I'm sure the Chinese would love to just build like a big windmill ter- telescope. <laughs> yeah. They're like, hey, you can't do that. And they're like, wow, it's a windmill <laughs> for the wind power. We'd be very uh, conscientious about the environment. Like, a very low mm. lens here, no mountain. The wind just fly right through. <laughs> I don't see it's what It's the irrigation problem. system for a paddy field <laughs> here in the desert. It's desert rice. It's very good for you. <laughs> Very low carb, low carb, <laughs> high radioactivity. Yeah. <laughs> Big rice, low carb, low MSG, high radioactivity. Yeah, that's not racist though. Mm. So um, it was pretty much like a rumor mm. until I watched, I watched it on Alien Nation in like, probably 1990. <laughs> and that confirmed mm. that documentary. And I was like, it. got it. And uh, it makes sense as well because aren't the aliens in Alien Nation allergic to water? Yeah. So Nevada is a great place for yeah, them. Yeah, they'll just get down there just. and be... Natural drop to drink, and uh, so it was only official hmm. in was it the nineties? Like when the X Files and when stuff like that. Came what out? you think, right? Once it's appearing thing. everywhere, Crazy, right? all yeah. over popular culture, you're thinking, oh yeah. well, they admit that it exists now. Hmm. Can't still again, can't still with a thing that's in everybody's face. Go, that's not there. Yeah, there was some leaked Look documents away. or something, and it, people were able to like correctly identify its location mm. and do all that stuff. The location stuff. was first properly identified only in 2007. No way. It's when Homie Airport, which is the name of the airport essentially that's, that runs out of a... It's where Chance the Rapper and Kanye West and all fly into. <laughs> Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar flies into... Hey, where are you flying? I'm flying to the Homie Airport. <laughs> 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 Sorry. It all sucks actually though But the, the, the reason it became famous uh, People knew it was there really And had confirmation it was there Is because Homey Airport appeared on the ICAO Airport Identifier Code system So like amateur pilots, professional pilots were going Oh, huh, what's, what's this code for? That's weird there's, there's just a, a new airport identifier has popped up for KXTA 
and that's where all the, the things say that Area 51 should be it's kind but of there should be nothing there, there. that's oh. weird and the fact that like you're not allowed into the airspace even yeah. if even if there's it's, fighter exactly popped up to say yeah, it was like even if there's fighter pilots and they're in a dogfight you're supposed to just disengage if someone flies into into Area all the way up to space as well all the way so if you're doing some like YouTube <laughs> test flight you're like you're gonna have to uh, circle around there quite a lot because you're coming into the uh, super high orbit land that's above Area 51 wouldn't it have been an excellent wow. story if that guy who jumped from the stratosphere into like the earth remember the red into bull the thing field, like? just like the winds just caught him and took him into Area the red 51 bull guy. yeah he just got decimated and with some guy in Area 51 fire. with the death ray just going bring him down boys bring him down <laughs> Like a loss. Red Bull. But it is crazy because you think like, you know, officially, we'll get to when it officially, you know, existed, if you like, when they, when they declared it was an actual place. But I mean, for years and years and years, they have all those buried, uh, those buried pressure sensors and they have all the cameras yes. and there's like the don't come into this place. And if you try and go into this place, guys place. come out and stop you. Yeah, and yet, right outside the perimeter of Area 51, there's like cafes covered in yeah. UFOs and aliens. <laughs> yeah. And there's a gift shop. Not a, a real, shop not a real place. Yeah. Mm. Not a real place. But it did, it, they did eventually admit to its existence. In 2005... That's, it, like, that's like some, some guy not coming out as being gay until he's in his late 40s. Yeah, and then when he even when though he has two dicks in his mouth at the time, yeah. he's like, "I'm not gay." On these, these thirtieth birthday, he's like, "Oh my god, it's just so great to be thirty." And everyone's like, "Yeah, <laughs> everyone knows." I'm ga- hey, everybody, I'm engaged. Me and Rachel are getting engaged, and you're like, "Yeah." <laughs> and then in 2007, he's like, "So big news." It was like, "Yeah." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like what the fuck Area 51 knows. We all knew Like you, you can just be yourself We'll yeah. all accept you It's like It's a totally different envir- Environment It's a totally different Culture now And Area 51's like No man I'm into some weird <laughs> shit yeah. I you don't know if you'd like this You should have been there In the 90s Everyone was talking about it There was stuff going around But you know I just I just couldn't Okay I just couldn't The Cold War was over I yeah. thought it was okay But it wasn't There was still such a stigma Behind being Area 51 That I just I couldn't let myself go I mean, all the other areas were all talking, <laughs> and you know we had our own little thing. But just everybody you know. knows about Area Fifteen. Everybody knows about Area Two. But here's me, lonely Area Fifty One, by myself. <laughs> Massive underground bases. <laughs> Fifty One is the loneliest number <laughs> yeah. that you ever knew. <laughs> We just uh, anthropomorphized Area 51 as a gay man who refused to come out. Welcome to those conspiracy guys. So, uh, yeah. So, so the... the, It came out. 2013. July 2013. That's too many years. Freedom of Information Act. That's like 70 years. Yeah. That's mental. Eight, eight years of Freedom of Information Act requests. So who was putting in these Freedom of Information Act It was Act the Washington requests. Museum. Looking for... Information about Area 15. Well, looking to get memos and things declassified. Yeah, because they had the documents that said the place existed and they were like, we need to make sure these are real. So, so they had the evidence that had all the stuff written on them and then they're going, yeah, so is this from you? No, it's not from me. Yeah, but it has your name on it. It's not mine. It's like, dude, your picture is all over this. It's not me, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it's me. You're going to have to catch me with my dick in your ear before I admit to anything. (laughs) (laughs) It's not my ear. Just deny till you die. (laughs) Deny till you die. That is mad. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dickie Helms is the boy who was... 
who made a, who made it go like underground disappearing who like gave in us the, the biggest hit of information yeah, yeah. the first mention was in a, a memo from April 1955 which confirmed the establishment of Homie Airport as a partner to Edwards Air Force Base in, mm. in Southern California that was really progressive at the time because the civil rights movement hadn't really like <laughs> for 1955 true. to have a Homie Airport <laughs> yeah. that was just for and have it paired with a straight laced white bread airport like Edwards yeah that's that's pretty progressive um <laughs> But they probably hosed down Homie Airport yeah, constantly, yeah. did they? Just loads of stations mm. and stuff around the airport. But it was uh, it was uh, those conspiracy guys' favorite, Dick Helms. Yeah, man, he's Tricky the Dick guy. Helms. If you don't remember, he's the guy who uh, basically told everyone about MK Ultra as well by accident and burned a shit ton of documents in yeah. 1977. All mm. the all the really bad MK Ultra stuff mm. and uh, a lot of other things. <laughs> he's been a busy boy. Yeah, we we'll talk about Helms. Dick. We we'll talk about Dick in the future. We'll give him his due someday. But uh, he he had a memo from 1967 that first gave us an idea of what the purpose of Area 51 could be. So at this point, people are working out this is the most secure site in all of America. This is the most secure U.S. military site possibly in the world. But nobody has any idea what actually happens there. Yeah. Uh, so it's only when he mentions uh, a word in relation to the Vietnam War and connected it to being produced from Area oh. 51, and that was. Ox cart. <gasps> That's the they se- were making ox carts. <laughs> ox cart. Ox cart. <laughs> That's the secret the secret program to right. develop like anti radar. Uh, yeah, the the, the, the UFO stress. technologies basically, right? Yeah, this is like, the what? thing. Well, not ox carts. <laughs> 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 to get them across the Johnson strikes the, again. The billiard type. Uh, <laughs> terrain. Just, you could you could run a, an entire herd of cattle in this <laughs> this dry lake bed. Okay, anyone here see the Lion King? Has anyone seen the Lion King? <laughs> uh, sir, it, it's it's 1959. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, damn it! It's like Bielik, you can't stop bringing back those Blu-rays, man. I'm sounding like a crazy here. That'd be great if that was in the the confidential files that the U.S. government just denied the existence of the Lion King till 1994, when it finally publicly <laughs> released publicly released the Lion King to cinemas all over the planet. Uh, we accept it. both the Lion King and Elton John exist. <laughs> come up to the, finally, come up we accept. Like the press conference is just like <clears throat> but I love that yeah there's you go. It's, um, I wonder what that would be like today because Phil Collins is like singing the circle of life in what's clearly a kind of tribal sort of a chant is that just like old school whitewashing before we had whitewashing? <laughs> Maybe. Is that just when whitewashing was like normal? It's like F- Paul Simon and Graceland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, how many of them? 12? All right, pay them 40 pounds each. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, Lady Smith Black Mombasa, everybody. That's what we're uh, by the way, it's Elton John, not Phil Collins, but that could be a Mandela effect. No, I thought Phil Collins did this. Did Tarzan. I'm getting my Disney singers. Getting your no, no, that could up. be Mandela affected. You could be mm-hmm. Mandela affected. Maybe you're Mandela. I'm I don't know. I don't know. Are you, are you don't believe us? He's checking now. He's checking now. I just want to see. And we have confirmed there is a Phil Collins. <laughs> it has not been. There is no Elton John, though. There's a Reg Dwight. Yeah, good old Reg. Uh, I checked the birth certs. There's no Elton yeah, John. It was, it was absolutely Elton John. It is yeah. in, in our universe. I was getting... No, in, yeah, because in my universe... It was Phil Collins. Uh, Tarzan was entirely in Elton John. Right. And then The Lion King was, of course, oh. Phil Collins. I thought Collins. you were going to say Tarzan was in The Lion King. 
Tarzan was in Tarzan. When are, when are Disney going to start doing that? Like, crossovers. Like, do a Marvel Universe kind of thing oh, where they, they just start bringing totally all their characters. Do I know. Do you know, they could do a sp- Pixar like, have it, right? Pixar is slowly like setting super, that up to have a super connection they? between. Yeah, I believe there's a few theories out yeah. there that there's a super connection between all of their movies. Yeah. They have Wally, that same, Wally and Toy Story and all that stuff. Yeah. They have that same, you know, the code that they have. I can't remember what A117. The, yeah, yeah. That appears in all the movies. Maybe that'll be a thing where you go into Dimension A117. They all go and hang out together. Uh, there should be like a Super Smash Brothers of all of the. Uh, Disney characters where, they just where you have like Mowgli versus Tarzan or some shit like that'd that that'd be like, a cool game mm-hmm. that'd be a cool game yeah. Baloo versus uh, the the massive cat from Five of Goes West was that Disney? yeah I would have thought so was it? Maybe not. I feel like I'm just going to go against every, <laughs> everything. <laughs> my 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 programming is different. That's I, a conversation for White Press Play. We've given yes, it, it is. It is. It is. Um, so Dicky Helms has signed it. Signed to get lifted his skirt and showed us cards. Tricky Dicky. Mm. Yeah. Showed us the ox cart. Yeah. Which you the tell me is some sort of. Yeah, it's just all like your 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 stealth programs and your uh, super secret. You know. Don't don't they don't want you to know about it, but it's all based around stealth kind of um aerodynamic planes. High high and low frequency radar repulsion and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um but Groom Lake itself was never photographed until the mid uh, the mid sixties, the late sixties even. And people knew that it was there. Mm-hmm. There was people working there. Mm-hmm. Transport was going in and out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was developments there, buildings there. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about the, the the different programs and how each program then added on to uh, the, the size and scope of Area 51. But like the documents that Dickie Helms let loose, there was like astronauts that were taking pictures of it as they fell to Earth. And went, yeah, this is... You speak there. of the, the Skylab incident. Yeah, this was a thing that, like, made the naval intelligence and kind of NASA fall out. Even though CIA, naval intelligence, Air Force space program, and NASA were all, like, supposed to be buddies. Mm-hmm. And they're all working towards a common goal. And then NASA takes a picture as the boys are falling from the sky. But remember, NASA is the only one that's not military. Yes, so they are possibly not playing in the same boys club as the rest of them. Well, CIA yeah, are not yeah. military either, technically. They're part of the, the complex, but like... The, the, they are the, security. They fall under the security. Yeah, group. but they had handed over the, the reins to the naval intelligence in the mid-50s or whatever. And, um, yeah, these boys took a picture and everyone mm. got the fucking hump. Yeah, it's like Skylab, if you don't know, was uh, the early first test of uh, uh, a space station, essentially. Yeah, a sky crazy. laboratory, yeah. a laboratory <laughs> in, the, in sky. the sky to do tests. So like, what happens if you squeeze out some yogurt out of a tube <laughs> while you're floating around in space? That's so cool. What, what, it was those kind of tests. In what's the a fart in a spacesuit smell like? Mm-hmm. That's how they picture regret the wall. Well. <laughs> yeah, imagine so. Regret. But it was the the three astronauts: Gerald Carr, Edward Gibson, and William Pogue, who, as you said, as they were descending back into Earth, held up cameras, not like official cameras, held up like personal cameras out the window of the. The, yeah. the shuttle and started taking photos of what they could see on the earth below them and like I said this caused a massive sensation because again they these- proved that the earth was indeed flat <laughs> there was a flat horizon mm-hmm. we're not doing that show <laughs> no. for those listening that it was a joke it, right it's not, we're not doing it it was a total joke what hmm. the fuck yeah sorry they, they were t- they proved that there was, was indeed it though, a facility. You, was it a joke or did you just backtrack as me and Eamon didn't go with you? <clears throat> no, I'm just like poking the flat earth people to get them all provoked. So when we do release the show about it, they're going to be like, yes! They'll be ready to go, ready to come back with science. Yeah, man. Excellent. 
I'll enjoy big, that. Big row. We'll have a, a seminar in town and a, pro- <laughs> and a, and a fucking protest. Mm. But we, we found out about this and we, we also found out quite how secretive Area 51 really is. The backlash. From, uh, the yeah, backlash mm. showed the power that they had. Exactly. What mm. was so scary about Because CIA director at the time, William Colby, uh, a, a memo that he sent in 1974 was part of these documents that were released in 2013 that said... The issue arises from the fact that the recent Skylab mission inadvertently photographed the airfield at Groom Lake. There were specific instructions not to do this. This was the only location which had such an instruction. In the planet. Yeah. The only place that they said, do the not planet. take a fucking photo of this. And these astronauts, who again, remember, are not part of the military security family. Yeah. They're just taking photos. They're just taking They're random just taking photos, photos. And they happen to take the one photo of the thing, like, like your boss's wife's... Vagina. It's like the one thing I shouldn't take a photo of. Yeah. And at the company picnic, it's like the only thing my camera would want to take a photo of. I dropped. I dropped the camera under the table. Yeah. And she was sitting, legs akimbo, and the thing hit. It hit the rock. Hit the the capture button and just. Because you sent out that memo telling me not to. <laughs> Don't think about the, the elephant. camera wanted to do it. <laughs> so as you say, this became a bit of a, a, a bit of an incident, a bit of a political in- incident, because NASA didn't want to be connected with the whole military security departments. Yeah. They saw, you know, the, the space exploration as somewhat of a, a unifying thing that all nations in the world were doing, and they didn't want to have any data, any information coming back from Skylab missions that was being classified. So NASA fought very hard to uh, to be able to publish the pictures. And of course, they were classified. Yeah, this was. What the fuck do you think is going to happen? This is after the 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 kind of the the vitriol of the space race and the uh, the Cold War uh, Russian rivalry, Mm -hmm. um, where people were kind of cooperating and they were mixing people together in these uh, uh, outer space missions to try and further humanity. But like, Mm -hmm. I mean, to to have the power to be able to make a non-government organization keep their information classified that's pretty that's extensive that's pretty extensive power there that they're able to go like this tiny 600 square mile fleck of land that extends the privacy into outer space you know like a lollipop stick stuck in a muffin Mm -hmm. like nothing inside of that you can see or look at like that's what it looks like like they have privacy from everything up like that is insane insane yeah it's like whoever builds the first spaceship, you're not allowed to look at the Earth from this angle. Yeah. Can't, because we have hidden stuff there. Well, you can look. Can't have you do it. You can look if you're out there, yeah. but don't take a picture don't of it. Don't squint and don't focus. <clears throat> don't take a picture of it. Mm. So, are we, but like this was just an accident, though. Mm. How could these astronauts have done this on purpose? Purely yeah. an accident. Yeah. yeah. That's all it was. Maybe. Mm. Where, who did these guys work for? There was a lot of stuff as well about the Red Scare and yeah, in the 70s yeah. and people were like, who are you working for? And blah, blah, blah. It was like, they didn't want anybody on the on the opposite side to know their secrets. And, you know, this is the time of uh, the remote viewers and stuff like that where yeah. <laughs> they were they were dying to know the Russian secrets so bad that they were training lads to be psychics to be able to project their astral, uh, their astral projection across the planes to view stuff on the desks in in the underground bases inside the Ural Mountains. Like, mad stuff, like. Mm-hmm. And uh, and as we all know, that was a <coughs> roaring success. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah, 100%. Yeah. The, men who's, who, the men who take pictures of, blurry, blurry pictures of goats. That's what that's called. <laughs> but it just, um, it just seemed like a little bit of an accident that they overshot their load mm. and then ended up showing everybody that there's something there. Because if they're going to make such a big stink to a non-governmental organization that has no 
obviously no non-disclosure agreement that they couldn't say we took a picture of this thing and they made it classified exactly so yeah. that information was made public so everyone went all right well we don't really need to see the picture but just the fact that they forced you to make it classified means that that's like a big sign saying don't look over there yeah but the did. picture the picture was released in 2013 with the story and it's but like, and, and thank god they took that dog in a way because that's without that you wouldn't have a picture of Area 51 at that point yeah, like yeah. for for 30 odd years that's the only like, picture that, that, that we could say oh look that's how big it was and that's what installations were there at that but time but you do wonder otherwise this, you have no idea what was there is this where the kind of fascination begins like when does the fascination start so for example let's say you're two astronauts you're up there you got your camera you take a picture by mistake and then there's this big hullabaloo and you're like why am I getting a verbal warning yeah. you know and you don't know what the fuck is going on and then they're like that fucking shit by where Roswell was ages ago and, and you know there's been inklings of people saying like yeah. there's there's yeah. little green and men science fiction writers and all mm. of this kind of I'm stuff sure on this, the inside you hear the to, anyway. but I mean like does this because then oh I heard this astronaut like took a picture do you know what I mean like is there these it just oh well that story fuel, was completely like, hidden until to, 2013 so no but the two astronauts surely mm. might have said to their wife or their kids. no they, they said to the, the general public yeah. we took a picture and the government came and said we're not allowed to show this picture it's been classified imagine what it's of and yeah, everyone went that's what, I mean. what is it everyone, of and it's like I can't like... tell you what it's of but imagine <laughs> what it's of because they told me not to show you yeah do you know exactly. it was the same thing as the satellite pictures that took uh, the, the first pictures of Mars in the in the late 70s early 80s and they did a whole like topographical examination of the whole planet took pictures of everything and kept back one of the pictures and that one picture turned out to be the the pyramidal structures that we now know as the face on Mars. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, but why did they hide it? If yeah. they had it just shown and everyone's like, oh, that thing kind of looks like a face. But because they hid it, everyone has then imbued that with some kind of importance that it's mm. like, it must be something they're trying to hide. And look at the formation. It's the same as the yeah. pyramids in Egypt. And that lad's a face. Why is he a face? Like it ends up being... <laughs> or even if there was nothing, they'd be like, look how artificial the nothingness is. Yeah, it makes... It's it, hiding something. It's flat, like a billiard table. Mm. Like it's just... It but anything that be, gets hidden, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that you're, there has to be some sort of... There's something in it yeah, if it's being there hidden. There has to be. Like, but what was in it was the red scare a, a, yeah, a fear yeah. of this uh you know the the military secrets being released but everyone imbued it then in the mid or in the early 70s 1973 imbued it with this air of massive amount of mystery and we wouldn't find out for 40 more years what yeah. it actually was mm-hmm. so for all the 70s and all the 80s with all of the, the movies and tv shows leaning towards like extraterrestrials and aliens and they used area 51 as a plot device perhaps of course people are going to fill in the gaps and try and make a try and make a story out of it. Mm-hmm. And I think it was that mistake or possibly that particular choice to go, yeah, well, look, if everyone thinks it's aliens, they won't know what it really is. Do you know what I mean? Mm, so yeah. it, ends up, it ends up being like a win-win for the guys at Area 51. So just before we go any further, I just want to say a shout out and a thank you. Uh, to Audible for supporting those conspiracy guys and making this show possible. If you head over to audible.com slash TCG, you get a 30-day free trial and you can listen to some amazing audiobooks. Uh, download them to your device or to your computer to have a listen. If you love our long shows and you listen to podcasts in an environment where this kind of marathon listening or a long long show listening is possible, then you would love Audible. 
Audible is a huge catalogue of audiobooks that you can browse, buy and download to your device for listening to on the go. And when you've run out of those Conspiracy Guys episodes, you can pick up a book, uh, one of the ones that maybe complement the content of the show, perhaps, uh, if you're really jonesing for some conspiracy stuff, and choose from an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original shows, news, comedy and loads of other great stuff. So for our audience, Audible is specially offering a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial. And all you have to do is head to audible.com slash TCG from your browser. Best if you do it from a computer. Uh, pick a book that you like, download it to your computer or mobile device, and away you go. You can find books by title or author. And there's uh, pre, pre-selected pre collections and great recommendations for whatever kind of stuff that you're into. And there's sales on all the time. And there's, you know, the really good service uh, for... Uh, audiobooks that you might be interested in i'm just about to listen to michael crichton the state of fear so uh, from our harp episode i got turned on to that which is a techno thriller where eco-terrorists plan to reveal the secret dangers of global warming and uh, it uses known science and conspiracy theory to weave a suspenseful world of terrifying possibilities of of weather as a weapon so if you liked our harp episode uh, you love that as well uh, Eamon, you have a, a book on your list? Yeah, yeah. I would recommend The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss if you're into kind of fantasy novels. If you've just, you've said, I can't be dealing with all these conspiracies and my, mm-hmm. my, my head is melted and I just want to read about lovely magic stuff um, and the only conspiracies in there are within this magical realm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and yeah, why, did you, why did you pick that one in particular? The first reason is because the protagonist has red hair, like myself, and there aren't enough protagonists. Oh, you can really identify hair. Yeah, I can it just totally relate. relate You're underrepresented in the demographic. Completely, like, yeah. yeah, we're a minority. Um, but the, the, the story is really well written, the characters are well developed, and the world is really, really immersive, so you'll totally get into it. I was never really a fantasy kind of book guy, but this one uh, totally got me. Yeah, we listened to a sample before the show, and the guy that's reading it, it sound, he sounds like he's really into it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so if you download a book and you don't like it for any reason, don't worry. You can exchange it for any title, any time, no questions asked. And uh, I find the mobile app really great for browsing the bestseller lists, uh, for getting updates on new releases, and flipping through the huge back catalogue of really well-crafted audio versions of loads of classic favourites. It also has chapters in the book, so if you get lost or if you, you're listening to it falling asleep, uh, get a few emails saying people listen to this show falling asleep. Not because of the content now, just because of our soothing Irish lilting voices. Uh, but there's great notes and, and uh, chapter markers, so if you get lost or lose your place, it's really easy to pick right back up from where you left off. You can also flip back and forth from your phone or your laptop or your tablet uh, or your Kindle device with WhisperSync, which means that if you have a Kindle version of the book, you can go from listening to it straight to reading it or from reading straight to listening. So if you're reading in the morning and you want to listen to it on the bus or on the on the train on the way into work, uh, all you have to do is head to audible.com slash TCG in your computer browser uh, and you can show your support for, for our show and you get a 30-day free trial with a free audiobook included. We are delighted that Audible chose to partner with our show and I'd like to thank them for their support and you can thank them on social media too uh, after you get your free 30-day trial if you like. Just give them a kind of a, hey, we found you from Dustin's Crazy Guys. Uh, let us know what book you downloaded and what you thought of it and uh, we'd be able to talk about it maybe in the Patreon uh, Discord server or something like that as well. So, Head over to audible.com slash TCG, you get a 30-day free trial, and you get a free audiobook included. Now, we're going to talk about the Wackenhut Corporation. And these guys I found were a little bit a little bit suspicious, a little bit kind of like a, a shell corporation uh, surrounding the operations of what was going on. And 
the Groom Lake area mm. and the buildings therein uh, kind of had this nefarious black suited men in black type actions from the Wackenhut Corporation. Have I, am I reading it wrong? Would I be presumptuous? I don't think they were in black. I think they were in camouflage. Oh. These are, yeah, this is, I went through about seven hours of these videos <laughs> yeah, on YouTube. I watched all the documentaries. Anything that had like, but it getting stopped like, by camo guys. Yeah. The camo guys are coming, all this stuff. It seems like in, remember the movie, I remember the TV show Jericho. I remember the Black Watch. Those kind of mercenary military dudes who are like hired on, you're like, these are the guys that do that. But they don't work for a military organization. They work for like a capitalist corporation mm. that organized this stuff. Mm-hmm. So Wackenhut kind of had smells of that. Yeah. They're G4S. Yeah. They're the, 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 ba- the, gu- the bank guys. Yeah the, yeah. the guys that hold the keys to all the money. I all used the to work with G. Well, I used to work alongside G4S. Ah. In my, in my and can you talk about days. that as a, as a Wackenhut? You worked in Dreamland S4? They're not, they're, not, they're not very good at their job. Securing <laughs> from, what I, from what I can tell. No, I'm only jesting. Uh, of course. No, yeah. I, I never suspected them to have any ties to Area 51 at the there time. There you go now. So... It's we amazing have, that like we have an area, inside man, Paul. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing that Area Fifty One has private security like that, isn't it? I'm a shill. Uh, it well, they would. I suppose they would see when you think. Or about, is it decompartmentalization? Think about Area Fifty One for a second, though, because you'd have to like you'd have to subcon people to do everything in there. Like there must be a cafeteria in there, and it's not like you're. You know, I'm sure they're going to have like Mars bars and Twinkies and all that sort of shit. So you even wonder like. Who are, how are they getting to bring it across? Like, how it, everything must be... Yeah. I wonder, do you have NDAs with, like, just delivery men, like, like we, who well, like Palace the, Foods, you know? We did the um, the Phil Schneider episode, and we talked about this, you know, the seven levels? Yeah, yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. the nightmare room or whatever. But, like, in in uh, some of the secret bases, like, they have a Starbucks. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, so the, the guy who works in Starbucks is a guy, like... Who works and stuff? He's not. Guy, he's not a guy who went through all of the FBI training and mm. went through all of the. You know, he has a doctorate in criminology, and they're like, "Okay, well, your job on the base is to work at Starbucks, mm. <laughs> and they have to rotate that." You know, but he's security vetted though to the nth degree. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. the Starbucks guy. They're like, yeah, they're like in in, in 1974, you stole a piece of gum when you were five years old, and he's like, "Shit, how do you know?" That? Yeah. I'm sure those people are like vetted to the point where they're so afraid of just the vetting process yeah, that yeah. they'll never speak a word. Because they're like, these dudes know what score I got on a maths test. Yeah. When I was yeah. Isn't Area 51 though, isn't it like, um, so you have like, you have, you know, state law and then you have FBI law. So this is this whole problem with uh, marijuana dispensaries where they're legal in the state and then the FBI law comes in, supersedes that, takes yeah. all their money and plants and shit. State versus federal. Exactly, right? But with Area 51... The FBI don't have any jurisdiction there. Was my understanding? There's no federal jurisdiction at all. Yeah. So if that's the case, they don't even have. They don't even have to answer to like the Environmental Protection oh, it's Agency. Military law. It's it's above everything. And yeah. I'll talk later on about how Bill Clinton just signed a thing and went, "Oh, you just let these guys do whatever they want because yeah, yeah. you know they're keeping the aliens from taking over everything." I saw that movie with that Will Smith guy. <laughs> They're doing a really good job over there. Bill Pullman was my favorite. Yeah. He was like me. Way out of his depth. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like the Waking Hot, the Waking Hot Corporation you're talking about, like getting these men in black type characters or the camo characters as it was. Is it just that they have to sign kind of subcon guys? Because this is kind of black book. It's off the government. Yeah, you would think. that. So they have to, uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So 
Yeah, in fact, you don't have sort of FBI, CIA guys that do that grunt work for you. Yeah. Yes. So now you need to to basically you have to have a, a, a crowd of people who are low enough in the security rankings to do the menial work. Mm. Like you're untrained enough to do. And I don't know offense to anyone that works in Starbucks. I'm just saying, like, you're not going to go to what's it called you're not going to be reverse engineer you're not going to quantico crafts. for five yeah. years to go and be a you know a starbucks guy right mm. so like if you're a starbucks guy cool for you but then can you keep your mouth shut can you mm. you know if you're in a starbucks and there's two guys in line and they're like oh my god oh cutting up that alien today was just shit like i just i just love like a double half calf soy chai latte <laughs> and uh you know a, a, a cruller a dollop of syrup or yeah something. and then the guy is like um can you say that order again? I couldn't get over the fact that you said you had to cut up an alien this morning. And they're all like, yeah, yeah, but like, shh. Because mm. you, you lose your $7 an hour job. Pumpkin like, latte for Zorg? <laughs> Zorg. Did I spell that right? Zorg. Uh, Ziltoid the Incredible. <laughs> but yeah, like, because you go for the interview, presumably just to Starbucks. You check Craig's, like, you're like, oh, Starbucks are hiring. I'll, I'll try. Yeah. I, I could do with getting a job. And they're like, okay, like, so... You're in the CIA now. Uh, <laughs> but even the days, it's like, so what is my roster? And so it's okay, so your roster is we're going to fly you out on a 747 on Monday. We'll fly you back on Friday. And you're like, sorry, uh, sta- star... Huh? When, you, when, when, when I say Starbucks, I thought it was like coffee. This seems to be some sort of sky shit star- you're talking about <laughs> here. Like, I don't know what you're, what's happening. Um, but yeah, like, it, just imagine... Like, fuck all this reverse engineering, like, super cool aircraft for a second. Can you imagine the logistics of just trying to get someone a smoothie in Area 51? Like, there must be so much yeah. work that goes into that. They had, like, bars and a bowling alley and yeah. a cinema, and they had loads People of stuff. People lived there in, like, a trailer park. They'd have tried to for yeah. the staff and stuff, so they would be on site. And I guess they'd have to do something in the evenings, lest they go, one of them goes crazy and... Bunny Ranch. Let's, let's Bunny Ranch bomb. all Bunny day. Ranch. Bunny Ranch all day. Yeah. Excursions all day all and every day. night. So give us the skinny on the, on the, on the Wacken Hut. Are we Wacken Hut or Wacken Hut? I, I, I want to say Wacken. Because it's W-A-C-K. Yeah. Wacken Hut. All right, let's go with Wacken. So. Wacken. Give um, us the Wacken Hut Corporation lowdown rundown at the showdown, at the holdown. Yeah, so like public interest has always been a big thing about Area 51. Um and and the fact that like we were talking about that people are sort of suspecting that something's going on there and then it's kind of being validated yeah. in in kind of in the fact that it's being you know uh, swept under the rug denial by omission or whatever yeah yeah um so when 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 does it start getting kind of public when when you see an area 51 and reporters and tv mm. and and you yeah. know it, it's kind of when can i hear it on tv hitting a boiling port when can i hear it on tv yeah when was the first time because i have a time you machine. can hear it on tv roughly 1980 oh yeah that's pretty early it is for area early. 51 pretty talk. Early. Hmm. but um it it, it kind of comes around from reporter ned day of the las vegas valley times and bob stodel uh the news director of kls tv uh, in Las Vegas, ran or run a series of stories and conduct interviews with Area 51 employees who claimed that the highest level of classified facility was hidden inside Nellis Range. So this is when it started to break and people were like, oh, modern media is mm. like hungry for some shit, right? Uh, we'd already had like Thriller, <laughs> MTV is going, <laughs> like... People are going like, oh yeah, people are into some fucking weird shit. Like John this Lennon is, is very soon to be dead. Yeah, this is a this is you know, media mm. is becoming 
more intrusive or more, um, how would you say, dramatic or yeah. hyperbolic. I could see like a, new, a, a TV station and especially a, a news director at a TV station saying, oh no, we can't run a story about a secret government facility. That's like yeah. treasonous. Whereas yeah. clearly like this guy was like, I don't know, fuck it. They're, they're up to something over there. Let's These guys are crazy. Plus the fact there. you yeah. had stuff like Mystery Theater 3000 and stuff like that mm-hmm. or like Tales from the Crypt. Oh, yeah, yeah, It's all coming from here. So there's like, there's a science fiction element of it. You've already had like Alien. You've already had, you know, uh, uh, E.T. Mm. Is E.T. 1980? 1979? Yeah. And there's a huge boom of sci-fi writing in the sci-fi, 50s. And then, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, it's all kind of... But but I'm saying at this particular time, like late seventies up to nineteen eighty, aliens and extraterrestrials are the shots. Star Wars is happening. ET is being released. It's all very extraterrestrial centric. Mm. And then some bios pop up and went, "Well, you know what? I work in this place, and you know what goes on in there." Like yeah. it seems very yeah. of the time. Yeah, and some of some of the stuff that they got is so good as well. Like that that idea that it's so secretive. That every now and then an alarm will sound and even personnel with the ultra top security clearance have to fall on their stomachs, cover their eyes um, and just wait basically until this stops and you can go back to work. <laughs> so they can't, it's like, don't even look at it. Yeah. Like, no, you're, you're looking. Don't it's, point like at a, it. it's like one of those horror movies where if you look at the thing, you die or something. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's like, it's like, oh my God, the alarm. And then just everybody. So this is 1980. They're, they're, mm. they're naming Area 51 and then they're pairing it with like aircraft or weaponry or something they're making that's so secretive even the people on the base aren't sure what it is yeah and like yeah that seems that could seems you like that if you think, sound, i think i like you were saying movie and pop culture was mm. going this way but i still think people would have heard those kind of news reports or read them in the newspaper and been like that sounds fucking mental that can't be true i'd imagine that it just this is probably you know yourself when something hits the tv it hits mainstream it's been bubbling in little reports yeah. here and there for ages beforehand but they're just kind of underground they're down low and not a lot of people know about them well as we go along later on and talk about the technological advances that were coming in aviation technology and stuff all through the late 60s from 67 right up to 1980 and and it ramped up big time in the late 60s and early 70s because of the vietnam war and then the technology uh, kind of blast or massive boom from the mid-70s right up to 1980. Like, they didn't have an enemy as such. The Vietnam War was kind of winding down in 75. But they still had all this money and they had all of this tech. And they were like, okay, look, we're, we're coming out of, like, a, a war boom. Mm. Let's lash loads of money into it. So I talk about the timelines when you think about how the uh, A-12 and all of these... Uh, aircraft, these secret aircraft were being developed. Yeah. The timelines seem to match so that at 1980 we were at like peak Area 51. Yeah. There was some wild shit happening. <clears throat> and when some guys come out and go, yeah, we had to drop to our bellies. Like also the UFO thing happening at the same time. So there's UFO stuff. There's secret stuff by omission. There's guys coming out and saying, you never believe what's going on in there. You would never believe it. Mm. And then all through the 60s, as the fourth estate tried to tear down the war machine, and for the first time, America had to experience this kind of social justice revolution where people were like, we don't like what the government is doing. It's too secret and mm. it's it's nasty and it's yucky and you're making like, you're doing war crimes and coating people in awful chemicals and, you know, people are dying and they shouldn't be and yeah, there was like a social yeah. justice revolution. Well, think about the 80s as well. Like, if you start to think about people seeing weird shit in the sky and all this sort of yeah. stuff, I just did a quick search. You know the B2, like the famous stealth bomber, yeah. like the... 
the first flight that that ever had is July 1989, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, that's the first one that's on the books, right? You started yeah. developing it for 20 years. Before. But yeah, if you think about that, like that, that, that period of time between then the eight years and then how much there was before its first flight, like before its first official yeah. flight. Um, and then is the first, I'm trying to, I'm just skimming this really quick. I have a, t- I have a timeline of the A12 and the SR71. Yeah, yeah. Later on that we'll talk about where it takes like 15 years from inception to testing to development to like, I don't know, public showcase or yeah. being actually used. We talk yeah, about the U2 yeah. bomber now in a second, but like to be actually used in a, a an actual practical fashion, you know, mm. like 10, 15 years of development. So you're saying by 1980, that stuff from the mid 60s is just being yeah, like what sort of crazy yeah, you know what are the, the stuff crazy that people can't that put people any kind of experience on and they go, oh, it looks like an alien thing because mm, yeah. it was all misshapen and stuff. So when we look at cars that were developed back in the 80s, we're all like, the, the cars that they made then looked like what they thought the cars from the future should look like. Mm. So they were making stuff, you know, like in Blade Runner and they had all the yeah, cars and yeah, had all yeah. the angles and it was like, pew, pew, all like square and they had all the sloping angles. And But really the cars of the future are all rounded and they're all like, you know, sexy and sleek and mm. this kind of stuff. Mm. Um, so you look at the old Ferraris and they're all like, pew, pew, ping, pong, like angles and, and, you know, like it looks... And now they're all streamlined. Yeah, it's all streamlined and, yeah, and yeah. sleek and uh, all these kind of aerodynamic... Mm. calculations that probably weren't able to be like they couldn't machine metal with that that specificity of of uh, uh you know detail so yeah. back then they were going okay just do it that way and the the airplanes were the same kind of designs they had yeah. these like square things were like this is not for taste or art but for like aerodynamic purposes mm. and then the cars were kind of built on that because they're like this is aerodynamic like it's like do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So uh, it's kind of like art imitating life imitating art. There is like, a, a, and this is what I, this is the phenomenon about Area 51 that I kind of want to get across to listeners is that like, there's a load of different elements that are at work at the same time here. Mm. There's like cultural elements. There's like secretive government elements. There's yeah. public government elements. There's, you know, uh, uh, the suppositions and, and inferences from the public as to what the government is actually doing. Mm. And then there's science fiction and there's art and movies so, and yeah. TV. And, and there's enough real threads. Mm. So like when you can kind of go, oh yeah, you know, your, your, your dad or whatever tells you about this alien that crashed in Roswell. Yeah. And then someone else is like, oh, there's this top secret base. Right by Roswell. You're like, why, why is it by Roswell? And go, oh yeah, like a few years after Roswell, they, they opened this t- super top secret place and you're like, uh, are you sure? It's like, yeah, but nobody knows. No one's allowed. Mm-hmm. No one's. Then that, they the opened NASA it seven years before Roswell. That's the thing. That's why the thing is shot down in Roswell. Well, they opened it before, but Area 51 itself wasn't created till after. Do you know, like the secret area, secret. So area, you had Edwards. Yeah, but you area, didn't have 51 area 51 publicly. Yes. Yes. True. True. See? True. And do you know what else I was thinking? So it's all these inferences, because we don't know, we can put the threads in ourselves and go, see? Like, hmm. that's where it's coming from, you know? What if the reason Roswell's that, like, really the, far away from it. it's miles away? Yeah. Roswell's in New Mexico. It's two states over from thing Nevada. Is in, thing, Nevada's in... <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. Everyone thinks Roswell is right beside there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of these suppositions, like, it's actually miles away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mad, right? Madness. Madness. But in New like, Mexico, you do have Dulce and you do have, like, the underground that's true, yeah. stuff. So they just brought it into Dulce and then 
ship the alien through an underground tunnel over to Area 51 and, you know, bish, bash, bosh, there you go, like, yeah. on the magnetic time trains the, that yeah. Al took. Oh, we'll get to that. See, it all comes together, lads. It all comes <laughs> together. I think these, uh, this 1980 report, I think it's pretty bang on because if you think of the stuff that they say about it, like there's MiG fighters on the base, there's mm. this thing, there's this, yeah. and all of those things in 2013 were confirmed to be true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But so what, people saying this in 1980, before anyone had ever heard the term Area 51 before, people came and said, that thing is called Area 51 and it does this. I didn't find out that was true for another... 33 years. Mm. Yeah. Now, we've seen all the planes, but what we don't see is, like, these crazy ray guns and stuff. I don't think we've ever, like, lasers. Have we ever seen, like, lasers that can be Pew. used? Like, uh, like Masters of the Universe. Predator 2 Pew. lasers, you yeah. know? Um, but if... if, if Red like ones for bad saying, guys. Yeah, always. But if what you're saying, like, it makes sense, if... if because we have kind of seen, yeah, all these uh, different kind of fighter crafts. Yeah, they've all been been proved to be to be real there when we look back at this. So I wonder, are those ray guns... So the, is, are is you saying the truthful of... supposition should continue on into the things that we inferred? Well, if these people are saying, this is what happened and this is what happened and this thing was here. And, and half of it is proven to be true. Like, well, that looks right, what they're saying. Mm, mm. The I put a lot of stock into these... Uh, mm these first ever Area 51 stories because they, they just mentioned things. The, the Russian MiG-23 fighters, the uh, there was a, a jet that was invisible to radar. That's Which right, in 1980, yeah. again, like you just said, it nine years before it was officially confirmed. Yeah. If you say that in 1980 and nine years later you're proven right, it's kind of like, yeah. who were these people they were talking to yeah. in 1980? These were, these were legit whistleblowers. But in 1980, sources. if you were coming out and saying, hey, I work in a place and there's an invisible jet, they're all like, who you the fuck do you think you Wonder Woman? Kind of line, yeah. But again, that like, this is Oxcart because 1959 is when they start trying to do these anti-radar studies, the aerodynamic structural tests, the engineering designs. So you're talking about a, a pretty big window to the 1980s, like 20 odd years. Mm. So where you, you had a brilliant massive war that was mm. like the, the, and also, the basic creation. This of the is military them doing complex. anti-radar studies, right? Mm. Whereas in World War Two in Ireland, when they managed to figure out the radar technology so yeah. that you could actually see stuff so you're talking only 20 years between that and 1960 yeah. give or take then you say another 20 years give or take to 1980 like so a groundbreaking technology is invented and 20 invent, years later there's a, a technology to counteract it. it and then 20 years after that they're releasing some of this stuff and being like oh there's this like here's the first flight or whatever yeah. and that's nine years so Reminds me of that progression uh, that's happening. Reminds me of that degaussing thing from the the Philadelphia experience. Yeah. Like some fucker invented sea mines, and some fucker invented the thing that repels sea mines yeah. for the front of your boat. Yeah, it's like degaussing. Oh, this is a hell of an arms race. I like. The, where's this going to go <laughs> yeah. next? This guy's going to make them magnetically stick now. Oh. It's an innovation of technology, though. That's mm. that's that's how you that's how you win war. So they had mm. to know what the rest of them were doing. So the way that you win it is get a plane that you can fly over and take pictures of all their stuff, so you know what all their stuff looks like. Without being seen. Yeah. And any any uh, any Soviet stuff that crash lands, they're just like, pick that wreckage up. Yeah, we'll talk about the U-2 bomber yeah. now in a second. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I think there was the, it was in 1988, I think as well, was the first time Roswell and Area 51 were combined together. It was in, uh, there was a, a, a sort of a feature length, movie length magazine news program documentary type thing. Mm. I don't know what to call it. It's like, you know, one of those things. Uh, 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 after school special, maybe? No, no, more like I can't even PSA think of it. or something. Yeah, sort of like yeah. that, except about aliens, blood on the asphalt. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all like, I don't know. Is that my my? Is like, are you talking about this? Is this the pilot for Alf? 
<laughs> no. That's another thing. 1980, you're talking about Alf. Is co- like aliens are the soup du jour. Yeah, yeah. Did that guy work in the Air the Force? Is that in that family? <laughs> I don't know. Was that the, the story mechanic? So. Is that he worked in the Air Force and he got Alf from the... Oh no, I'm, I mean like an American dad. <laughs> I'm would, getting confused. I would love if Adam F. Goldberg is listening to this show. I'd really love uh, a reboot of Alf. He put Ooh. some stuff up on... He, he's the guy who made the TV show The Goldbergs and he's looking to oh. make a new franchise. Make Alf. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyone that's out there, watch the last episode of alf and it leaves it wide open for a for a sequel for right, a continuation a, a reboot dun, dun, dun. we could be we could be in for uh, 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 in this pc culture we need somebody like alf <laughs> who's willing to he may not be the hero we want yeah he's full of tood as well that yeah. like 80s but 90s that's the thing tood. and and the retro stuff is right back now mm. the 90s are mm. back like you should get that he come back sexual harassment and like you know animal <laughs> cruelty <laughs> racial ins- insensitivity we need alf right now mm-hmm. for a bit of a laugh and uh so there was a tv show made yeah, 1988, it was Sorry. called UFO Cover-Up Live. It's UFO Cover-Up, question mark, live, exclamation point. Weird. How are they named TV shows back then? This must look so weird in the TV guide. They're like, wait, is it a question? <laughs> it's it's shout- My TV guide's shouting at me. How do you read that? UFO Cover-Up? Live! Like, I think it's live, because there's an exclamation point. Live! <laughs> this was hosted by a fella called Mike Farrell, who you may know better as having played Captain BJ Honeycutt. In the, the film and TV series MASH. Mm. Ma- MASH? Yeah, the guy from MASH. Is that how you pronounce Not that Alan TV Alder, show? Why? What did you say? I used to call it M star A star S star H star. Is it just called MASH, is it? Uh, oh my God. I you're Mandela sound, affecting me right now. Must have sounded like such a fucking idiot. Suicide is <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, are you going to watch M star A star S star H star? It's really hard to say. They're like, do you mean mash? I'm like, no. What are you talking about? So uh, this is like a yeah. He pre- he he presented the tales show from the Tales from Area Fifty One. Exactly. Whatever. Yeah. It was sort of like it was a selection of stories about like aliens, alien abduction mm. encounters, UFO sightings, wow. uh, and uh, that was the first time also uh, on TV open in in the public domain that a link was pro- proposed between Roswell and Area Fifty One, yeah, as right. Area Fifty One is the site that the Roswell crash stuff disappeared to. That's the place the bodies went to and just disappeared. Yeah, that's that's why we were saying like Roswell and Area Fifty One have that link. Yeah, the same year, nineteen eighty eight, is when Alien Nation was released when mm-hmm. their craft crashed in the Mojave Desert and was brought to Area Fifty One. Oh. So this Area Fifty One was coming out in lots of different types of uh, uh, alien centric media. Man, they're not like conditioning us to soft sell us the information. In, in like entertainment format so that when someone comes out and goes here's what's actually happening you go that sounds too much like the Matrix or Independence <laughs> yeah, Day that's exactly that can't what's be happening. true you just saw that movie and think it's that's that that's exactly what's happening did it a dummy when they started finding all these Gnostic gospels and stuff like that and people were like hey do you think like the Christian religion is a sham no man sure that's that's like the movie Da Vinci Code <laughs> what the movie Da Vinci Code oh but you mean the book <laughs> 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 no, I think we've erased its book form from yeah. history. Sorry, Dan. Now it's just a bad movie with Tom Hanks. Yeah. It's a good movie. Inferno is a bad movie with Tom Hanks. Which one's Inferno? The last one. Oh, I haven't seen That's that. That's the one that we, just came out. I, I didn't like ago, the first one. I kind I, of liked the one with Ewan McGregor. Yeah, I loved that Because I was very Angels surprised when, spoiler alert, Ewan McGregor's bad guy or whatever. And I'm like, Fuck. I haven't seen that movie. How dare you? Ewan McGregor's oh, not the bad how dare guy. dare you? And now I don't know what to think. But he saves the guy's life at the end. 
With the helicopter. Yeah, but he's not the bad guy. Yeah, it was. It was the Pope or whatever. Whoever saves the Pope is a bad guy, isn't it? The Pope's not be good. <laughs> oh, sorry. Have you never seen Borges? Yeah, yeah, you're... Pre- you're pre- Have you never yeah. seen the Borges? The Pope is not the good guy. The oh, Pope's sorry. the bad guy. Okay, so it's your it's your perspective, I thought. Yeah, okay. Oh, right. So Angels and Demons is a good movie. Da Vinci Code is good. Inferno Oh, so the prequel a, to Angels and Demons is the TV series, The Borgia. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just, just trying to trying to get my head around this. That's it's the Dan Brown connected universe. Yeah. yeah, that's why press play. Everybody, go on, find it on iTunes, and you'll hear us misremember TV and movies from years gone. No, no, by. no. We'll research that one like we researched it. Trust me. Yeah, big we're not going to come in cold cocked. The Catholic episode, right? Mm. Yeah. But uh, it was this kind of this this build up of of the like you say the slow the slow building in in reality and in fiction. That brought it to a critical mass that this is the reason they need like a, a G4S or a Wacken. Critical mass. Are we finished talking about Catholicism like or what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to Area 51, Paul. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, this is the reason why they have all these kind of security measures in place. We spoke of like the uh, the magnetic strips on the ground mm. tell mm. where you're moving and uh, they have like uh, moving cameras. Yeah. They have yeah, the camo yeah. guys all set up. They have, they have snipers that people have spotted. Yeah. Um, and... You told me this, I mean, they have permission to shoot to kill. Yeah. Lethal. They threaten to, like, shoot someone if they cross yeah. the line. Yeah, because yeah, initially I thought that this was just alleged because I had watched some documentary and uh, I, I won't lie, he was a security guard who had worked in Area 51 who looked like he was full of shit. Just, Ro- look, just looked like he was lying left and right. I Robert, think that his name is Fred Dunham. Uh, Fred. Is it? Robert Dunham, I think it was. Oh, Robert Dunham, was Robert it? Dunham. I think I saw the same dude and I'm like, this guy's very laid back for a guy who's releasing classified secrets. Yeah, I was like, this seem right to me. But it does say uh, on those signs that, you know, because they can obviously get as close to the signs to film them. And it does say uh, use of lethal lethal force is going to happen if you step over this line. Mm-hmm. You're going to suck on these nuts. It doesn't say the power about the nuts. You, you also see those signs on, like, farmers' gates in Alabama. And That's, true. Like that. like, mm. That's true. Which but, is not as official. It'd be like, trespassers will be shot. And half the S's are backwards and stuff like that. <laughs> I don't got no safety on my gun. <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, no, that's, like, that's bad for you, as much for me. From my cold, dead <laughs> fingers. You have you have the family from the suburbs who come in. Trespassers will be five hots. Do any of you guys know what five hots is? And they're kind of like, oh, I think it's like a Pop-Tart. Oh, how how, how quaint and, and, and friendly. I think it was the last Snow Dogs movie with Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> five hots. But uh, <laughs> yeah, did, you see, did you see that Funny video of, of the family in the fucking uh, SUV? Just breeze through the checkpoint and drive yeah. like straight in, and then the dad gets like dragged out of the car. And, and oh, so no, have you ever seen that one? That no, was no, slammed on the ground and arrested yeah. and all. Yeah, yeah. They were like on a funny family holiday, and they're like, "Oh, let's totally drive up to Area 51. This is like that time we drove through Compton. <laughs> <laughs> just, just totally yeah. uh, national lampoon. Yeah, it didn't happen. It's mad though. It's mad though. Mm. Like the guys on the motorbike as well did the same thing. And oh yeah. Well, like where where else can you think globally outside of North Korea where? There's lethal use of force. It's like just a thing. No gates. And that's it. No fence. No fence. No nothing. Just there's if pressure sensors there. under the ground because you can like a, there's film of those as well, right? Mm-hmm. They're just like your man strips. ran over the pressure, yeah, the pressure sensors, sensors. In, his, in his motorbike, and I went beep 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 beep. Oh, yeah, beep. yeah, yeah. Beep to tell yeah. you that you're to tell mm-hmm. you that you're like go so, like, back, cop yourself on. But uh, where where else can you think of just off the top of your head that has no no security like physical security there? And it's just like if you walk past this point, you're fucking brown. A bright. sniper could just take you yeah. out. You go straight to five stars. Yeah, straight to five stars. Exactly. I but like, I can't think. Like, the I can't Korean think border. Of, but that's all I could think of, like North Korea. Unless like, there is a giant wall coming across. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can't think of anywhere else. Not a lot of places. That's what I mean. Like, and this is a place you know is true. Like, oh no, because about to say like Abu Ghraib or something like that. That has fences, I'm sure. Abu Ghraib would have to have an old fence or two. Yeah. What do I tell you? Keep them fellas in the honor system. I guess that's the thing. The one thing I will say for Area 51 is they have no fear of wayward aliens just jogging off. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't seem to be an issue at all. They're confident whoever's in there and wants to get out is not getting out. No. Yeah, but they're far enough with like a clear line of sight so that there's nothing occluding their vision. Like mm. an alien started to run, you could see him for miles and just be like, pick him off. That's true. Him. And there's random checkpoints dotted all over the place, yeah. and yeah, they're randomly yeah. manned at different times. Did you guys ever no see set. the movie Area Fifty One? No, I no. wouldn't I saw, recommend watching it. Oh, it's like a found footage. Yeah, sort so of? like yeah. there's these people. They're like they they ever so ever so quietly sneak into the base, and there's like drones and stuff trying to find him. He's like hide behind this bush, Jared, and like shit like that. I did see the movie Mac oh, and shit. Me when an alien did escape from Area Fifty One. And moved into a house with uh, a disabled boy who tried to tell his family that he had uh, made an extraterrestrial friend. And they're all like, oh, you disabled. How was <laughs> he differently imaginary abled? friends. Huh? How was he differently abled? He just wasn't able to walk. Right. Oh. So he was So they're like, your legs don't work. We're not going to believe anything you say. And he's yeah. like, whoa, harsh as shit. Yeah. And then like the, the, the alien who had like a weird little puckered mouth was all oh. like, he used to whistle the whole time. And he'd go like... And and the uh, the wheelchair start moving on its own and all. Oh, so it's like a really but, low but rent like he, version. He of couldn't he couldn't PC. whistle to help his legs move on their own. Yeah, it was. Kind oh, of I thought that was going to be the end of the movie. <laughs> it's I, like, oh, I can walk again, Mac. Oh, it's a kind of a shit ET. Yeah. And he's like, "This is a dream." You're like, "Oh, Mac." Yeah, Mac and me. Um, but I, I I do think that like the mix of truth and reality with culture and supposition and denial by omission. Mm. It's hard to it does, it. Yeah, it does mm. lead to that kind of suspicion that I don't think it's... Is it warranted? Is mm. it warranted for that? But, like, uh, the town of Rachel is really making out yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. from this kind of stuff. What's the town of Rachel? Rachel has been known uh, as the extraterrestrial highway. Ooh. It's the one oh, you see from yeah. all of the TV shows with the lads with the tinfoil hats or the colanders for caps. Hmm. And they're uh, big signs outside with, like, little grey alien heads. And they have the cafes and with all the Stop UFO. Stop alien burgers. Yeah, the yeah, 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 memorabilia. Yeah. And they're really holding it down, like... Mm. When you think that Area mm. 51 wasn't officially announced until 2013, yeah, they're yeah, doing yeah. that shit since the late 70s, and people yeah. are like, yep, aliens. Like, it's always been associated with aliens. Mm. And mm. they're making bank off it as yeah, well. Yeah, big time. You know? So, it could it be a light hop that the Area 51 guys just say, yeah, fuck it, aliens. Let them, let them think it's aliens. Mm. Do you know? So then take us through then what the actual hardware uh, is doing in Area 51. There's like a serious amount of secret government million multi-million dollar equipment programs that are happening uh at area 51 and in lockheed martin's burbank i don't know lab would you call it a lab would you call it a manufacturing plant the skunk works a little bit of both yeah it's known as the skunk works which is now synonymous with secret black operations and uh you know black budget mass produced um multi-billion dollar aircraft mm. you know the tip of the tip of the top of uh, scientific advancement and, and research and technology so the first planes and stuff the first uh, uh, aircraft that were coming out of area 51 were the u2 bombers yeah the lockheed so lockheed made these uh, u2 surveillance drones or surveillance aircraft that were flying at a super high uh, altitude to take pictures of uh 
Russian lads eating borscht and stuff in a big field. So if we're looking at um, at the declassified documents, which we know to be true, so we're talking about the stuff that was released in 2013, mm-hmm. the first program that uh, we can kind of see is commencing um, after 1955 when when the base is sort of set up and it's good to go and you have the whole groom rape groom rape groom lake land groom rape whether you like it or not <laughs> we must consent uh, or you must consent um, but anyway yeah so the the U2 program otherwise known as Project Aquatone is, a, is the kind of first thing in these classified documents that comes mm. out so I don't know I'm not saying this is all there was it sounds like Bono is trying to sell one of those electric muscle belts on a a late night commercial or something all you gotta do is just like put it on for 20 minutes a day and you'll have abs like the edge <laughs> it plays with or without you yeah. into your core muscles <laughs> the one I got was kind of like a it's a beautiful day but they're on the landing strip and like there's these mad looking <laughs> flying saucers just <laughs> flying over them you know <laughs> sunshine and aliens it would make a lot of sense it the would glasses work. alone would work. oh yeah and they're big like alien eyes yeah, too yeah. Um, good man Paul but basically <laughs> if you're listening the, the reason um, if we're not talking about aliens and stuff mm. is basically because they wanted to do these top secret projects they couldn't have pilot training programs at the Edwards Air Force Base mm. or Lockheed's Palmdale facility because it's like top secret and as we heard earlier you have to drop down to your belly and give the captain 20 whenever they yeah. fucking whenever <laughs> they wheel out a Nordic or a grey alien and, or whatever and they, and they can't uh, keep their mouth shut around there like either you know yeah yeah you have to be a high clearance you have to be high clearance it's like hey did that airplane just fart <laughs> keep your eyes closed <laughs> but uh, as we kind of alluded to earlier the inspection team that were initially sent out to Groom Lake to see if they could find a suitable spot um, we had talked about Kelly Clarence L or Kelly Johnson as he's mm. known lovingly among his friends this is like a world famous airplane designer yeah guy yeah. who revolutionised the game of designing airplanes the game he was like if he was the see if you put the wings on the side <laughs> see he was yeah. like the rapper like the he was the two pack of airplanes love it yeah. um, but basically yeah they find this place like we were saying earlier man alive we looked at the lake and we all looked at each other it was another Edwards. And he just, you know, basically he says they immediately saw Groom Lake and they were like, game set and match. I want spot. it. This is where the aliens I want, yeah, are Yeah, exactly. I want that bit of land. Fuck them paddies on the hill. Get them <laughs> out of there with their silver mine. <laughs> um, so Johnson initially names the area as Paradise Ranch, which is where this kind of, you know, name comes from. Um, and it's kind of to encourage the workers to move to to a place that the CIA's official history of the U2 project would later be described as the new facility in the middle of nowhere and the name then colloquially was kind of changed to The Ranch and I can only assume because from what I've seen of the satellite images it does not look anything like I imagine paradise to be no exactly. you know it's yeah. like I, almost I the it. antithesis um, <laughs> it's and, all it's dry and it gets everywhere <laughs> <laughs> um but the ranch then receives its first U2 delivery, which are these like big, mm, crazy crummies. planes, the prototype aircraft. Out of the skunk works brought to them. Yeah, yeah. And what's and really... everybody in the streets, like from Burbank, right, right the way out to the desert, like everyone had lads in the back of the trucks, like with guns going, look at the ground, look at the ground. 
Yeah, yeah, because you can see images of this online. And yeah. It's just this huge, like a big covered tarp, yeah, and it's, it's just like, a plane shape. Yeah, it just <laughs> it just looks like a giant casket or something. You People know? It are looks like crazy. From hey, the man, what's in the, the what? ground? Yeah. And the security guy is like, drive slower. The the, the tarp is starting to blow the wind. <laughs> <laughs> we can't help people see it. But uh, yeah, it's uh, mad. Mental. So they received that first, uh, the U2 delivery on the 24th of July, 1955 from Burbank. They get it on a C-124 Globemaster 2 cargo plane accompanied by Lockheed technicians um, on a Douglas DC-3. So like, you can't, like, they have to wheel this thing in effectively, you know? And you just, how do you do that yeah. without people seeing it? I love that. It came in another plane. That's how Harry Hughes to go, build me a beautiful giant plane. <laughs> now build a bigger plane for me to put that one in so I can bring it somewhere. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Or like, uh, I was watching, what's that guy's name? He, he, you remember that guy, uh, Ty... Lopez, I think is his name. Oh, that fucking dude. And he's on YouTube and he's all like... Scourging me on YouTube. Hey, what you need is knowledge. You know what's better than this Ferrari? Knowledge. <laughs> I read all these books. And by read them, I mean I read the outside of the cover and know that they're books. <laughs> so I'm a millionaire. Knowledge. <laughs> and I was watching an interview with him. And what he does, instead of driving those cars like at 100 miles between like where he lives and where he works, if he wants to have one, just to drive around a little area, go for lunch or whatever. He, he, like with fucking Knight Rider, he drives the car into the back of a truck and then drives the truck to the place. And then you're like, why do you do that? I don't want to rack up miles on my really nice cars. You're like, you're a fucking arsehole. <laughs> I wish you could do that in Grand Theft Auto when you're on one of those don't damage the car missions. Yeah. I'm like, why is there no Knight Rider truck to put this motherfucker in? But that's what that guy is living. He's yeah. a millionaire who's living, buying like $400,000 of- leased cars like leasing four hundred thousand other cars and putting them in the back of trucks and driving around off of like become a millionaire talk seminar things yeah, that are yeah. sixty bucks a pop. Knowledge. How many of those seminars did he do? That's sixty bucks a pop, and he's a he's a multimillionaire, or know. is he a multimillionaire? Who knows? Is he just Snapchat lying to us? He's renting cars and Airbnb and mansions, That's breaking in people's back gardens and filming a quick video. <laughs> like, hey, get out of here, Ty! He's like, oh. <sighs> he left all his hair in the pool, the dirty bastard. <laughs> uh, so tell tell us about Project Oxcart then, Eamon. So, Project Oxcart was, this was probably, the, again, according to the classified uh, papers, you're t- looking at the second kind of big uh, undertaking of a top secret black op. So, this is established in 1959, and it's for anti-radar studies, aerodynamical structural tests, engineering designs. And it's an operation of 150 people with a 5,000 foot runway conducting test flights on the A-12 or... As many of you may know it, the black were the black bird from the X Men animated series Boom. of the nineteen nineties. Just so I have this, this is factually correct. Yeah, the X Men's Blackbird SR seventy one that they they flew into space to fight the Shi'i Empire was invented in Area fifty one. In Area fifty one, nine fifty nine. I want to check something really quick because I'm curious to know. First appearance of Blackbird X Men. I'm curious to know when, when it was. Nin- first. Nin- 1980. Was it 1980? Because mm-hmm. I know the X Men first came out in 1965, mm-hmm. and the the, the, the window was quite smaller. The uncanny, yeah. Until 1969. Might have seen actually an, an interview with Stanley where he was like, "I picked Blackbird because I saw it like in the newspaper." And I was yeah. like, "That's fucking incredible looking." And like at the time, I thought it could actually go into space. That's why I fucking picked it because I thought that's what it, it meant can to do. go very very high, like up to 60,000 feet. In in a the cartoon it's flying just kind of on the stratosphere mm-hmm. isn't it um 
I'm just trying to see. But that's where the U2 used to fly. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Man, fiction and reality getting blurred to to fucking end degree with everything. Look at what Richard Branson is doing. Richard Branson is bringing out planes that fly directly straight up in the sky. And then it uses like, it goes out of the gravitational pull of the Earth. So the Earth spins like at whatever, 1100 uh, miles a minute or whatever. So you just fly straight up and then fly straight down. And it's less fuel and it's more efficient and it's quicker to fly like a, than a thousand miles inside the gravitational pull and of the And it's probably Earth. great crack, like one of those slingshot yeah. rides or whatever. You're like, oh, me belly, like going over a, lump, going over a hump in the road. It's, uh, Beautiful. It's fairly mad because like we were saying, it's an operation of 150 people, yeah. 5,000 feet of runway to conduct mm-hmm. tests for this, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I just went on to www.comicbookstuff.com. Uh, it appears first in X-Men 104. This is April 1977, right? 77. 77 is what it's saying. But okay. it wasn't called the Blackbird in 77. It was... Current Shi'ar technology. So it's from the Shi'ar Empire, apparently. So mm. they're aliens. But it looks like... Oh, well, maybe that's... Maybe the, maybe this is all connected. And Roswell was actually a Shi'ar alien. <gasps> and then from that, you get this. But it's got supersonic flight. Anyway... The point is, so 1977 that comes out, the point I was trying to make is, this is financed entirely by Professor Xavier, Professor Charles Xavier. Now, we've just seen in these declassified documents that 150 people with a 5,000-foot runway conducted tests on the A12 to make it work. So I'm just wondering how Charles Xavier is getting around these kind of, these corners. Mind control. Mind control. It was mind control. And he only has to control 150 people at the same time. That's easy. He's like the powerfulest mutant. Absolutely. Yeah, it's easy for him. Buried underneath Area 51 is a giant cerebro? Who knows? Oh, we're going deep now. (laughs) We were talking about Harp the last day and uh, the possibilities of mind control are fully realized. Mm. You get me. You get me. Um, But anyway, this, this sort of area... Uh, expands over the 50s so in 1960 with the base upgraded with a new 10,000 foot runway um, and then by 1961 we have three extra hangars that are constructed um, and older buildings converted into storage and surplus equipment housing um, so like we were saying earlier you have everything like bowling alleys cinemas basically you go out there on a Monday on your plane you come back on a Friday yeah so you have shit to do when your shift's over yeah you know um, it's like being on it's like being on report or being on like you go on the army uh, uh six months nine months mm. going on duty you go out to afghanistan you go to lebanon you like go, an oil rig or something, something isolated something yeah. cut you off from the real world yeah like like being an entertainer on a cruise ship <laughs> except like having to get down on your belly every time somebody comes through yeah yeah um and actually just there's something i forgot to mention earlier when we were talking about uh the construction of Area 51. It's kind of a bit more conspiratorial. But the other idea is that rather than the Lockheed U-2 and uh, Project Oxcard and all these kind of things um, during the uh, during the Cold War, it was a, an upgrade from Hangar 18 where the alien from Roswell originally went. Yeah. So that was like Hangar 18's your, Hangar 18. your prototype Area 51, if you like. Wow. Um, this is not in the... In the declassified yeah, documents, it's not, it's not the canon, but this it, is the X Men. It, it, is, it, is, it is in a Megadeth song, though. So oh. enjoy yourself. Um, <clears throat> so, so Blackbird's success. The Blackbird's the success. Is success. The A twelve, yeah. And of course, they expand. They build more buildings, more runways, more planes, more pilots. Uh, but in, in order to keep all of that stuff safe, 
like we talked about before, lollipop stick and a muffin, they had to block off everything. Yeah. So under Oxcart, mm-hmm. the Federal Aviation Administration, or the FAA, declared the aerospace over Area 51 restricted. And as it grew, it was a 600 square mile restricted area known as r slash 4808N. So that whole 600 mile square area from ground to space, no one's allowed to take a picture of it or you're not allowed to go into it for over 60 years. Yeah. So if you're an amateur pilot out there and you ever see like a flight plan that takes you through or 4808N, get the you're, you're going to get shot down. Yeah. Get scared. It's get bananas, right? Scared. Uh, the craft that were housed and tested there were the likes of F-101 Voodoos, T-33 mm-hmm. Shooting Stars, Ooh. and a C-130 Hercules that uh, used that, to bring... That big the, one with the air straps out the back. Yeah, that's the, they're the ones that bring the the transport, bring the trucks in and out, or bring whatever it Oh, yeah, to. you put a, a Humvee and then stick a parachute on it, and then yeah. throw it out with Mr. <laughs> T. like and Metal Gear 5 or something, just <laughs> yeah. packets oh, falling yeah. from the sky. I ain't getting no Hercules. <laughs> and then a U-3A uh, is a, a high-flying uh, satellite uh, plane as well yeah. and then Lockheed provided graciously an F-104 Starfighter as a test chase plane for these guys to test out these new uh, oh. like A-12s and SR-71s and stuff like that so there's like top of the range stuff here billions and billions of dollars of air equipment uh, uh, and aviation technology are sitting in hangars <laughs> in Area 51 and I have to put them in at night you know so they don't get bird shit on them and all um, the A-12 was brought from Lockheed in 1962 and sightings of the very secretive craft saw civilian and military aviation staff signing secrecy documents and NDAs up the wazoo. Mm. And everybody who had a look at it couldn't say anything about it. Yeah. Uh, after a while, we'll see as these go along, the, the, the certain projects and the certain plans that they come up with eventually end up getting like outdated or there's too many people have seen them or they become like in the zeitgeist. They're like the guy who works for Area 51 is at home. He's just had his dinner. He undone his top button. He put his feet up on the poof and he turns on the TV and then there's like a TV uh-huh. show and it shows like aliens and this plane that looks exactly like his plane and he's like, oh, for fuck. <laughs> right, we're going to have to change it in the morning, lads. You know, like it's happening on the regular media is catching up people are people are taking on this kind of uh, information and putting it into the zeitgeist and everyone ends up uh, kind of figuring out for themselves filling in the gaps and saying "Twas aliens it's aliens but it's not the only operation that was going on at the time there's a d21 tag board uh also known as the tag board uh which is a high speed high altitude unmanned drone aircraft that replaced the u2 and the a12 after poor old Gary Powers, we talk about Gary in a minute, uh, he crashed over the Soviet Union oh, in 1960. Gary. Lord Marcy on Gary. Jesus. That's tough on Gary, isn't it? Because it's That's, like, yeah, he got the we man. were doing a secret U-2 spy mission over Russia, and then my plane went down, and they're, they're like, okay, unmanned planes from now on. And you're like, hey, it wasn't me. Like, no, Gary, we're not saying it's your Gary. fault, but we're not going to let idiots, I mean, we're not going to let pilots in planes anymore. So uh, It's for your own safety, Gary. Uh, there was also test evaluations of captured Soviet aircraft, uh, like the MiG, 21 and the MiG-23s uh, and there was one we'll talk about in a little while as well that was uh, dropped off in Israel by a fella who was just like nah I'm out I know I'm flying it and all already but like I changed my mind so I'm just going to land in Israel and then Israel gave it to the United States and they got to test it and then the F-117 Nighthawk aka Project Have Blue uh, which is a prototype stealth fighter which became operational in 1983 and there's other uh, programs with the Have moniker so the Have Donut Have Drill and Have Ferry programs and these were all 
uh, precursors to the stealth bomber and we'll talk about that in a minute as well so the skunk works is the place where the magic happens it seems to me these are the top buys at the top of the pops uh and the uh the the lockhead uh, uh brothers yes put together this think tank of you know designers the best and the brightest in the world of aerospace yeah engineering um tell us about the lockheed skunk works Mm. well it it begins in san francisco in 1912 where all good things do and it's a brothers alan and malcolm lockhead as you said uh and in but they pronounce it lockheed which is obviously Ah. where the name and the change of spelling comes from to Ah. to get it phonetically correct they were they were scottish they were scotsmen Lockheed. lockheed uh so in 1928 alan and a fellow named jack northrup who you may recognize as being one of the founders of northrup grumman the uh, other aerospace defense weapons contractor. <laughs> These boys are really good at making yeah. air weapons. Um, anyway, they moved and rebranded the Lockheed Corporation to Burbank, California. It just goes to show you that if you're an American, you do the thing first. You're the, the king of that thing. Yeah, forever. you can have a dynasty of that first. Yeah. Yeah. Lord of the Things, I believe, <laughs> yeah. I believe is the, the movie. It's a, trilo- Fly, you fools. it's a trilogy. And a YouTube bomber. Yeah. Cor- corporate dynasty culture. Yeah. Which is nothing like, you know, royal dynasty culture. Yeah. Completely different from Completely that. different. Completely different. Totally different. Right? There's no more slaves. There's no more serfs in the world. <laughs> no. Half of the world choose to live in poverty. Of course yeah, they do. That's that's true. True. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> but uh, Character building. <laughs> you don't like the smell of shit in the morning and the evening and at night time. <laughs> <laughs> morning, even night time. I think I know what country you're thinking of. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, they began making commercial aircraft at the start. So they made the Model 10 Electra that was used by Amelia Earhart. Yeah, that was a real success, wasn't it? That that, that plane's an absolute superstar. Uh, but they diversified. That was, a, that was a proper fucking radar repellent plane. It was like invisible plane and the fucking bitch inside it was invisible as well. Yeah, I think... The whole uh, thing is invisible. I think Lockheed, the Lockheed brothers invented the phrase no publicity is bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, by World War Two, they kind of cottoned on that, hey, there's a lot more money in in military contracts, of course, yeah. than there is in crazy ladies trying to fly around the world. I'm and, sure and the disappearing. Mili- the military yeah. were were Without having paid realizing that, that as well. Like the military were going, "Geez, lads, love making stuff for us because we've loads of money. I wonder if we got more money. Like, why not? Someone else is like it's some good the way that we just get this from tax dollars. And yeah. we don't even have to do nothing. Yeah. We just like come this up with an idea, class. and then it's just like infinity money, and then these cons make it, and then the charges loads, <laughs> and then we pay it. Yeah. Great. And then we're home for the weekend <laughs> to the Buddy Ranch. <laughs> it's great crack. I love me life. Do you love your life? I love me life. Who's going to Vegas for lunch? <laughs> this began, uh, this, this switch to military uh, contracts kind of started just before World War II where they were supplying Hudson bombers to both the British and United States Air Forces and at the same time were supplying Model 14 Super Electras uh, to the Japanese Imperial Army. See, because you can't get a dynasty if you're not selling to both sides, man. Really, yeah. Like the Bush dynasty, Nazis and Americans. Because I hear the like, Ford dynasty, Nazis and Americans. I, the Rothschilds dynasty. Yeah, I could keep going. Who was the Rothschilds dynasty? <clears throat> Nazis, Americans. So Napoleon. <laughs> um, yeah, like that always reminds you of. I, I I only found out recently that like uh, a bookies, if they're taking like too many bets on something, will then place bets with another bookies in order to like spread. Mm. The, the the chance of crashing so again if you're if you're f- providing military equipment for war you kind of want to sell to both sides because one side could yeah. lose and then not pay their debts lose real quick yeah yeah <laughs> so by supplying to both you guarantee you're at least going to get paid out on half the contracts 
Very <laughs> clever. You can't deny that. That's it. Spread your bets. It's very man. clever. I wonder who thought of that. Yeah. I wonder if they give like guns on credit, guns on tick. I was like, oh. I don't ever, think they do in Africa. I think there's certain countries no, that can get them, but I don't think in Africa you can get them. <laughs> I'll pay you when I get my wages on Friday, Matt. Come on. Western Union transfer. Like, I no, must no. liberate myself before I can pay you. Uh, that's not going to work for us. I'm waiting on a chick from a prince. He emailed me last week. <laughs> Have you ever watched the movie War Dogs? Uh, has Jonah Hill in it? No, and he pl- no. I watched Lord of War with Nicolas Cage. Yeah, that's my war. I'll help you with your little revolution. <laughs> <laughs> Good Cage face. Yeah. War Dogs is the same shit, man. It's just two guys who are going. They're looking through the fucking military catalog, and they're selling like doing a buy and sell. Yeah, selling mm. eight hundred thousand uh, dollar, you know, weapons for for a hundred thousand, and buying them for a hundred and selling them for three hundred thousand, but doing millions of them, like. Buying all the bullets at at cost from fucking, you know, Slovakian manufacturers and sell them to the army because there was a rule where you had they had to send out the tender to all the the different arms companies or whatever. Um, the way the military is organized, like it's it's just made to make money. And you talk about the military industrial complex; Ooh. it's all of those three industry. things. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it, war is a business, and this was good business. Yes. So much so that uh, in 1995, you may know them better, really, as Lockheed Martin. Yes. Mm. And in yeah. 1995, they merged with the other aerospace manufacturers, Martin Marietta, to become Lockheed Martin. And they released the best album of their career. <laughs> with the Bloody Smith Black Mombasso on the, on the back of vocals. And usually concept albums are so shitty. Oh. Oh. But uh, today, Lockheed Martin are the number one contractor for the US Department of Defense Folk. receiving nearly 10% of all contracted funds given out by the Pentagon every year yeah. and if that teaches you anything kids it's get in early yeah. get in while get in early good. and put bets on both black and red equally mm-hmm. and you can't lose that's like billions and billions and billions every year yeah because yeah. it's about 600 billion now the US defense budget and if they're getting whatever portion of that is being given to contractors, they're getting 10% of that. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, Shit, I believe, the, what, the money that the Americans spend on like their military is as much as the next 26 countries down. Combined. Combined, exactly. Yeah. So like, it's, it's fucking just crazy. And, and all, those, all those 26 countries are their allies. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Exactly. I was going to say, don't forget, Lockheed Martin will sell to the Japanese or oh, fucking yeah. anybody anyway. They don't care. Lockheed Martin don't care. God. They love, really don't. I'm I love that Bill there. Hicks bit when he's talking about like, America's the biggest army in the world and then like the second biggest army and then, and then after like the fourth biggest army there's a real sharp drop off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's like the, the, the Buddhist guys in airports handing out flowers are like the fifth biggest army or something yeah. like that. Fifth place should be a rest of the world yeah. team. Yeah. 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 It's like the nine lads sitting up in uh, Collins Barracks up in Dublin <laughs> with a fucking ornamental tank going, we might, lads, we might. That is like the Division Three armies yeah. of the world, you yeah. know? Just they scored a goal once. Oh, we're going to get relegated this year if we yeah. don't blow up a few lads. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the, the Lockheed Martin then were... were mm. unrivaled. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a quick output. history of Lockheed Martin. The, the mm. skunk works is their internal sort of think tank division. Yeah. So they, they had an advanced development programs division, uh, but that's a bit of a mouthful. And uh, that was actually born out of a July 1938. This is how far back this goes. In July 1938, they received a contract from US Air Force Lieutenant Benjamin Kelsey uh, to build a high-altitude, high-speed, newfangled type of, of airplane that he wanted to call a jet fighter. Mm. So something that could fly really fast, really high, and shoot guns out of it. 
and this is like the 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 prequel to the Red Baron or something like that. (laughs) Well, this was the the prequel to the P-38 Lightning. Ah. Uh, That's what chief designer uh, Clarence Kelly Johnson, who we spoke of earlier, uh, that's what he designed. And this was the first ever jet to reach 400 miles an hour. Uh, he then followed it up with a, a plane you mentioned earlier, Gordo, the P-80 Shooting Star, uh-huh. which also became the uh, first American fighter to ever record a kill in combat. Boom. Oh. So this guy's really breaking, this, this Kelly guy we spoke of was breaking new ground when it comes yeah, to designing yeah. planes. He's like, you want the fastest? I can do that. You want the, the one with the most guns? I can do that. What do you want? What do you, you want the biggest? You want to put one inside another? I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, is a, he's really special. But... Uh, he he says that the skunk works then officially began in 1943 when when Johnson was given his own kind of team of guys to just go off autonomously and do whatever the fuck they want and and he called it the skunk works because that that was a, a slang term yeah. of the time of the late 30s early 40s which came from an Al Cap comic strip called Little Abner that I'm not familiar with myself Little Ab yeah but the the term at the time was was to mean like a, a secret a secret projects group with uh, within an organization that's given a high degree of autonomy. And un- unhampered by bureaucracy. Mm. So I think we learned that Little Abner was, was quite a, a highbrow publication. Yeah. It seems. Yeah. Maybe so, some, some lofty uh, ideas some going on. Inside information going on there. <laughs> Little Abner. But that's where the term skunk works come from. So yeah. at the time, it was just used for anything that's like, oh, you get to just go off and do what you want? Oh, you're running a skunk works over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, but it was, oh, it was okay. like billions and billions of dollars in black operations and black budget stuff, like real chainy wank material. And... They, they buried billions of dollars into these operations. And one of the ones that I found that was still relevant today, yeah. and we're going to backtrack a little after we talk about it's this. It's the Blackbird of today, essentially. It, it is, right? This one is, it's the Aurora Project, or the Ooh. SR-91. And this is the po- popular uh, code name for the hypothesized, so it's not actually, like, confirmed. This is unconfirmed. All right? the things we mentioned yeah. are now today confirmed. Pretty much. But... But they're, this one is still they're out ninety there. years old, so exactly. But this one's active today. This is a this is a, a hypothesized U.S. Re- uh, reconnaissance aircraft capable of speeds up to Mach six. Oh, yeah, that's three more than Mach three. Imagine yeah. that. They don't even have razors that fast. Exactly, six blades <laughs> for super smoothness. Um, but don't use them on your scrotum. Because uh, as soon as you do the first one, the skin just like puckers up like a meaty walnut, mm-hmm. and you you uh, as smooth as it looks on the ad, it will never it'll never get into the cracks and crevices. You'll end up, you know, <clears throat> just don't use don't. a face razor on your balls. Take it's advice, listener. This Learn a life just, lesson without yeah. having to and go definitely to the from experience. Definitely. So it was developed in the 1990s Dark. as a replacement for the aging. An Dang. expensive SR-71 Blackbird. So the Blackbird that we talked about, the, the Professor Xavier uh, commission to mm-hmm. the Lockheed Martin Skunk Works. It's famous as a stealth bomber. Yeah. Those mm-hmm. two inventions, very fit one, are two yeah, of the most yeah. iconic aircraft ever made. Yeah, you'd see, you'd see like the SR-71 silhouette and you'd be like, oh yeah. yeah. There's a Blackbird in it. Yeah. And the stealth bomber still, if you like look, oftentimes you pick up an action movie. Yeah. It's always the fucking stealth bomber yes. is like the plane of Carrying choice. the nuclear warhead to blow up yeah, New York yeah. if they have yeah. to. Sometimes you have to. Sometimes the spiders to. were everywhere. Fox One. Uh, some believe that this ultra-secret program, though, was cancelled before its completion due to the rapid advancement in unmanned remote vehicles and drones and these kind of uh, um, low-orbit satellite surveillance systems and stuff mm. like that that were less detectable and less expensive, obviously, yeah. to, to reproduce. So the SR-91, you're looking at between 200 and 300 million to, to purchase one or to have one constructed um, 
so it was abandoned yeah. apparently but does that mean that the plane was never constructed in the first place like was it was there never one made and do they have like does Lockheed Martin or does the people at Area 51 have aircraft that are capable of producing the results that UFO watchers claim to have seen in the night sky over Nellis Air Force Base in Area 51 and yeah. uh, Groom Lake and stuff mm-hmm. like that like is there an SR-91 that's that's you, these boys are fucking like Kaiser Soze for 70 or 80 years and then they have this plane that had they had plans for and they had infinite money and they never made it like is this yeah well, you am, wonder, I, am I crazy am or I crazy how far did it go on a line so obviously yeah it, it starts as guys sitting Someone down was at pay- a table it was paid for like, so why yeah. wasn't it made like well i'd imagine what they may have done is people sat down they talked about what they could possibly do probably got to development stage right where yeah. you're like drawn up because the mats once they have the mats right then it's just a case of putting it together so it's just how far did they get on that on that chain before it was cancelled? There mm. could well be a prototype that was taken Absolutely. out a few times, tested yeah. a few times, could well be. and people are looking up and are going, "That's a UFO!" Yeah, because it's going at Mach six, like it's because I didn't see any. Because you know, you have those one of the big claims of the UFOs is that they they just turn at right angles yes. and all this sort of stuff, and obviously, like a person can't survive that. I when I was looking over a spacecraft, there was we got to crazy fast speeds and like stealth and mm. um, you know stuff like that. But I I never in the declassified documents came across anything that had like a geometric and it had some sort of way that the human body wouldn't just fucking explode. Yeah, like a like a gravitational uh, alternator or altimeter. That you're, you're and inertia to, dampener. Yeah, an inertia yeah, dampener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, is that a thing? Yeah, that's, I, I, felt like about that I was searching for a word that it meant oh, nothing. I was just good. trying to find a thing. Inertia dampener sounds good. I was going to say right angle maker. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just Quick, like a set square. Use the right angle maker. It's like anything yeah, exactly. flat or a pencil. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, like, who, who's to say that they didn't make yeah, something yeah, like that and sure. it's all super secret? So the Aurora Project is, is one of only a host of these secret programs that the CIA, the Air Force, the Navy, and NASA have developed. But it's one of the most modern and most secretive and strange because... We haven't seen this SR-91, this fabled, uh, unproduced airplane. Uh, the others that we talk about later on, uh, they're documented ones. They're declassified since the mid-90s. But this SR-91 should be should be discussed as a baseline to the belief that UFO sightings could be explained away with super secret military technology. Mm. They absolutely could. I think I put money on it. Could it be kept secret? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like people said there was a fucking high-altitude spy plane. Mm. There was. Yeah. Found out yeah. years later. People said there was a fucking supersonic Blackbird plane. There was. People said there was a stealth jet. There was. It took 20 years to realise. Yeah. So now in the mid-90s... People mid- tell 90s, me there's a Mach 6 jet. In I the bet they're 90s, fucking Mach 10. They started, they started making these SR-91s. So 20 years after the mid-90s is... Well, around about now. Oh, okay. So we should so be finding out pretty soon. Any day now. The F-117 stealth fighter was kept a secret for over 10 years. Uh, it's in, in what's known as the Special Access Program we talked about earlier on. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, like these kind of programs are usually a skunk work or a secret black op. And the rules and restrictions don't apply when it comes to funding or the safety of the people involved. So if people are dying or, so, you know, billions of dollars are going missing. Where do you find the evidence that this stuff is happening? The SR-71 was uh, the darling of the aerospace community through the 80s and shattered speed records. On the 6th of March, 1990, flying from Dulles Airport to Los Angeles Airport. And uh, officially, it was being retired due to the exorbitant costs of production. So uh, each SR-71 cost 200 to $300 million per year 
to maintain per year. Fucking. And so this, this imagine, include this is obviously gas and shit like that as well. Like, yeah, so and repair all and all this yeah. kind of I heard they take they take fancy like fuel. They can't take normal fuel because it just explodes when it gets to certain altitude. So. Oh, they're one of those lucky ones that use veggie oil. <laughs> <laughs> Canola. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they can't call it rapeseed because it has yeah. like connotations. So the story goes, it was it was the SR seventy one was made redundant by autopilot drones and spy satellites. So why make the SR ninety one? Mm. Right, Lockheed Skunk Works is the likely producer of the uh, uh, the fabled SR ninety one, and they were engaged in several multi billion dollar black operations in the nineteen eighties and the late nineteen seventies. And examinations of the company income left gaps needing explanation. Lockheed had the sterling reputation of high risk programs and unparalleled secrecy when it came to projects like this. So if you need buys to keep the fucking mouth shut and make the best of plans. Lockheed Martin is your buy. Yeah. Like, that's what they have on their business cards. They have very few Best planes, mouth shut. Mm. Like, that's what it is, man. So, this aviation writer called Bill Sweetman, he states, quote, The evidence of 20 years of examining budget holes, unexplained sonic booms, and the Gibson sighting shows the program's existence, and there is evidence of current activity. Billy Sweetman found a $9 billion black hole in the Air Force budget operations that seems to perfectly fit the operations for Aurora and the development of the SR-91. That's $9 billion. That's uh, for those wondering what the Gibson sighting is, this is an oil exploration engineer, Chris Gibson, who was working on the oil rig Galveston Key in the North Sea when he saw a triangular aircraft refueling next to two F-111s on an aircraft carrier and he couldn't identify her. He'd never seen anything like this before. He said it was perfectly triangular and looked like a UFO. And it could be the reason for these hovering lights and you know, the the modern identifications of UFOs yeah, yeah. and the you know the X Files. You know, flies over like it's like brr, 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 and it's silent. That has the lights underneath it or whatever. Is this SR ninety one the UFO that we all keep seeing or that people keep seeing? You know. Now, interestingly, just as you were, uh, just as you were like talking about that i quickly just did a check to see if there was anybody like saying that they had seen one or they'd been Uh, an sr91 sr91 yeah and israelmilitary.net have you seen this yeah um yeah he says he doesn't he won't say when where how but he witnessed an sr91 uh, and he said he was allowed to inspect an sr71 hands-on as well which is there's a few people that have seen sr91s and since this um gibson sighting there has been a few others as well. Mm. Like people, people say they see this plane, and like Paul said, they said there was a fucking plane. Then there was. Then they there said was. there was another one. Then there was. Like twenty yeah, years yeah. later, like the shit comes out eventually. Mm. So then, do you think if it's real, yeah, yeah. If it's real, the truth will out. Can't be hidden. Well, you wonder since these out there. are truth declassified there. documents, potentially because the SR ninety one was made in the nineties, right? Yeah. Is this just something that's really shit cool and they're still sort of using it? And they're like, listen, just tell them we never finished. And that's kind of... You're telling me they switched to predominantly like unmanned drone planes in the in the 90s. I made it financially But I only really started unviable. hearing about drones being used in warfare in the mm. 2010s. Mm. Because You're saying they, they had drones for like because 20 years before that? Yeah, of course. They kept it secret. Oh, they're making drones Damn. like from the from the jump almost. They were yeah. looking into drones like it's crazy shit. After... after <laughs> After that poor lad got shot down over Russia, they gave him a smack on the bomb. They said, Gary. So, Polly, tell mm. us, the man of the hour when you talk about Area 51 yeah. is is the the venerable uh, Robert Lazar. Yes, that, that AKA was... A.K.A. Bob Lazar. That was the facts and figures and whatnot and what we know is official 
and yeah. what's suspected of the the modern day site. This but, guy is king of Ripley's, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, to take to take a turn down conspiracy road here and go a bit crazy, or not. Uh, the the real kind of magic in the the Area Fifty One conspiracy theories comes from the whistleblowers. Yeah, as always, as if you the the, the flavor, the color. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the the saffron edge mm. comes from like if you remember the Philadelphia episode, like Al Bielik. Yeah, there's not so much confirmed stuff about this and about projects happening in the Philadelphia shipyard, but my God, there was a man, a whistleblower, who told a tale. Sweet Jean Rosen. Yeah, <laughs> and we have something similar. Carlos Arredondo. Oh, Carlos Arredondo. Uh, yeah, Bob Lazar is the the Al Robert Bielik Lazar, of yeah. Area Fifty One. Right? Uh, yeah, I hope if he's listening to this, I hope he doesn't mind us saying <clears> this. Yeah, he's a silver fox now. I saw him. Uh, I saw he him is. in an interview from a couple of years ago, and he's he's really good at remembering stuff. He is really good. But at the it. eyes are very bright. The eyes don't uh, age, so he's, he's yeah. still got that stare, that forty yard bright stare. eyes. <laughs> tell a lies to the world. Bright eyes. No, not lies. I'm not off the mm. fence. So I mean, what? What did Bob tell the world? What well, was he about? Bob really uh, broke the extraterrestrial edge to Area 51 and a lot of people kind of credit him with this it stems from November of 1989 when he did an interview with the uh, the aforementioned KLAS TV in Las Vegas <laughs> uh, who apparently like, you know don't mind doing edgy, edgy yeah. stories yeah. <laughs> every now and then they're looking at the fucking aliens landing in Area 51 through the window in their lunchroom inside in the fucking radio station in Las yeah. Vegas like mm, and I've had enough of this this is yeah. class what should we call our radio website <laughs> I don't know class probably <laughs> <laughs> That's how they know. I also wonder. So there's a lot of dyslexic people that are on radio stations yeah, in America. Yeah, yes. What was she XP one two. No, no. KPBY. Terrible. So so George Knapp is like, I need Lazar. Yes, I need a big scoop of Lazar. And Lazar had a coming out party from Area Fifty One, right? Yeah, Lazar is an, uh, uh, George Knapp is an investigative reporter for KLAS, and he interviews Lazar, and this gets uh, played on primetime TV. This mm. this kind of uh, you know like a sixty minutes type interview where it's yeah. the forty minutes of the episode is built around this interview, and he has a very Bill Gatesy from the eighties face on him and everything, and he's yes. in, a, mm. in a hotel room, and it's like videotape with the you know the tracking is coming down through the yeah. thing, and the you can sound tell is like a bit gammy. There's a you know, a not well-tailored polo shirt being <laughs> yeah. worn. There's those kind of... What did you call those glasses? You know those... Like National kind of, health glasses. Yeah. <laughs> he had a pair of them glasses that it's like... I guess could have been I, called... I laugh so time. much because I had to fuck a pair of them for about five years, man. I looked like uh, Jack Duckworth. But like, National I looked like glasses. a 12-year-old Jack Duckworth, man. Oh, it's totally fucked up. He's Dennis <clears> tailoring hard. But uh, he claimed to have been uh, an Area 51 man. Right. Mm. So uh, according to him... Uh, he 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 worked there, uh, and he was an, an expert in anti gravity propulsion. Right. He was as a couple of other people have claimed to be. He's not the only whistleblower who's claimed to have like cracked the propulsion system for UFOs. So broken Newton's laws of physics. Yes. And created an anti gravity. Like he must be super qualified. Yes. I don't give the same kind of answer. It uh, you know it's a, an anti gravity machine that creates an, an, a negative gravity field in front mm. of the the craft which it kind of falls into you create didn't, a void didn't he mention something about uh, using some sort of antimatter energy to power itself it's a centrifugal yes. flux and engine it's called centrifugal, centrifugal flux, flux engine. but yeah. isn't it principles of antimatter Bob Lazar did have a dark matter-esque feel like in future dark Mama. matter that was that it power- that wasn't yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. well no I, it wasn't dark matter but he did have like a super fuel <clears throat> that was powering the whole thing that's what right. I was trying to figure out because yeah he was talking about a fuel and I thought that it was antimatter that he said it was powered by yeah no, no but no. I can't I just can't remember whether it was dark matter or antimatter yeah or. the whole point is that it's a flux centrifuge and it's based off of like 
uh, <laughs> it's based off of the reverse engineered Roswell stuff. Oh, but okay. also Bob Lazar and other people have uh, portended that the Nazis had alien technology and they had developed these anti-gravitational spaceships, these mm. flying saucers. Yes. As they are known. You, cre- you create an empty space in the space-time continuum. Mm. And yeah. then the thing can go infinitely fast falling as the, the particles of existence, the space-time continuum, reform behind it and yeah. push it forwards. So you're, you're in a Very constant, simple system a constant vortex. It. Yeah. <laughs> in a con- exactly. In yeah. a constant vortex. And it can accelerate incredibly fast to, to any speed immediately. Yeah. Um, which in a way I kind of like. I don't know if you've ever heard of there's a, a thing called a mantis shrimp. A mantis shrimp. A mantis shrimp. It's a type of shrimp. And it's got like this, uh, these kind of arms on the front with like kind of big boxing glove ends on it. And it's got like the fastest punch in, in the animal kingdom. And in fact... Even it, faster it, than Bruce Lee? Even faster than Bruce Lee. It punches so fast that uh, it, it creates like a, a kind of a, a wave in front of its little little puncher that, that pushes the water out of the way. So there's actually a void. And it's under the ocean when it's doing this. It walks up to a crab and like punches at it and it creates a void. And then... In a, in a billionth of a second or a thousandth of a second all the water of the ocean comes crushing back into this tiny little void it's created because it's punched so fast and it, it, it essentially kind of catches fire for a second and gets up to about 5,000 degrees like surface of the sun temperature so he does like this kind of what? So it's a real life Hadouken? He does a Hadouken uh, fireball punch. I'm just watching the Mantis shrimp now. He's breaking a clam open. It's crazy. Yeah, he just, he just like sort of. It's it. like he's using Muay Thai because he has these little bent kind of things. So he just keeps elbowing the shit out of it. I couldn't break a clam shell if I like kept elbowing it. You so know? if you have a smarter has... every day or whatever, you'll see like super slow motion footage of this. So you'll, you'll see the tiny little bubble being created as it's it's traveling through the water so fast it creates a void where there's no water. It's just and there's no air because you're under because it's underwater. So it creates this void. And then as the water crushes back into the void so fast, it creates sort of a miniature underwater sonic boom. Wow. It's yeah. kind of cool. It's kind of cool. That is cool. It's pretty amazing. But I, when, I, when I heard Bob Lazar describing how anti-gravity works, I was kind of imagining that. I was imagining like, yeah, it it's, got, it's got a device that's, like, that's <clears throat> disturbing the things in front of it so much that there's just a void of existence in front of it. And it's just falling into that void. The force of... of being sucked into it. The force of velocity from the flux engine then would have to be at so fast if it's to go along the lines of the mantis shrimp physics. Yes. That it would have to be able to move so fast that it would cause that void in front of itself. Mm. Like, it's not a field generator. Bob Lazar's anti-gravity is not a field generator. Ah. It's a... It's a, it's a proper engine. An engine, flux engine inside. Mm. You're not creating a field outside. It's not like Philadelphia Experiment using energy yes. to create a, a The field natural energy of the universe. Move. Yeah. This, this is thing's like, like burning up some fuel to create... Huge amounts of energy. Of velocity, yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So, Lazard himself claims to have been a graduate of the California Institute of Technology. Claimed. And he also got an MS in physics from the Massachusetts Institute <laughs> of Technology, or MIT. As it's, as as it's, it's also commonly known. known. As it's yeah. more commonly known to, to those two alumni. Uh, he also says... MIT, the, uh, most famous for uh, creating really, really good uh, blackjack players. Oh, that's true, yeah. Really? Yeah. You ever seen the, that movie with the Kevin Spacey? Uh, I've it's called not. Pontoon. No, it's, not. it's a really good movie. It's called Pla- Platoon? Ponyo? It's called Pontoon. Yeah. Or Blackjack. It's called Blackjack. Jack mm. Black? Yeah. Jay, is Jack Black in it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 21! <laughs> You're thinking of Orange County. Yeah. Too many Jack Black films. Yeah. So, um, sorry, Paul, I interrupted you. With I was going to say, he, he also worked at uh, Los Alamos National Laboratory, which... Probably rings a bell with everyone. Like you've heard it mentioned a few times in a few other episodes. Yeah, what's that famous saying they have in America? Remember Las Alamos? 
Yeah. That's what they say, isn't it? I think they say General that Custer and in, all those in guys. In Mexico, and then whatever the Mexican for remember is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> General Custer is like Uncle Ben, is he? Uh, yeah. Like, or like the man the, from Del Monte. Yeah, like, he's like a yeah. food magnate. I don't know why they have like. Why don't they have General the Custer? Custer? General, General Custer. General Custer. You're like, oh, does he make like flavored Custer? No, no, no. no. Oh, he makes like, General Custer. Like Sergeant Mustard. Like. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the pantry with the candlestick. Or Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch. God bless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God bless. Did he though? I mean, our like, popcorn he, colonel is Captain Crunch not stolen valor? Has anyone checked <laughs> yeah. his his service record? Captain Crunch. Yeah, I think he's like a naval captain, or he's like Elron Hubbard. He's like he just got a boat and just put on a hat and said he was a captain. Because because W said that he served right, and he never did. So oh, he did. Oh, that's right. He was. He just around. Yeah, he was just chilling. He was around. Was chilling. Yeah, that's not really serving. Uh, count Chocula. Oh, he wasn't really in the army or the navy or anything. Well, a count is more of a. a of the realm, like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. They would have crossed paths and uh, private parts, I guess. No, mm. yeah, we stretched that out as far as it's gonna go. <laughs> private <laughs> parts. I do like that though. I yeah. do like that. Mm. Um, so yeah, he 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 went to MIT, yes. um, and then he went <laughs> he went to the California Institute of Technology, yes, <clears throat> and he uh, he also went to the. Uh, the the Reno School for Really Hard Sums. The Los Alamos National Laboratory. Yeah. Yeah, where the brightest minds go to do physics and one. And he said he was a physicist there. And he says that this, this system he worked on was reverse engineered from uh, alien craft from the Roswell crash that was recovered and is indeed being stored in Area 51, as you uh, surmised possibly earlier. Yes, and they take the parts out of it and go, how would this work? Yes, he said that they how- have a, a telepathic chair. That the device is semi-organic, mm. and the, and that that it, it's a telepathic chair, sort of like Avatar, I guess, in some ways. Like you or sit Jody, or you put your, your hair into the thing, yes, and then you go yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you kind of you connect as one with the with the craft itself. Or Jodie Foster in Contact. Oh, that's that's a literal sort of a chair, isn't it? No, no, but like the the, the craft <laughs> itself, like was just in her consciousness and what have you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is that maybe, what happens maybe not the same. Maybe not the same. Uh, so yeah, like I watched a, um, a seminar of one of these guys that was like, and I was there, and you were there, and you were there, and he he was showing all these pictures that he has on file of the actual spaceships and the prototypes of yeah. the Roswell crash, but they're covered in a tarp and they're mm. in like a hangar and there's a picture from like a security camera inside the hangar of Area 51 and he's like willfully showing them on YouTube I'll try and find a couple to send to the people like how is that not going yeah that's that's real or not real he's at a MUFO MUFON mm. and he's going like well it's a not enough isn't it it's like a, a blurry picture of a no this fun. is a fucking for serious like almost decent resolution picture and oh. it had like the numbers on the inside of the walls and oh. it had the shape of the ship and everything like and he goes yeah and that's the one from we recovered from Roswell and that's and I'm like how so are you it's clearly the inside of some kind of military facility yeah I was like how are you getting away with that shit like but then Bob Lazar comes out and he says that he worked for S4 yes S4 is a different facility to Area 51 yeah it's not on Groom Lake and it's not in uh, Homey Airport yeah it's, it's a few miles yeah, it's sitting about eight miles south of uh, of Area Fifty One itself, and it's on a ridge system. And uh, it's like he drew a diagram of it. And it, do you remember the base from the cartoon series Mask? Yes, mm. Crusaders fighting crime mm. all the time. Uh, do you remember or it was like like Barbara Streisand's house? Is that what Barbara Streisand's house looks like? Set in the side of a mountain, and it's all these kind of like sloping. Yeah. Thing. Okay, that's why he says S Four looks like. He said if you could get into the site, you'd notice because you'd see these like flat 
sections within the ridge oh. in in the bottom of the mountain range that's like these are the hangar doors that open automatically upwards wow. and allow the ufo craft to like the thunderbirds yeah exactly to yeah. appear or like even the the remember transformers the cartoon yeah, yeah, they yeah. live in the side of the mountain that kind of a thing like uh the you know bond villain-esque the whole thing is in the side of a mountain yeah yeah, and so he claims I, that it, like, like it, there's, a, there's a deep underground military base there. There's cabins that go down like 20, an S4. 20 stories. Yeah, an S4. And S4, S4 is, is so far unconfirmed, right? Somewhat. This mm. is in 1989 he's saying this. Yeah. This is not the first mention publicly of S4. The first mention publicly comes in the Majestic 12 document. Right. From 1988. Right. Uh, so it's... It's disingenuous to say that, like, he coined S4, or no one had said S4 until he came along. Mm. It's not really true. There was that uh, Majestic 12 document, which is, like, a supposed government document that was discovered by Bill Cooper and some other people in the the National Archives. Yeah. But uh, the FBI said that they did tests and studies on it and say it's a forgery and that someone had planted it in the National Archives to be found. MJ, was, MJ12, for yes. those who don't know, is basically the manifesto of this dark hand that powers the world and these 12 dudes, or more, Mm. are the men in the room that command the smoking man and X files yes. when the split in these in society the, happened yeah. when the aliens showed up and then some people were put in charge of dealing with the aliens and they sort of created their own external government to the governments yeah. of the world that deals with the aliens and is beholden to no one the head of the deep state let's say. type idea it's yeah. the Majestic 12. Majestic 12. Mm. And, and that, that, talks about, you... that talks about a, a facility called S4 mm. in the Groom Lake uh, A year before Bob Lazar makes A year before Bob Lazar yeah. says that, that he worked in S4. And that he worked out, he was he was brought down there and shown the alien spacecrafts. Uh, he said they were generally all disc-shaped crafts. Uh, they had metallic skin that could become completely transparent. Um, and was kind of malleable to the touch. But if not touch, would go back into into normal shape I have many years malleable after the- to the touch reminds us of the weather balloon materials yeah that were that oh yeah were from Roswell, Roswell, Roswell. Roswell. Yeah. Yeah. that turns out it was just tinfoil and balsa wood <laughs> oh yeah just tinfoil after they brought it back right of course yeah. uh, he also says he goes he goes on to more detail about kind of what's going on in the world he says that these aliens come from Zeta Reticuli the binary star system which is uh, known as Reticulum it's a constellation in the southern hemisphere yeah. to all our Antipodean listeners you probably know what I'm talking about. Uh, well, those two stars you see that are part of Reticulum are, in fact, a binary star system. And the second star, uh, the one on the right, I guess, has uh, uh, four planets around it. And the fourth planet from the sun is home to these grey aliens, uh, uh, the Zeta Reticuli. And they, they are the ones that uh, are dealing with this here. They're the classic grey aliens that you know of. I don't even need to describe them. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Textbook grey aliens. Textbook. Textbook. And he says that their system is 30 light years away from Earth, but that's no issue because, uh, uh, or 30 billion light years, pardon me, but that's no issue because they can, you know, they can travel outside of space-time. space-time. They can move pretty damn fast. It sounds maybe a, a Peter Pan-esque, the second <laughs> star until right and straight on until morning yes. for 30 billion light years. It's a bit, it's it's sounding a little far-fetched and it's sounding also like it's nothing new. But also it's Peter Pan. It's nothing other people hadn't said before. Yeah. Because Peter people, Pan was a sprightly chap who, who would live for a really long time. Maybe Peter true. Pan was a grey alien from Zeta Reticuli and he was able to give his fairy dust Certainly to, this Jesus character was. If there are, if there are these aliens... That have been visiting us. Yeah. Certainly, this Jesus character was an alien. Surely, uh, he sure. he was quite he a nice space Bible. He was quite a nice alien, though. Oh yeah, yeah. Anything I've read about him, super nice. Yeah. Well, the ones that like put Some stuff in your bum. That. Jesus didn't put anything in anyone's bum. Yes, that we know of. Hey, now, a lot of people couldn't read and write in them times. Who's gonna? What are we gonna do? Go to the the Israeli Gazette or something like that? Mm-hmm. I'm going to the Jerusalem Journal. Do you know? 
<laughs> man who claims king of Jews, you know, fingers young people in the town square. Return of the son of David. <laughs> You're going to have to be careful now that I will blasphemy law. You get caught up on that one. You get yeah. caught up on that. Mm. I think we're only quoting the Hebrew Times, though, aren't we? Of the year, <laughs> yeah. So the I don't Jer- know if they can get us on the libel. The Jerusalem Journal. Yeah, yes. oh, Jerusalem Journal, pardon First. me. You have to go over there. Yeah, the Hebrew Times is very uh, liberal, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so it's fine. I wouldn't worry about that. <laughs> but uh, this is now, now, here's the moment where Lazar pulls a John Titor. So if you remember, folks, John Titor became famous because he said something about the IBM 5100. And what he said turned out to be true, that it could be used for programming other computers. Yes, eventually, yeah. So Lazar said, uh, and this is back in 1989, that that these these crafts are being powered by an as-yet-undiscovered new element. That would be element 115 and was capable of powering these anti-gravity machines. He said in 2003, an element 115 was first synthesized and named Moscovium. 50 atoms were created, um, and it was a joint US and Russian team um, that created this brand new element never before seen in nature. In December 2015, it was recognized as one of four new elements by the Joint Working Party of International Scientific Bodies, the IUPAC and the IUPAP. That's a type of smear, I think. And on the 28th of November 2016, uh, so only very recently, it was officially named that Moscovium uh, is, is now officially element 115 and it's an extremely radioactive element uh, its most stable uh, known isotope is Moscovium 290 and it has an incredibly short half-life of only 0.8 seconds she's nearly be so, gone before you looked at it exactly so to collect up lots of it he said that they had a stockpile of uh, 500 kilograms of it on in S4 and that each of these ships would be powered uh, for I think 100 years with about 2 kilograms worth of fuel and that they were generally loaded up the fuel tank was about 2 kilograms worth Okay. So this is where a lot of people like. Well, first of all, it's very. Let's it's give very him that, uh, that. Someone saying in 1989, there's going to be a new element 115 on the periodic table discovered, can and I, then in 2016 okay. we have yes, a confirmed uh, hands up, about I, this as well. Can I ask you? You go with your question first. It might be the same question. Well, my question was: He was saying this element was going to be called like a new element 115. He just said it was going to be added as element 115 into the periodic table. Right. But is is this just that the next element has yeah, to be it's the same? So like, question I was you're going to have element one one four, one one five, one one six, one one seven, one one eight. My precursory knowledge of science. No, I don't know because like, no, I don't know either. Because actually, as we're saying this, I'm looking at the periodic table, but it yes. only goes whatever I'm seeing, and I don't understand sh- anything about science. It only goes up as far as one o three. Oh, but I'm assuming these are maybe a different. Are they group in numerical order though? Uh, they are. Yeah, yeah so they are. Oh, okay. In 1980, there was probably like the ones you learn in school, which is like the 90 whatever. So he knew within his lifetime, eventually, they were going to get to a, a, a 115. Well, yeah. Is that good science? I wonder like... Well, look, element... Are, one, there, are there some good scientists listening to this now going like, yeah, but like predicting there was going to be... What did you say? 103? Predicting there was going to be 12 more elements discovered over the next... Yeah, but look at this. 20 one years is like, quite a gamble, actually. Flerovium is element 114. It was discovered in 1998. Right. So, so at that point, them, he's rubbing them, his hands. He's like, I'm getting close. Took them four years to discover Moscovium. Yeah. yeah. 2003, so, they first synthesized it. So let's see, just out of curiosity. So that's element 114. Element 113 is Nihonium. And that, okay, now it doesn't make sense. That's that, a Japanese element. That was it? discovered in 2003. So now I don't understand how the, I thought it was like increments. Because ah. that's 113, but it was discovered in 2003, according to this. Yeah, but maybe it's their place in weight on the... On yeah, the, potentially, potentially. Because helium is like the first one, and that's like the... 
or hydrogen is the first one and that's like the light so when another one comes in it has to go numerically to the order of yeah because you have your where it goes there's people that have done like just basic science class. Your atomic weight. Right they're they're pe- tearing their hair out. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're going crazy. We don't claim to be scientists. Yeah. All right. But I, I, I think my guess of its atomic weight yes. would probably dictate it. That sounds like yeah, a thing yeah, that's true. Sounds about right. And that's just, I never did science in school, believe it or believe it nay. Uh, all I believe this it. Is from my, <laughs> hey, shut the fuck up. This is all <laughs> from my all. Um, precursory <clears throat> knowledge of, of rudimentary science. But presumably then, it's still the same it's like, still the bottom still of the, the table. It's still the heaviest element, thing, then. right? It's still like, like what I mean is that if someone finds a new element and he's like, "Oh, it's gonna, it's one one five, but its weight is in the middle, then it has to go like the number seventy two. Yeah, but now yeah. there's fifteen. But when when he said when two thousand when when one one three was discovered, it was in two thousand and three, right? One one three was discovered in yeah two thousand and three. So so was there a uh, a one one four? already on the board this is what i'm trying to find there may have been elements because maybe the 114 when it was discovered in 1998 was 113 and, and when the new one come in because it was heavier it went to the next level you see that yeah yeah so they're only the only elements they can synthesize now are heavier and heavier and heavier ones i'm, I'm guessing so 115 was discovered they're more so. complex 115 is covered in 2003 all right and all right let's let's look try at this doing science by child logic here i love that it's like because like like the simple answer is this, so but hey, that's logic for you. I was just saying. I'm it loving it. Back. <laughs> Element one one two is closed today. It's in a uh, five seven three five Main Street, Sylvania, in uh, the USA. Oh, I'm getting it up. So element one one two joins the periodic table. Copper yeah, that was 1996. So that is before. So you're you're probably right that it it just superseded the other one, and that's why it was discovered later. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that would have been element one one three became element one one four. So in which case, if you just name an element that's not been found yet, and it's potentially, heavier, it's heavier. Yeah, it has See, to go to the end. Who the fuck needs quarter? Not us. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we're wrong. If we are wrong, let us know. Info at those conspiracy guys is the email. Uh, send it in send in your corrections and uh, if you want to make fun of us please do it in public on <laughs> facebook.com slash those conspiracy guys or at t conspiracy guys on twitter I really don't mind being maybe made you can, fun of maybe you can send that by that my, to, uh, for to, my scientific knowledge I feel like this is the smartest thing we've discussed all day yes yeah. <laughs> you know this Possibly. was just trying our hardest mentally all day yeah, yeah. but I uh, send this clip to Neil deGrasse Tyson so he can send us back a message saying shaking my head <laughs> yeah shaking my damn head uh, yeah so uh, uh, Moscovium was discovered and this is the thing that they throw into the petrol tank yes now this highly things. radioactive but this is what made him famous really po- p- less than a second of a half life highly radioactive element is fuel for this ship according to him so if the half life of it only has 0.8 of a second surely mm-hmm. 100 years wouldn't 2 kilos wouldn't last for 100 years it's, even even it, collecting 2 kilos unless it's in some hard. kind of a stasis like it it's, was just, remember they, they've only synthesized 50 atoms so far it's very hard to synthesize <laughs> you're talking about uh, you know them things that fire particles at each other at the speed of light or whatever yeah you need one of them yolks yeah there's one in Los Alamos but uh, maybe it was you have to keep yeah. it running day and night to, to get that to happen maybe Bob Lazar was working off a, off a secret periodic table that they had mm. of stuff yeah, that, I don't know, man. Well, let's go a little more into his uh, claims. He he brought a lot of scientific talk. When you look at his videos, there is a lot of like, there's a whiteboard behind him and he's drawing stuff up and he's like, <laughs> just imagine. <laughs> That's Sorry, I just said, 
just the way you said that it was like look I know he's a legitimate scientist because when he was talking there was a white war behind him he was drawing shit on Squeaky it lines. he's like a total scientist and it's and, and also in like, a white coat and I had like <laughs> pencils in the pocket and the sharpie wasn't all over like the cuff of his sleeve so yeah. I know he's written on whiteboard he before. looked most like Egon from the Ghostbusters than yeah. any of the other Ghostbusters he had glasses with like tape in the middle bit where you put it on your nose he looked completely unfuckable (laughs) (laughs) Uh, funny you should say that Uh, (laughs) but uh, he did he had a lot of scientific talk about fusion reactions and delta waves and uh, anti-gravity space-time bending all right now I'll just turn it back again type talk and Preston Nichols type talk I just want to just for the audience just to, to, to that drop of levity We've done an episode on quantum physics and the simulation theory. We've done an episode on, like, uh, time travel, right? And we just spent, like, four minutes of this show trying to figure out how the elements of the fucking periodic mm. table are numbered and why. Like, but starting show from you zero the, and kind of maybe working it out just by looking at it? Yeah, but I, I fear not. And I fear the people are roaring laughing at us now going, these are fucking Do you know what the other part of it? As we've been discussing this, none of us have actually typed in how our... The, the elements See, we even, so we can even figure out yeah we don't even know how no, to use Google properly again. Right? it keeps trying to get and, it to register and these these <laughs> but like Bob Lazar can come up and like repeat some stuff that he heard that sounds scientific yes and yeah. I sit there nodding my head it's really easy to do I yeah think. totally <laughs> It's really easy to pull a shifty on, on some people. Absolutely. And I think we're proving we are as human as all the humans. So the he Maybe have, even more human than the other humans. I think a little in bit some more. Ways. A little bit more human. I'm a little bit more human than most like, people. Are we, are we saying that we have more chromosomes? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> so he was part of Majestic uh, Majestic 12, or was did he have access? No, no, he, uh, yeah, he, like, as, as uh, proof of his claims, right. he provided an ID, a Majestic ID. Uh, so it's basically like this white card with two blue lines on it, and it said Majestic ID on it, and it has his name on it. Uh, and that's it. And uh, <laughs> that sounds. Legit. And he says this gave him access to the Papoose didn't say, like, Ridge, library or a... no, no, I didn't say. Oh, it did. It had it like it had S four, um, like W O A. It had a couple of different insignias on it. Of, right. I guess different clearance levels that he right, had. Right. So he was showing this card as like, I got, I got all four because there's like four spaces on them and all four of them are like filled up. And he's like, I got a uh, top clearance on this. Like. Right. And I was like, that's a nice card. It looks kind of cheap. I mean, I know this is 1989, but, like, it looks like something I made when I was, like, 15 and went down the beach to try and get in and get a get a beer or whatever. And I had, like, a fake ID. Yeah. But I, yeah. I made it myself. I took a usage card. Like so a vintner's ID. And, 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 like, it's probably totally legit, then. It probably is totally legit. It's probably totally legit because it looks really dodgy. Actually, do you remember, <laughs> do you remember we were talking about that National Geographic Area 51 declassified yeah, documentary yeah, yeah. we were watching and uh, there's a bit in that though where they say that at the time what they did with top secret documents and classified documents is they didn't print they didn't top even secret say they were top secret so that they just it, had like the, it, the general funny, words because there must have been such a weird mix it sounds like a place is run appallingly badly because you have like we said the NASA uh, astronauts take the picture and they're like what the fuck are you doing don't, don't picture that we can't yeah. have that and then the other guy's like if we just like don't say that it's secret then people might just be like oh there's that's nothing nothing to see there Mm. and the same guy is like yeah and it's like but a few years ago didn't you like make us publicly tell nasa not to put any of that shit up and he's like yeah that was then isn't this the complete antithesis of that (laughs) listen i don't need you busting my balls in here you're insubordinate 
But you know what I mean? Like it doesn't oh, really yeah. make full sense. I couldn't understand it? that bit. Like it's like it's like we don't put any any uh, you know emblems, any any seals or anything on them. We don't put classifier top secret. You wouldn't really know what it is. It's just a bunch of words. So if anyone mm. just leaves them in a bar or something, and someone finds them, they'll probably just throw them in the bin. And I'm like, that's. How no, you handle? Wasn't there another that's, part? That's like a, a Hillary Clinton style of handling classified documents. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't there another part about that? Those, those classified uh, documents, some of them, it was just the first page of the particular document was in this thing that was released in 2013. So like, it it was gibberish anyway because it was yeah. like serial number, blah, blah. Like yeah. it didn't actually say anything, you know? I don't know. I suppose actually, yeah, in that sense it does actually work. Because you could still look at all of these released documents about uh, Area 51 and be like, what the fuck's happening? I'd be so bored. Yeah. I'd be so bored. I'd hate to be someone in the National Archives having to pour over stuff. Like Bill Cooper. And then someone tells well, you, like, have your, to love your it. Majestic 12 document is fake. And you're like, I spent a year looking for this. Yeah, you'd have to love that shit, man. You'd have to be sure, really like sure. hunting for the truth, you know. You have to be Nicholas Cage in National Treasure, I think. <laughs> yeah, in there with lemons all over the place. Like oh, I'm gonna get my answer, yeah. and it could be good. And it could be good for you. Yeah, I can't wait for National Treasure Three. Mm. Did they make a sequel? They made a National Treasure Two, and it's it's quite good. Oh yeah, I, oh, I actually right. I didn't. He hate... goes into um, the heads. What do you call it Mount Rushmore? Yeah, I didn't hate National Treasure One. I don't think I saw the second one. I didn't hate it. Like it was fine. It was I love National Treasure. The kind of thing of like when I was a young adult, that's the kind of book I would have liked to have read. Yes. Those kind of like fancy if, if adventure you read things. books, especially if, <laughs> if you read books. He just caught me. Boom! I did read. Been books waiting, when I was all uh, waiting all day. Waiting all day. But what was it going to give you? An example of a book that just for a twelve-year-old? You didn't fucking want that. <laughs> and books that I are like include Winnie the Pooh and Barry sail a paper boat. I'm like, how come Pooh's always taking other animals off into the woods when they weren't any pants? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's uh, he doing in them woods? That piglet likes oh. him too much. So, like, is Lazar legit? I don't know. He says Bob the, legit. He says at the time he was working there, he was working on one project, but there were three concurrent projects. And he says there was Project Galileo, which was his project, the gra- gravity propulsion mm. one. Uh, he says there was Project Sidekick, which was a neutron beam weapon utilizing a gravity lens, so like right. a death ray. Uh, everyone with the death rays. Loves and then he says <laughs> there was Project Looking Glass, which was uh, if you remember that déjà vu with Desmond Washington. Washington. It was essentially that project. It was to to bend space time in order to look back in time. That I think can be done. Yeah, I think yeah, I would believe that would be like hard a television to be done. or you could look back and re-see a moment in in time and see what actually what, happened. Where would you see it from? Oh, sorry, I mm. thought you just meant remembering stuff. No, wasn't it? What was? Isn't what that was not what it is? Like, yeah. isn't that how you how, go back how, in time to to, to see things? No, that you have see happened? something that maybe wasn't captured. You see something that you weren't there. Or... Oh, sorry, I thought you just meant sitting in the chair and just remembering stuff. <laughs> How would you? How? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out this because that's totally possible. This yeah. looking glass, looking. Yeah, you can totally sit down and just remember shit. Yeah. yeah well, like I said, he has a whiteboard and he draws a diagram of it. Well, that's a fair. And point. he shows like that point A in time and point B in time, and then he shows a line between them, and then he scribbles out the line and he goes, "You see?" And I go, "Oh yeah." I'm just trying you just to use the line. Where would you look back in time from? Do you like present? Like, no, I understand oh. you would be in the present, looking back in time. <laughs> what I mean is like. On like, a telly? How are you? Yeah, like, but where? Oh, how are you? you for example, if you. Is it like the machine in that Ben Affleck movie? Well, just Paycheck? imagine it's a camera for a second. Like, where, which point does it enter so you can see the mm. time? Like, where. Is it like the Keanu Reeves film, The Lake? Because in Deja Vu, there was an actual camera that they needed to use, wasn't it? So they would send someone out with a camera to the location now. And then it and could show you what was the, happening the there past. way back. Yeah, like something yeah. like that. That makes some sort of sense if he's just like. And then he's like, look, it's the past. 
Mm. The past. I'm just trying to figure out how. how like, yeah, I don't yeah, know. We, you know what I mean? we might do a small video on uh, Bob he, Lazar's claims. He, but no, he never went into sidekick or looking glass because he said he didn't work on those projects and he knew nothing uh, about them. Uh, and he said, like, "I'm a physicist. That's why I was on Project Galileo." And I is he know the only one about the other projects? Is he the only one that talks about looking glass? There's no one else in the world. No, that's never been mentioned <clears throat> ever by anyone else. Not that I found. Like no one seems to corroborate anything he Fuck. says. Unfortunately, that sounds like a great mm. uh, now project you remember we said he was being he was being interviewed by investigative journalist george knapp now yeah. george is not some loosey-goosey modern media man he checked his sources god damn it so george knapp got a phone book for los animals national laboratories and sure enough even though they denied lazar ever being an employee he was listed in the employee phone directory <gasps> at b lazar qed yeah had an extension number interesting lazar's pretty rare name it is it's not like he's Lazarus Pitts. Pitts. <gasps> uh, QED. Kid's been around a long time. Hey oh. Yeah. So so that's that's the thing then. He 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 did work there even though the government Well he seems to have this proof to back it up this, history. this book. And and to to finish off the story, like in nineteen eighty six, just before he went uh, public with all his claims, Lazar, legitimate businessman, started the United Nuclear Science Experiment and Supplies Company, uh, that sells a variety of materials including radioactive ores. Uh, neodymium magnets uh, as well as a variety of lab chemicals uh, and is now actually one of the major scientific equipment suppliers in the US and he has a channel on YouTube that squashes things with a hydraulic press oh he does that does he no oh <laughs> that guy's uh, Russian is he the press yeah, guy yeah yeah uh, but it's just the uh, today I'm going to crack uh, a neodymium magnet oh I remember that one that was because I thought it was going to explode or something yeah he buys them off Bob is that um, just in case anyone to, is uh, interested looking glass is a classified technology which is rumoured to be 10,000 years ahead of the public sector technology and is accelerating away from the public sector technology at a current rate of 1,000 years per calendar year uh, Signed device, A. Bielik. Best believe the, the device uses wormhole, te- wormhole technology to see into the future probability. Probability is highlighted because it's saying we don't know yet. Yeah. Probable, oh, yeah, you can only see d- d- probable, probable future. 67% chance this will be the outcome. So like you sit in a chair. And then you have to change what pie you have so, for dinner that so day. So you sit in a chair and you like you, you imagine what's going to happen in the future or you remember stuff in the past. Like that's a brilliant time machine. Well, the technology is derived from cylinder seals that slightly predate Sumerian time frames. And in them is this wheat and uh, yeasty liquid and then you drink four or five of those cylinders... And then you're able to have more imagination of what's going to happen in the future, but the probability of it coming true is much less. There are strange just, hieroglyphs yeah. on the side of the cylinders that say the, the, four the way, loco. Uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, way, the way that this is described is, I'm only kind of skimming it as we're talking, right? I was talking so, about cans of beer, by the way. <laughs> sorry, I was reading this. I wasn't even listening. The, I apologize. Um, right. So these are cylinder seals that predate Sumerian time frame, right? Uh, like that had the diagram of how to do this or they're part of the machine some of the information was recopied in Sumerian cylinder seals the information was a series of instructions for accessing wormholes wormholes which naturally pass in the hyperspace in which we find ourselves and then he just says this like like it's obvious and from there scientists worked on the technology (laughs) that's how he describes the UFO he's like well we had like the organic chair that you would sit in and would connect with your mind so from there we just built a propulsion engine and I'm like whoa 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 you missed a few steps there whoa (laughs) that's like that's like step one futuristic alien technology step two a good idea step three (laughs) I don't know step four 
Space. Yeah. <laughs> Two and a half rolls of duct tape. Yeah. That is yeah. mental. That's Great propulsion engine. If you guys just get these cylinders and uh, just maybe do some science with them and then we'll have a wormhole to see into the yeah. future or past. <laughs> you know, that's, that's like what? Uh, that's anyway, brilliant. Anyway. I think... Uh, we should mention one more thing about Bob Lazar, but it sounds like we're doing a bit of a snow job on the guy. No, I, I like Bob. I, I think, like his hope. I think okay. Just in in in. And now it's 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 slowly crushed in front of him. <laughs> yeah, feel the like a Neil Demian magnet <laughs> under the press pressure, three hundred foot tons. Oh lord! Uh, today on the hydraulic press channel, uh, I will be crashing Bob Lazar's hope. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, hydraulic press is not working it's as not, it should today. It's not good for this. <laughs> <laughs> so what? What happened? Mm. Poor, well, poor well, okay. poor Bobby. For, for the sake of impartial information, yeah. Uh, in 1990, Bob was charged with pandering for an illegal prostitution operation in relation to one of two Nevada brothels that he was running at the time. One was fully legal and licensed. The other was not quite legal and licensed. Uh, he pleaded guilty and was ordered to 150 hours of community service. Slap oh, on the wristy. Oh, Bob. But he should have used looking glass to see into the future that he would have got caught. I think is is the most... <laughs> How bizarre. He's putting, on, <laughs> he's putting on his future goggles and he's going, Candy, I can see on Friday you won't gonna give me all my money, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> is Bob Lazar going to have to choke a bitch? <laughs> run, bitch, run. Save yourself. You better have my... Hold on a second. Have a look in those... Uh, <laughs> Uh, those metal cylinders and see if you can see me What's choking you What's the probability of Bob Lazar choking you to that, Candy? Do you want to know your future, Candy? <laughs> yeah, that's fucked up, man. So he owned mm. a brothel and he got stung? <laughs> yeah. Stung. Wasn't, uh, it's wasn't probably fully licensed and bonded. Owning a brothel just to do 150 hours community service. That's like three weeks of work. He probably yeah. made, made that money and no problem. Yeah. For that running an unlicensed prostitution, essentially illegal. I'm sure he made yeah, He also had a licensed trading. one, so... Yeah, yeah, that's the weird part. It's sort of like I have a bar that has an active license and then I have a bar that doesn't, but... Maybe the bar that doesn't... I'm, I'm not doesn't, giving up either bar. Maybe the brothel that does, doesn't have a license just to do all the dirty shit. Yeah. But uh, it's interesting that like the most believable part of a story is pimp. Yeah. Oh. I get it. Like, I'm not most believable. Oh. I could believe he went to MIT. I could believe Science he did this. Pimp. I could believe he worked here. But like, the one part I don't seem to be questioning because like, you know, you've seen the court judgment papers is pimp. They, they could be a pimp. Definitely word it much better. Literally Are you a pimp? Uh, no, I'm pandering for an illegal prostitution operation. <laughs> it sounds way better than pimp. Wait. P- Are you? P-I-L-P-O. I'm a pippo. P-I-M-P. Propulsion. No, I'm sorry. Moscovium. Moscovium. Plutonium. It's got it. And he's done. He also received, uh, I believe, a seven thousand dollar fine for uh, his his medical uh, and scientific supply oh, yeah. company. He was supplying products that were not; uh, they didn't meet regulation. You know, <laughs> they, they were they were they were giving sell. people like fish scales and shit like he that. He was selling bad coke and pimping. He pictures. was he was selling shit he shouldn't have been selling. That's class, he was man. Old that's eye classic. Eye. And then eventually he goes to like class TV and goes, <clears throat> "Hey lads." If I let you into the brothel for free for like the weekend, will you put me on the telly saying that I know how to, <laughs> I know how to make spaceships <laughs> for the crack, saying that I know how to make spaceships? Yeah. But did you hear? Because um, the George Knapp, 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 George Knapp, <laughs> <laughs> Knapp, Knapp, Knapp. Uh, he because when I was watching an interview with him, he was like, uh, they had that thing where they were like, mm, this sounds a bit dubious. Then George I was like. Well, actually, I know a guy who works in Area 51, and he talked to Bob, 
And he didn't ask him, like, about all the alien stuff. He was like, where's the cafeteria? What color are the walls? <gasps> Who's the- and he knew it all. Yeah. He knew it all. So if, you know, I vindicated him. Did he say beige? Because usually it's beige. It's it's like that uh, hospital white and, and loop-the-loop green. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, but there is, like, holes in Bob's story, right? Yes. Uh, what? Holes in Bob's story? What? what? People, people, because Bob got very big and very famous out of this, obviously. Big and, Bob, uh, they call him. And his story kind of rekindled in 2003 when Moscovium was discovered. Mm. So he, he, he did. He is one of the superstars up there with Al Bielik and Phil Schneider and these other luminaries of the, the conspiracy conferences. Like almost conferences, men. Yes. And men. Like, like all men who are, who are almost vindicated, they have their detractors. Yes. And quite... Um, Polarized men, they're either supreme heroes or they're terrible charlatans. Yeah, yeah. They're one or two other. But uh, probably Bob's most <sighs> vociferous critic is, uh, you may recognize this fellow, Stanton Friedman. Oh, He's yeah. A big UFO researcher in the game. And big eyebrow razor. <laughs> that motherfucker has some, like, doubtful eyebrows. <laughs> Seen him on the internet, he was like, <laughs> I wish we had a, wish yeah, we had a camera a James in the studio. Randy eyebrow thing. Yeah, James yeah, yeah. Randy face. Yes. Yeah, Friedman is is half believer, half skeptic. I guess in, in the UFO mm. world, he has this stuff that he believes in, and then he has this other stuff that's that's bunkum. And he really feels that Bob Lazar is bunkum. He has looked deeply into him and says that he has evidence Lazar lied about attending MIT that they've no record of him. Uh, he says he was actually he has uh, proof that he was taking an electronics course at Pierce Junior College in LA. Yeah, he's at spanked the time. him. He fucking spanked him. <laughs> he was supposed to be. Uh, <laughs> Studying there at MIT, right. which is not so good. And uh, he says, Lazar cannot even remember the year he obtained his master's degree. Uh, no professors at MIT remember Bob Lazar or have any photos with him. But Bob knows the name of one professor who coincidentally worked there at the time, but didn't teach on the course that Bob claims to be on. Yeah, that's, that's one thing I saw from the Stan Freeman uh, uh, interview, where he basically sits with, he sits back with his shoulders up and his eyebrows like w- a wiggling. And he has his his fingers like interlocked on the middle of his chest and he sat back in the chair and he just spanked the fucking shit out of Bob Lazar. And it's one of the great, like I watched, I'd say between Thursday and Friday, I watched probably five hours of Bob Lazar documentaries, including the full testimony. And then the other documentary that was done on him and his work. And in six minutes, Stanton Friedman pulled it all apart like a cheap jumper. <laughs> like it was just... All oh, right. There's a bit where... Uh, have you ever seen this, this clip where Al Franken and Bill O'Reilly are at a debate? Aye. And Al Franken just has a load of ammo ready that Bill O'Reilly's not ready for and just lets him have it about the amount of times the O'Reilly factors like lied about facts and stuff yeah. like that and just like tears into him and O'Reilly loses his shit. That's some funny shit well, right he's there. He's lost Bill, his Bill job, you Yeah, Bill O'Reilly's... Um, he was always a hothead. Mm. Yep, and then, then he got some hot fingers. Yeah, and then his, his warm, his, warm his fingers was dropped like it was hot. Mm. Happens, poor old Bill. Mm. Um, so, Stanton, so Stanton, yeah, he also he just, notes that uh, yeah. Bob he failed. He's ever failed to provide uh, a diploma from any of these colleges he attended, oh, yeah. or uh, a final thesis from his his master's degree at MIT. <clears throat> yeah, mm. which is a, <laughs> which is a different one. He also says that's that, not uh, that's not something Stanton. He actually he, in the quote of the video he goes, "I have many friends who attended MIT." And it's a privilege to attend an institution. It's a privilege to be asked. And it's more of a privilege to commence. So when you get a degree in physics from MIT, you remember... Something that happened. The year, the day, the hour. You remember. 
these guys know everything about their college experience and Bob yeah. Lazar knows nothing. Yeah. That's what Stan Ouch. Friedman said. Yeah. I mean... Straight to the bone. Like, I went to college just recently. I don't know if I'll remember it, like, you know, mm. distinctly, minute for minute in a year's time. Maybe even two years' time. I, I, I probably won't. But the knowledge I got and the people that taught me, I'll remember. You yeah. know? The colours of the walls... Maybe not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the experiences I had with those people and the connections that they made. Yeah, I remember that. And when Bob was like, who taught you? Oh, Jesus, I don't know. Uh, don't know. Uh. Like, think about, think Professor. back, <laughs> think back dear listener. Like, you remember your first ever teacher when you were fucking four years old. Yeah. And that could be like 20, 30, 40 years ago for some of you. But you remember their name and their face and how you, what you thought about them. And at least like five good memories. I just remember my kindergarten teacher. Mm. Like <laughs> you remember that shit, and Bob Desire's like, ah, one of those guys with the glasses. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like they've all got glasses. I'm That's a get, good bet. That's I'm, a safe bet. I'm not getting off the fence on Bob right now, no, but I'm but, going but the whole Area 51 UFO being able to like defy physics well, here, and anti gravity and shit like that. Here's what I think is the final nail on, on Bob Lazar's claims, which is again from Stanton Friedman. He says that he has proved that Bob Meyer, or Bob Lazar worked for a company called Kirk Meyer that was an outside contractor to the Los Alamos labs and that this would explain the reason that he had an extension number in the large Los Alamos directory. And there was a KM next to his name in the book. A KM oh. Lazar. No, no, it was Bob Lazar that the da, 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 oh, number Kirk Meyer. and then Kirk KM. Meyer, yeah. Suggesting his outside contractor company. Yeah, that Blam. was what was in the in the phone book was a KM next to his name. Yeah, but according Fried- to Stanton Friedman, so who are you going to believe? Friedman also said that he had barely a rudimentary understanding of physics, like as so, bad as like, us, like, as yeah. bad as us. Like, like, was was fu- I wonder if that element thing? He was like uh, one one. Four, if I just say what one, are we one on five, then we on surely now? if they, if something gets discovered, then it'll I'll yeah. win. So, is there any other the uh, whistleblowers or any other? Yeah, I mean, from- like, look, if you do a, if you do a quick tour, of let's the not internet, put a pin in Bob just yet, but just, yeah. yeah, if you do a quick tour of the internet looking for whistleblowers, I think one of the first ones you find is Paul Utz. Uh, UTZ, who says he's the son. This is with the. This is a video with the Disclosure Project. So if you go to their website or their YouTube channel, you'll see that Disclosure, serious Disclosure. Uh, he says that he's the son of an Area Fifty One technician named Paul Utz, his senior, uh, and he does an extensive interview uh, where he essentially kind of just describes something quite similar to what Bob Lazar or those first whistleblowers from the nineteen eighties that spoke to reporters said, which is, you know, we come from Monday to Friday, most people are bust in or some helicopter, some flown in. Yeah. He kind of just gave the story that his dad told him about his career, but then, uh, you know, there was a few, there was a few alien artifacts and whatnot that that were shown to him. Um, But all his accounts are completely secondhand. He's saying, this is stuff that happened to my dad and stories my dad relayed to me, like sitting at home. You know what I mean? Secondhand Um, information. Secondhand information. Uh, Next up on the list would be a fellow named David Adair. Now, I think a few of these people we're going to be going into in more detail, but uh, just briefly on David Adair, he's a rocket scientist who, this is all legit now, won an Air Force rocketry competition at age 17. So they had a competition, he won first prize certificate for creating a, a home rocket. But if you remember, like, ro- kind of home rocketry was quite big in, in the kind of early 60s, late, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For, for young teens to do something like that. And, Space uh, race was on. Yeah, and like yeah. science fairs and stuff, all that kind of jazz. And um, now, and now if you make a digital clock in school, they think you're a terrorist. <laughs> I think that's also dependent on on Hugh as well, though, isn't it? Uh, who's Hugh? Oh, you know. <laughs> Hugh's the thing that gets you pulled out of the line. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and David Adair, uh, he says that he went on to work in the space shuttle program. He says he developed a rocket propulsion engine that could go from zero to 8,000 miles an hour in four seconds. Fuck off, David. When he was still a teenager, and he was then recruited by Air Force General Curtis Emerson LeMay. Now, that name might sound familiar to you. You'll remember it from our JFK episode. Curtis Emerson LeMay was, at the time of JFK's uh, uh, presidency, was the Air Force Chief of Staff who was planning to do a supporting air raid for the Bay of Pigs Mm, invasion. And was was subsequently fired. Yes, and JFK pulled that uh, air support. The Bay of Pigs went badly. It was a complete fiasco. And Curtis LeMay apparently swore revenge on JFK and that... uh, this kind of thing wouldn't stand. Um, but anyway, that's apparently the guy that David Adair says brought him into Area 51. Uh, what a busy chap. Uh, he, he also says he invented the new type of propulsion, anti-gravity propulsion system. And he said he, he too was exposed to UFO, UFO technology at Area 51. And he too it's says... my lie. <laughs> he too says they've a telepathically controlled instantaneous systems uh, and sort of biological engines. Uh, one of which he saw was the size of a bus, but he managed to scale it down. Because um, this guy's like a proper genius. He was. He says that he he worked with Hawking just after he received his degree in physics. Uh, before the congenitive uh, muscular disease kind of put him in a wheelchair and stopped him from talking, he said that him and Hawking were good friends, and that uh, the two of them used to talk about how their mathematical theories and ideas came to them in dreams, and that Hawking described them as like brothers. So similar were their brains. Has Hawking said David Adair is actually legit? No, I couldn't really find anywhere. I saw a few posts in like above Tassiva forums and things like that where people said, I'm pretty sure I saw an interview where Stephen Hawking referred to David Adair, but I've never, I couldn't find any yeah. any connection between them. I'm going to look up these. We're going to do these things on uh, on YouTube and VidMe called uh, Player mm-hmm. Profiles. So they're going to be like top trumps of all the, the people involved and uh, all of these and guys. where they connect to. Yeah, their... who they are and what they did. So everyone's going to get their little player profile. Mm-hmm. And uh, David Adair's one sounds like it could be quite interesting. It could be quite a fun one, yeah. He also claimed that uh, at the age of seven, he began working on quantum physics. And that by 13, he made his first rocket that could go over 80,000 feet. Jesus, up. fair play to him. Um, yeah, now he actually testified. Remember the, the original disclosure project? Yes. He testified mm-hmm. at that, at that press conference. And when they went before Congress, he testified at that as well. So Stephen Greer thinks this guy's pretty genuine. Now, a lot of the information I said at the start where he he was um, a, a science whiz and a, and a rocketry um, kind of phenom in his early teenage years yeah. is true. He did yeah. win awards across America. So, I mean, his credentials are already more younger. impressive than yeah. Bob Lazar's, who maybe And he did is, work on the space shuttle program. There's, there's yeah. evidence he worked for JPL and NASA on the space shuttle program. But maybe Bob Lazar is perhaps, perchance, trying to steal this man's... Identity. It almost or? sounds like his story, doesn't it? It yeah. sounds like almost sort of the same story kicked out Pretty twice. Close, yeah. I mean, how many people can really reverse engineer the gravity propulsion engine from a UFO from Roswell? Probably not a lot. Mm. I know I can't. Or every guy that goes in there and looks at it, apparently. <laughs> yeah. There's <laughs> that too. Like, there's just like four <laughs> lads leaning over the open bonnet of the fucking Roswell crash going, check the spark plugs. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to all be men. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of the other fellas there's uh, Boyd Bushman who's a former Lockheed Martin engineer he died in August 2014 but in October that year a video was posted on YouTube showing Boyd making claims about having worked in Area 51 worked with UFOs anti-gravity he says the uh, the little five foot tall grey aliens were from a planet called Quintumnia uh, but he didn't specify where and he said they come in two factions what what the Air Force called Wranglers and Rustlers and the Wranglers were, were friendly and the Rustlers were aggressive uh, and he had pictures and stuff like that to prove his story. He had a picture of an alien. 
uh, unfortunately Reddit you know Redditors again mm. dug up a picture of uh, or dug up you know information of a, a small alien kind of keychain doll you can buy in Walmart for a couple of bucks that really looks like the alien <laughs> in this picture and it's fairly strange that the aliens because these little greys are meant to be like super intelligent and the big bulbous heads and stuff like that right and they're making mm. these crazy spaceships yet they are completely binary in their being and are either a wrangler or a rustler there's yes. no grey areas of morality yeah. <laughs> there's and just like goodies and and despite one being benevolent and one being benevolent neither has won and come to earth as like the dominant part of their race they came yeah. here and went we're kind of going to work. You give us one room and you give them one room. And we'll yeah. be Is there no, like, the did a wrangler ever have sex with a rustler and then they got a, they got a wrangler or whatever the <laughs> fuck. And it's it just, it was like kind of passive aggressive. Did anyone, like, did anyone ever there? accidentally go into the rustler bathroom when they were a wrangler and hey, oh. all hell broke loose? Oh. We don't like our kind around here, rustler. <laughs> I don't want to be called a rustler anymore. I only call a rassler. <laughs> <laughs> don't um, use the R word. That's our word. Did you just assume I'm a wrestler? <laughs> what? And uh, probably two of your kind of big boy UFO researchers in the game around Area 51 are Richard Dolan and uh, C. Ronald Garner. They're two fellas that have kind of dedicated their life to researching Area 51 and UFO. And they both have uh, a good few testimonial videos online with people, with anonymous sources and things like that. But, you know, people who are being filmed, deathbed mm. confessions, things like that. And it's uh, it's a lot of the story I think you already know. It's mm. the the tall whites or, or greys came to, to Eisenhower in, in like 51 or 55 mm. and uh, they they requested a meeting and the Majestic 12 was formed and uh, quite, quite a, you know, the the usual yes. kind of story. That kind of sort of fit to Al Bielik's story, sort of fit to Phil Schneider's story. They all yeah. kind of had a, a similar vertical integration of very similar to the disclosure project story exactly yeah sort we'll of what, what, what Stephen Greer believes is happening yeah and then uh, the big one who's, who's part of disclosure and one of the big hitters of disclosure is a fellow named Paul Hellyer who uh, you may have heard us mention once yeah. or twice before on, on Alien episodes. He is the ex-Canadian Minister of Defence. He was also Deputy Prime Minister under Lester Pearson, and he was Minister of Transport under Pierre Trudeau. He's also the founder of the Canadian Action Party, and he's the longest-serving member uh, of the uh, Privy Council of Canada, which is a lifelong role that you are uh, nominated into, and it's a body that was set up when the Canadian Constitution was first set up as a go-between between the monarchy of Great Britain and the government of uh, Canada, which of course is part of the empire. Yeah, um, Commonwealth. Yeah, part of the Commonwealth. Pardon me, it's not an empire anymore. Uh, on the 25th of September 2005, he appeared as a guest speaker at the ExoPolitics Conference in Toronto uh, and announced his belief in the existence of extraterrestrials that he and his wife had witnessed one outside their home, that uh, he had got information from being a politician that uh, the world has had contact with the extraterrestrials uh, that they're commonplace, that they're among us, that there's up to 80 different races that interact in the UN, that they share advanced technology and information which is being hidden and withheld from the public mm. that could fix a lot of society's problems. Um, and in 2016, just recently, he told the ET disclosure hearing as part of the Alien Cosmos Expo in uh, Brantford, Ontario, that uh, former Canadian government chief of emergency measures made a deathbed confession to him on Area 51 he said, I interviewed the previous chief of emergency measures who is now deceased. And he told me that he went to Langley and the CIA asked if he would like to see alien crafts. They flew him to Area 51. They let him go inside of a craft, observe it, make notes, that sort of a thing. But before he was allowed to go, he had to sign an oath of secrecy and not tell anyone. And during his life, he never told anyone, including his wife. But when an Air Force buddy phoned me and told me he was dying of Lou Gehrig's disease and that he, he, he felt that he had to get this off his chest. Because mm, probably, but Luke Eric's actually hard to breed. Mm. 
<laughs> so Paul Hellier is really one of the big boys of Disclosure yeah. and, and the, the Alien Conspiracy game. And he's, it seems to be... He's a guy whose credentials go all the way. Yeah. And through most of his life, he's been pretty open about the fact that he believes in UFOs. And he's like been Gerald pretty Ford. active in, in that as well. And mm. like we're, we're a man with a lot to lose, including a sterling reputation. Mm-hmm. And yet he's still willing to... And his position, to, his lifelong position on this council. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's still willing to risk it all to, to, to expose the truth. Mm. So with the Dis- Disclosure Project, we are going to do an episode on it, so we're not going to blow our load on this episode, most def. Uh, the Disclosure Project basically is a collection of uh, approximately, when it was launched in 2001, uh, a collection of around 400 first-hand witnesses to extraterrestrial and UFO activity that were collected together by Dr. Stephen M. Greer, who is still alive, thank God, after a uh-huh. couple of uh, crazy attempts on his life. and Some, uh, some weird, uh, some weird disease cancers and, and things yeah, this kind of stuff. His, his family. And he basically got all these guys together and at the press club in uh, 2001, in August 2001, only a month before 9-11. 2001, that's, oh yeah, mm, that's yeah, right. I was wondering yeah. what was so familiar about that year. And he, he worked for eight years to collect all those people together to give their testimonies and... They all came together and, and said, look, this I worked at this. I was part of the Air Force. I was part of the Army. I was part of the NSA or the CIA. And I believe that there are, you know, extraterrestrials living, living on the planet. And we interact with them on a regular basis and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And um, basically, 9-11 happened. It was all kind of swept under the carpet. Mm. And then in 2000. Ten, he came back with serious disclosure, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a, a new documentary movie. Yeah, there's a new documentary movie coming out Nick in during the summer. I think Ooh. it is undeclared. It's called, mm-hmm. and it's another like uh, another slot in the saga oh. of Stephen Greer. And hopefully, at one point or another, I will be able to get a an interview with him. I've been a fan since about two thousand and three. Uh, of his work and I do think that people on uh, I think the, the end goal is to, is to spend a night with him on Mount Shasta <laughs> yeah, in California trying to, trying to call down fuck yeah boy but he, he, he he's really switched on and he's kept the light shining like for this whole cause because it's a hard road like if you're pulling mm. out all these dudes like Paul Hellier and, and going okay are you with me this is a long hard road you know and Paul Hellier's going yeah 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 I'm, I'm willing to risk my reputation and 15 years later no, 16, 17, 16 years later, they're still at it. Like, that's yeah. dedication, still right? Still chipping away. But the whole ethos of the Disclosure Project is based on uh, three requests. One is the de-weaponization of space mm-hmm. uh, because they want to... That's a barrier between us and yeah. intelligent life out but there But it's in the also uh, a potential war starter mm. if somebody shows up and then they go, Shoot him! Shoot him! Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the second one is to reveal the existence of extraterrestrials to everybody on Earth and have us get used to it instead of drip feeding us through the media. And the third is they want to release all the re- re- suppressed technologies mm. or, you like know. New energy technologies, yeah, new they have technologies, new zero point energy techniques and stuff like that. New, that new medicines, new. Yeah. Uh, they have the cure for everything. Like that starlight right. stuff. Have you seen that starlight stuff? Is that the stuff? Check out Starlight. Um, S T A R L I T E. Some guy invented that. The stuff thing. you spray in your hair when you have a Jerry curl. <laughs> no, uh, oh. Char- Charlie Murphy took it to heaven. So, sorry, but um, no, it's like this um, coating that some guy devised. That's uh, like an incredible heat insulator. Apparently, oh, it can, yeah, yeah, yeah. It can, things can withstand like a nuclear blast yeah. if coated in Starlight. And this was like announced in 2003 or something. Yeah. And it's just it's gone dark. Same as the Japanese guy who invented cold fusion. Hmm. 
It's like an Arab buddy. They're holding out for that big check. Yeah. And then it comes down like a guillotine across their neck. That's what it is. So You just Stephen, have to wait till all the oil is used up and then be like, oh, look at this other thing. They're not, they're they're not going to let any of this shit happen before the oil's done. No, no. Got to squeeze that out. So, yeah, I mean, the Disclosure Project, we're going to talk about that at length. Yeah. Possibly over uh, one show and then another live show immediately uh, uh, following that show. Um, there's a lot to be talked about the Disclosure <clears throat> and... The, the subsequent work that these guys are doing over the last 16 years like cr- like some of the stuff like there's there's people testifying on behalf of like Dr. Werner Von Braun there's this one lady and she talks about like you know first it's the Nazis then it's the communists then it's the terrorists then it's the aliens and it's coming to a point where you know th- there there seems to be something looming something global looming and it's happening with uh, you know Islam and stuff like that there's something ha- like Nuclear bombs are, are are being talked about now with Trump and and Kim Jong Un and like yeah that all kind of caught me by surprise. Mm. I kind of stopped looking at the news for two yeah. days and when I look back, everywhere is making like satirical jokes about World War Three starting and I'm like, did mm. I miss something? Does something big have to happen for us to say we're on the brink of World War Three? Yeah, can just, that can that really happen from nothing from hearsay and conjecture? Yeah, it, I, it is a bit mental. Like, and it seems like we're all on the on the. It's shouldn't, the shouldn't, shouldn't be like Jupiter missiles really being super slowly shipped across the oceans into a disputed zone? You can't just go, oh, look, we're we're almost at the end of the world now. I'm like, nah, something has to happen, doesn't it? Yeah, there has to be a... Someone has to shoot Archduke Franz Ferdinand in the fucking head. Yeah, but it could <laughs> be that... You can't just start that scrap out of nothing. The Kim Jong-un is, is going, look, I'm testing a lot of these stuff. And then America goes, well, don't test anymore. And he's like, I do what I like. And then he does one more. And then they're like, you know, the cowboy in the movie, Shane, where they're like, pick up the gun. <laughs> Then you pick up a gun and you get, <laughs> he shoots him and he goes, Yo, Sam, he had a gun. Do you know? And they pull up Nagasaki. Yeah, I mean. Because, I mean, Hiroshima's bad, but Nagasaki's so much worse. Mm. Yeah. It's like, we got your point. <laughs> yeah, you didn't need to. <laughs> to do that. The old one, too. But I just think that um, Disclosure Project is a really uh, important thing for a lot of people to know, especially in the UFO stuff. And for season three and four, we were a little bit light on UFO-esque type stuff. Mm. Season two, we did a couple of bits. Um, it just kind of didn't happen. A few of them... Yeah, because sometimes ones connect yeah. into UFO talk without you realizing that's where it's going. But nah, yeah. there wasn't too many UFO ones. This episode is kind of given a, a broad base as to the origins of yeah. UFO involvement. Because there's so the little government. confirmed stuff that we can yeah. tell you about Area if you want to go. This is for sure. Yeah. Mm. So but we talked about Phil Schneider and his a very like spurious uh, allegations about alien technology but he so. had he had all the physical uh, evidence yeah he also <laughs> had all the physical evidence that he fell into a ham slicer true mm. yeah do you know yeah. what I mean true. so it, it could be it's one or the other like with it's this one or the other what's more likely yeah with this it's either it's a little bit of evidence and there is a lot of like secrecy that's mm. that's been proven to be you know exposed now like that there are actual UFO like planes like if you're in the, in the late 50s and you see this plane you're like it's a UFO no it's not but it's a pretty futuristic plane or whatever and even still SR-91 is is a secret like this kind of stuff that Disclosure Project is talking about like the release of uh, future technologies and uh, suppressed technologies for the betterment of humankind I think is one of the most noble things that uh, like I've ever heard and mm. when I saw that back in 2003 I was like fuck yeah like make this shit happen you know so the disclosure project we talk about uh, at length and we'll have a lot of these same names coming up again so this is kind of like a nice episode to to give a precursor to all to, to all of those people and all of those concepts and stuff like that first and there will be obviously a, a Roswell episode I know uh, I've taken it down from the feed 
but it was a, a 45 minute one that got cut off prematurely so there will be a, a two hour live show over the next few weeks uh, retelling the Roswell story mm. and uh, mm. maybe Eamon might join us for that the ins and outs of Roswellians yeah boy um, one of the more colourful accounts of what this is this is your favourite may uh, or may not have one in there whistleblower yeah yeah certainly certainly he comes complete with a cute little pet um, sidekick so, so yeah <laughs> so a man by the name of Dan Burish uh, he was a microbiologist who worked for the Naval Intelligence and uh, the Defence Intelligence Agency from 91 to 96 and at one point went to work in Area 51 or Groom Lake and then S4 which uh, we heard uh, Bob Lazar talk about before you know yeah, moving up the ranks outlandish claims this is much more outlandish it's much more fun as well um, he was charged with taking care of a, a lovely character called J-Rod Um j-rod was he worked in the base crash the <laughs> j-rod yeah j-rod he was like he was a cousin to a-rod uh so he was yeah nice guy he was he actually was a, he was a, a, an alien then he was, he was a small an illegal alien, alien. <laughs> a small an illegal i'm joking alien. alex rodriguez is a green card <laughs> <laughs> but uh he j-rod he was like listen one day him and borsch were just hanging out and borsch was like what's going on a-rod and he was like let me tell you this borsch of course they're going to be friends if, if friends, he's yeah. taking tissue samples off him like yeah yeah just anybody that's ever took a tissue sample off me at least kept their number in my phone well I, one time I had to like get bloods taken at I hospital don't mean blood and uh oh it's a different type of tissue <laughs> oh oh Oh, tissue sample. <laughs> that was why they were. That's why they were such good friends. Yeah. But Bruce used to just jack him off into a tissue and then like walk out of the room and like here's your DNA, Captain. Why do you think you call him Rod? <laughs> J Rod. I He's wanted like, to call him Red just, Rod, but they wouldn't let me. Can you just call me Jay? No. <laughs> Jay Rod. What's going on, Jay Rod? Uh, but he, he revealed to Borish that his race of aliens, uh, the Red Rodded Grey Aliens, had actually inhabited Earth many thousands of years prior. I believe they flew it was, here on a red rocket. <laughs> I believe it was 10,000 years um they had been on Earth for, before being forced to leave by several factors. A shift in the poles, extensive solar flares, and uh, the crumbling of the Earth's mantle, which, of course, they would have lived under. Mm. Uh, he told Borish that his species had wandered the stars, but now they had returned to retrieve what Borish said J-Rod referred to as a lost genetic factor from the human race. So they were swapping their genetic material. Yeah, and this, I guess, mm. kind of ties into a little bit of... Um, Nibiru? A little bit of Nibiru, but also that idea of when people get abducted, they're like splicing yeah. human DNA and DNA to make hybrids. Um, take from that what you will, but uh, after being probed, tested and imprisoned at Area 51, Borish, the one person who cared for J-Rod's mental and emotional well-being during his confinement, supposedly brought him to Abydos, I hope I'm saying that right, yeah, saying that. in Egypt, uh, which is a natural stargate, and Borish himself pushed J-Rod but he pushed J-Rod through it and J-Rod disappeared yeah I've seen Stargate that's what happens yeah I wonder did he push him through it like after watching that and yeah because Stargate came out in the early 90s didn't it I'm Kurt Russell I'm just pushed (laughs) so like was Boris able to go through the Spader and he just pushed him (laughs) (laughs) was Boris able to go through the start like can I go to Abydos and just go through the natural Stargate I don't know we should go there and see we should we're gonna Every need some more. That James Spader is first. in, except for Stargate, he's a sexual deviant in that movie. Mm. 
Who says he's not in Stargate? You just don't see it on the film. That's Ooh. true. That's true. Oh, he is in Stargate because he ends up like when they're all go, we're going to go home to Earth. And he's like, nah, man, I got some fucking ancient Egyptian pussy right here. See ya. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Kurt Russell walks over. He's like, just looking into the Stargate. Huh? And he looks down. He's like, oh, man, you got your dick in it. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, homie. <laughs> when you get a boner in those robes, like it really shows, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he likes milk and it shows. Yeah. <laughs> So, it, yeah, it just uh, like a Jamboree, like it's a great story. Like, it's science fun, fiction, it? man. It's fun. it's fun. That'd be a good, like, I'm that like, could make brilliant. a good movie. It has made make... two good movies Stargate <laughs> and fucking uh, <laughs> Alf or something. Alf. Yeah. That would, I think you could make a decent movie out of that. Yeah, and it has lots of the Nibiru stuff, like the shift in the poles mm. and the solar flares and the, the you know. The whole uh, uh, splice and the thing it made, like, yeah, yeah. All the X Files episodes, like it's it's it seems to be the the basis of those alien abduction stories, you know. Yeah. And J Rod is the best name ever for J Rod. Such a good name. That's, That's like K Pax like. or something. Like, do you know what? Uh, yeah, there was. I saw That's like a brilliant uh, Kevin Spacey, right? Yeah, I was in you know video. we were getting ready to do a movie podcast because oh, yeah, yeah. that's like the fortieth film reference. <laughs> Callbacks all day. Shit, man. There, there was a, <laughs> there was like. Fucking years ago, in like a movie magic. Remember that place there yeah. in Wexford? They used to be like a de- it's like uh, a cheap ass blockbuster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, really, okay, really right, cheap right, ass. Right. But they had like a little porn. So when sales got really bad, they just opened a porn section. But they had like all these brilliant uh, like parodies of movies. So the K Packs oh, right. one was just called Sex Packs. Oh. <laughs> there was like Lord. Oh. I think Lord of the Rings may have just been Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Muffy the Vampire Layer. Schindler's Fist. Schindler's <laughs> Fist. Forest Hump. <laughs> Bro. Uh, uh. I knew you said just Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. Look at him like sleepers. Yeah. It's just that. Same scene with That's Kevin Bacon. Yeah. <laughs> just that looped over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, do you know what Bob Lazar actually says about uh, Dan Burish? What? He says, I quote, he says, this is the biggest bullshit story I ever heard in my life. Anybody that actually believes this guy should be ashamed of themselves. I never worked with him. I never even met this knucklehead. Oh, Bob. What a you live in a glass head. house. <laughs> don't walk around naked. No, don't do that. It's not cool. And he shouldn't throw stones in any house. Any, any nobody's house, house at all. Throw stones don't do that. So the exposure of Area 51 was close on a governmental level when uh, Bill Clinton wanted to expose it uh, in the early Ooh. 90s. Yeah, mm, okay. so there were uh, a group of of uh, five men who wanted to uh, sue the American government for uh, health uh, maladies. I suppose they would get from burning the material from the radar reflective painted uh, aircraft. Mm-hmm. So these guys were burning this material that was coming off the aircraft, and whatever it was made from was causing this thick black smoke, and they were inhaling it the whole time. And I watched one of the documentaries and one of the guys said he went to the doctors and the doctor examined him and said, you have the lungs of an 80-year-old man mm. who's been smoking four packs a day. Whatever was in that stuff, like, fucked up their lungs. And yeah. they uh, appealed to the American government and they said, I want to, I want to sue. And uh, Bill Clinton was like, yeah, I'll have to tell everybody. I've got to tell everybody about Area 51. And they went, no, 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 not yet. Mm. Let the black guy do it. Like, that's, they had to wait <laughs> until, you know what I mean? Like, pretty, pretty weird. The black guy didn't do it. He did in 2013. Oh. He allowed it to be. Oh, I see. Yeah, Yeah. see? I thought you meant, like, revealing what really is really, really going on in there. Uh, No, no. No, no, no. Not yet. I was like, did I miss that Obama address? That's going to be, that's going to be, that's going to be Trump. Well, you can imagine. (laughs) I was talking about all those illegal aliens, and I built a wall, 
I didn't build the sky wall. <laughs> so they're coming in from the top. They're coming in over the top. Uh, 40% of all Mexicans get into California by plane. I didn't know that before I built the wall. Whoops. <laughs> oh, look, you done. But apparently a lot of the presidents have asked about... I always re, uh, listened to one yeah, Bill documentary Trump. that was saying, like, Bush was even like, so, uh, who are them, them aliens? <laughs> yeah, hey, man, Gerald Ford did, Jimmy Carter did. Yeah. But they won't show the president. Not even no, the president no. has the clearance. But I've heard the story no, that they, get, they all did the thing of... Right? Yeah, they all did yeah, the thing yeah. of picking up a phone and, like, calling someone and being told, I want to be read into about this, I want to be briefed about this, and they're basically told no. Yeah. Imagine and what as the president you're like what can I do but what can I do now imagine if they haven't like, the, okay, like you can't do anything <laughs> can imagine here. all the stuff they haven't told Donald Trump because like you can't keep your fucking mouth shut listen I promise <laughs> I won't say I promise okay okay how do you spell that I'm not writing it down I'm not oh come on hello like that's exactly what happened when he uh, rang yeah. they wouldn't let him do it he, have, he had it nearly written out on Twitter with his other hand and he'd definitely That's blab he'd, he'd be out buying stocks and bottled water and stuff and <laughs> yeah, like, tomorrow yeah. I make the announcement yeah, yeah. Like, let's yeah, face come it on, buddy. He, he's unlikely to be the president of that country for four years <laughs> like I, I don't really see this him seeing out a full term but well, he might have that that disclosure in his pocket when he really needs when he needs to get uh, out of jail like a literal get out of jail card yeah he might play the disclosure card just be like okay are you, are you gonna impeach me really <laughs> Okay, I'm telling them. I'm telling them. <laughs> oh, like your man George Melania Costopadopoulos or whatever from Ancient Aliens. He's yeah. like, okay, aliens. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Absolutely. One of the you weirdest have to do things the, you about have to do the, the hand gesture. Yeah, yeah you, got it. you got it. I'll tell you, aliens. <laughs> the pointing to the sky and then the okay. That's what you want. Um, one of the weirdest things that I heard regarding uh, Area 51 and one of the most emotional, I suppose, appeals to evidence. Uh, that I could find was the uh, now known as the frantic caller to the Art Bell show yes um, yeah yeah on, crazy. On this is disturbing when you hear it yeah we're going to listen to it now for oh. a couple of minutes and well, see where this man is coming from he yes. sounds panicked we're going to be commenting over it so have a listen with us and uh, we'll see what happens on the other side let's see what happens online you're on the air hello hello Art yes hi um, I, I, I don't have a whole lot of uh, time um, well, look, let's begin yeah. by finding out whether you're using this line properly or not. Uh, Area 51. Yeah, um, that's right. Were you an employee or are you now? Uh, I, a former employee. Former um, employee. I, I, I was let go on a medical discharge about a week ago. And, and... It was 1997? <laughs> yeah. I, I've kind of been running a, across the country. Um, oh, man, I don't know where to start. They're, uh, they're, they're going to... Um, they'll triangulate on this position really, really soon. Well, um, you can't spend a lot of time on the phone, so give us something quick. Okay. Um, um, okay, what, what we're thinking of as, as aliens are, they're, uh, they're, they're extra-dimensional beings I believe that, that. I could, I could an earlier precursor of the um, space program made contact with. Uh, they they are not what they claim to be. Uh, they have infiltrated a lot of uh, uh, 
a lot of aspects of, of, of the military establishment, particularly the Area 51. Uh, the, the disasters that are coming, they... I feel the same. The, the military... Lot of sorry, the, the government knows about them. And there's a lot of safe areas in this world that they could begin moving the population to now, Art. But they're not doing, they're not doing anything. They are not. They want the major population centers wiped out. Leave Britney alone. So that the, the few that are left will be more easily controlled. This is the narrative we've heard time and again, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Discharge. So, coming soon, the radio station will be cut off. The whole station That's, gets cut off yeah. after he starts uh, r revealing more detailed information. Now, it's cut, it's gone. I mean, after a while it came back. Yeah. Uh, Art is pretty pretty shaken by the fact the, state, the signal crashed. Watch this much. In other words, it's a big decoy. I see what you're saying. And apparently we'll be back after the news, I think. Yeah, that's 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 how that went. Like off the air, off the air for thirty seconds, and the backup system came in and started playing music with like extra bits at the end. Mm. Like it seems, and he says it's never happened before. Yeah, but like, <clears throat> what did what did that guy really say there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Was there much to it? Is there much in it? it? Didn't really say anything that hadn't been said before. Yeah. You know? It's ninety-seven, dude. There's fucking episodes of the X Files that were going on that had the very same stuff. Yeah. There's books by, you know, uh, Robert Anton Wilson and and Terence McKenna that are telling us this stuff. Like they're extra-dimensional beings, and if you meditate properly and smoke the right amount of DMT, they'll come down. And the, you know, Grant Morrison is like mercurial blobs that'll bring you to Alpha Centauri. And you're like, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Of course yeah. they will. Now you know they're extra dimensional beings that live in the fifth dimension outside of time and space mm. and they live amongst us. Uh like they they want to be us because we can experience time uh you know in in a third dimension where they can't. They're super jealous of us because they're like, "Oh, you get to touch stuff and all whereas we like know everything that's ever been and ever will be, but like we don't ever get to like love or have a poo we or just really want to get addicted to nicotine. Yeah, we just want to smoke yeah. a fag. Like I can see all time. I want to get a paper cut. <clears throat> <laughs> want to get grass stains on my elbows. Isn't that funny? Yeah. We're working towards what they are. They're working towards what we are. Yeah. Uh, Imagine. Never the twain shall meet. Never. But uh, do you know what uh, what date that was that uh, that call came into art? Was that I, I, That was 1997. It was 97, it says, yeah. It was September the 11th. Oh. 1997. And apparently the same guy called back in April 28th. <clears throat> you know that call too in, in 1998. Mm. And we've listened to that one. It doesn't sound exactly like the same guy. Was he still on the run? Arts. They still haven't caught me. It was just a guy, no, it was a guy calling back saying it was a hoax. He goes, hey, I oh, the guy called right, you right, right. on sorry, September 11th sorry. claiming to be in Area 51, but I was lying. It was all a joke. And then Art's like, but you don't you don't sound like you. And he's like, oh, no, it's me. And he's like, you're pretty agitated. And he's like, oh, I was just putting it on. And he goes, oh, yeah, I'll put it on now then. And then the guy kind of like strains his voice a little bit, doesn't totally sound Yeah, it was, right. it was obviously somebody else who was yeah. trying to put and water was, on And he was like, no, no, it's story. me. And he's like, no, mm. you're saying that you can put the voice on a cue, but you can't. So it, that is quite an odd one. Yeah. That's an odd little thing. But, you know. <sighs> Art Bell gets a lot Anonymous of caller. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like an anonymous Reddit comment. It's like, how much stock can I put in that? Exactly. Mm. As much as like, like, like on Reddit, I saw there was some guy who had a, uh, an Ask Me Anything. It was, 
I, I worked at Area 51. Ask me anything. It was just, it was very vanilla. Yeah. I'm sure if you do, like, work at Area 51, you're a real dude and you work there. Hmm. There's some stuff going on that doesn't have to do with aliens. Yeah, this guy worked for NASA and was basically just working on a a prototype of the Mars rover. Yeah. Using one of the facilities on the site. How, how, how crazy could it get if you're just like a mathematician? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I've seen uh, hidden figures. (laughs) How wild could it get for a mathematician? Yeah. Fucking wild, man. There's fucking variables everywhere. Yeah, factorials all over the place. Uh, one of the one of the weirder things uh, about the way that the operations went at Area Fifty One, they had them all set out into projects, and all of these projects had special names. And the way that they organized how the stuff was done seems to be like gr- a gradual improvement. But the technology they're coming out with now. And and when they started like doubling up technologies after the seventies, the faster the technology was advancing, the more secretive Area Fifty One got. Yeah. So it was super secret all through the fifties and sixties, yet loads of information got released to the public and it's the knowledge of its existence was there and they let it be an alien kind of hub for mm. for, for stuff like that. But like stuff like Project Rainbow which was the actual name of the first attempt at radar invisibility that the CIA wanted to give to the U-2. Uh, the way that that works was they put wallpaper, it was called, onto the onto the plane, and uh, the, the, the way radar cross-section uh, works <laughs> is, is the measurement of uh, the electromagnetic energy that's reflected by an object, and then this coating that they put on to confuse the radar by absorbing some of the energy and reflecting some of it in a way that couldn't be identified as an aircraft. Mm. And this is the material when it came off the plane that the lads were burning and getting the lung yeah, yeah, yeah. infections and stuff like that, right? And it was a dangerous system to have on the planes because it was a heat conductor. And in 1957, Robert Seeker had to bail out of a test flight when the engine overheated. So it was like a dangerous way of doing it. And it was like this kind of cardboardy, corrugated uh, plastic material you know it added weight to the aircraft exactly but as as technology advanced and they found out about like certain different materials that were radar diffusers past the 70s like you even have you could even have a plane now that's genuinely invisible Mm. invisible to the naked eye never mind to radar yeah Mm. yeah do you know that's why no one's seen the sr-91 maybe but like (laughs) uh this material where are they getting the technologies for this material and why is it not available to the general public because obviously they have to keep their materials secret so that warring governments or anybody who's the enemy quote unquote wouldn't get that technology so what happened all the way through the cold war was like migs were found and dropped and brought to america and in u2 planes and american technology were shot down over russia and it was like an exchange of technologies that these people would take and uh, advance their own knowledge sides, yeah. so in august 1966 a guy called munir redfa as we said earlier on uh was uh, uh he dropped off a mig in israel and said send send that to the americans give that to america okay yeah he was ordered by his uh iraqi superiors while in the air to uh attack a kurdish village with napalm and he refused and he said no i'm taking a knee I'm ditching the plane in Israel. And the MiG-21 was the first one to make it to American shores. 
and they brought it to Groom Lake. And then this is the Haves, the Haves program that we talked about, Have Blue and Have Donut. Mm -hmm. So the Have Donut program was where the Navy's air test and evaluation squadron flew this MiG-21 as the chase plane. And then the other guys would fly their F-4s and try and, uh, you know, do the exercises to keep up. But this is where the Cold War turned and this is where the Vietnam War turned because like any war is going to be the advancement of technologies, right? Mm-hmm. So when they're in the middle of the Vietnam War and the communists are using MiG-21s and MiG-24s, the F-4 had really, really good uh, maneuverability at high speeds. And the MiG-21 didn't. But what they were doing was slowing down the MiG-21 to, to do these great maneuvers and outmaneuvering the F-4s. So when they got their hands on a MiG-21... They found that the 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 faulty component was the human that was piloting the, the plane, and they weren't pushing it to the limits that it should be pushed to. So the F four could actually go faster, and it would uh, they would push these F fours to a higher speed. The MiG twenty one would then have to go at the higher speed to evade them, and wouldn't have the maneuverability capabilities. Okay. So the F four was was as soon as they got their hands on the MiG twenty one, they were like, "We have it now." We yeah, know yeah, now yeah. the problem. Our boys aren't putting the pedal to the ground. This is why the MiGs were able to get away, right? Mm-hmm. So these are the kind of things that that was that was uh, that we're finding as Area Fifty One went along, and as technology increased and all these projects started to get more and more secretive. Uh, like everybody knows about the Top Gun program, right? There's a movie. I know of the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's an actual real Top Gun program that's widely known and the, the movie even like the same name top gun do you know uh, uh was named but like all through the 80s then as maybe closer to alien technologies it got closer to alien technologies that it said okay well, we can't be in the public eye as much let's put out uh an accepted Area 51 that says like, oh, we're all crazy scientists and there's aliens and stuff. (laughs) When really what they're doing is creating super advanced warfare technology and they just want to obfuscate that with, you know, guff about aliens and stuff like that. Like it's weird. Like this is where I'm coming into the more, we went Bob Lazar a little bit there and it was a little bit weird. Like this is the more genuine conspiratorial aspects of what was happening in Area 51. And one of the main, like, uh, evidences is the Top Gun Flight School. And the United States Navy Strike Fighter Tactics Instructor Program, or the SFTI, uh, teaches fighters and strike tactics and techniques to naval aviators. And it was established in 1969 at the air station Miramar, just north of San Diego, California. In 1968, Chief of Naval Operations Admiral Thomas Hinman Monroe ordered Captain Frank Ant to research failings of air-to-air missiles used in combat over the skies of Vietnam and what was called Operation Rolling Thunder, which -hmm. was the American advancement uh, of uh, air support into the Vietnam War in the the early 70s. (laughs) uh, uh, There was a thousand aircraft lost and presumed to be from MiG attacks and underperformance from the F-4s that were used. So after the MiG retrieval in Israel, uh, the, the tests show that the lads were... The problem, so they need to retrain them. They got to go to Top Gun school to find out how to put the pedal to the metal. Do you know? Play some volleyball. Yeah. And get Kenny Loggins to sing you while you're. <laughs> Kenny Loggins. <laughs> he is on. Yeah. So the Advanced Fighter Weapons School was made, and these lads were shown what was what. 
and uh, they were told then to go as the experts and disseminate that to the rest of the organization. So the way the Hopgun School works is it conducts four power projection classes each year, which consists of nine weeks of Navy and Marine Corps strike fighter training, and then it pits students against instructors like a Padawan learner fighting your Jedi Master uh, uh, to try and win. And then you have to, you know, f- uh, cost a time for the, who gets to drive the MiG. Mm-hmm. It also conducts an, a, a, an adversary training course where Navy and Marine Corps go head to head. So they have, you know, a little bit of a, a friendly rivalry. And there's also a large scale dress rehearsal and integrated advanced training program. Up to 50 aircraft are involved in operations training. Uh, like, I don't know, flying towards a giant city sized spaceship like in Independence Day or something. Yes, like of that. course. Yeah. Need to be ready for, have drills for those kind of things. Absolutely. Hopefully the drills won't occur at the exact same time an actual attack <laughs> yeah. is happening. That would yeah. be a hell of a coincidence. Yeah. Imagine. Imagine. 9 11. <coughs> <laughs> Um, so it just seems it just seems so weird that like the more advanced the technology got the more secretive it got and then the more advanced it got the more it became into the public eye mm-hmm. do you know like uh operation plum bob excuse me yeah operation plum bob yes please was totally obvious because people were able to see these mushroom clouds uh because operation plum bob was a nuclear testing program <laughs> right it's like we're going to do a secret nuclear test and you go, eh, that's kind of an oxymoron, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the people can see it from their fucking yeah. sitting room in Las Vegas. That's one thing right? I was wondering about. I was wondering, I saw this question pop up a couple of times about Area 51 and it's like, why wasn't everyone soused with radiation working there? But this Monday to Friday, you'd sleep in a fucking well, in a, they, a, a this trailer. Happened, they see, were, yeah. Flight. That was the... That's what Bill Clinton was fighting for. No. Well, no, no. Bill Clinton was fighting for these guys who had inhaled the burnt uh, mm. RDR. The, the, oh, yeah, they had the radar stuff. Yeah, tar lung from the ra- burning the radar stuff. Just possibly tar lung, yeah. It was falling off the bottoms of the planes because it was mm. causing heat problems in the engines and it was peeling off like bad yeah. wallpaper. And falling from flaming to the earth. They were saying a lot of stuff. Guys would have like scaly skin and stuff yeah. from... Yeah, there was, mm. And when they went to court, they had to be fishmen. When they went to court, they had to be called uh, John Doe's because they didn't want to give their yeah. real real names oh. basically and there was a lot of people as well who basically just didn't bring any litigious kind of activity against the government so they were but doing still had awful things but still had awful things happen to him yeah a lot of cases like a japanese soldier. and there's some abduction not even abduction stories there's some like you'll see him type in like ufo stuff to type in ufo stuff you'll see this <laughs> uh but basically it's like there was one with two women who had had a close encounter um, and it was just like a, a craft kind of hovering over them and then going away. And there's a lot of different reports about s- problems with your with your skin, with, with uh, cancer burns cells and stuff and like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you got like a heavy dose of radiation. Yeah, yeah or like, ship. I mean, they yeah. So basically just over the course of a few minutes or a few hours or whatever, you it's like you were just sitting in a nuclear bunker right next to the stuff for it's like it's magical crazy amount of times you know he saw something in the woods and nothing will grow there anymore and it's like because the shit was radioactive as fuck it's radioactive like yeah it's weird Operation Plum Bob was a nuclear testing program where it set off 24 nuclear de- detonations in the desert next to where Groom Lake was so like Jeez. this this area was super like um, desirable for these operations because it was like a billiard table do you know, for mm. some reason, I don't know, I don't know what it is. But what they did was in Area 51 in 1957, they made Project 57, and this was to test to see if nuclear a nuclear warhead damaged in an accident will detonate or not with a, a proper nuclear yield. So they're like, well, we don't want to be throwing out nuclear bombs, 
and wasting them if they have you know if they're if they're only half good yeah. and they won't they won't blow up all the stuff we wanted to blow up right so with an explosion like that from a damaged uh, uh, warhead uh, some of the material doesn't properly detonate and the plutonium the weaponized material in the bomb mm-hmm. uh, was dispersed all over the air in the area near Groom Lake. Good God. So for two whole years, Groom Lake was unusable as Area 51. Oh, it was on shutdown. Kind of, yeah. Now, whether it was on shutdown because it was genuinely radioactive, because if it was genuinely radioactive from weaponized plutonium, it had taken an awful lot longer than two years to become de-radioactivized. Mm. So between 1957 and 1959, while there was a massive jump in, in, in technology... Especially propulsion technology and rocketry. Uh huh. Okay. There was apparently nobody at Area Fifty One. Yeah. Like every jump, massive jump in technology. There's like a dive back into secrecy. I'm imagining like just one guy sitting in the mess hall by himself, going, "Security's got too tight here. <laughs> this is this is just silly now. This is silly." Uh, he's if nobody can pass the test, covering himself in natural yoga, going, "Jeez, I got a bit of sun today." <laughs> Strange, didn't go Do outside. Know? Yeah, mental. Mm. So, Project Fifty Seven was designed to test the particle physics of plutonium and uh, the biomedicine and animals, basically, that were exposed to fallout. <clears throat> so, they made a little pen of a load of different animals, including like dogs, cats, mice, deer. Oh, I saw. Yeah, there was like a donkey. There a donkey. Was, uh, There's loads of different types of animals. Any animal they could find in in Las Vegas desert. So, I think they yeah. got a f- full Bengal tiger. <laughs> Secret and Roy, and they may or may not have got a circus elephant. Uh, so d- from the Edison Museum, a, yeah. maybe a few people as well. Like, got a few homeless maybe. lads and threw them in thing. And some, then they set some, off a some sort of, of uh, Tomb Raider esque uh, adventure thrown into a refrigerator. Yeah, on the oh, site is the, the nuclear blast. The butler, the nuclear butler. <laughs> they uh, they just they just set off these plutonium uh, uh, detonations, and then just left all the animals there to just go. Let's let's see how long see it takes happens. for that dog to melt. <laughs> like that's <clears throat> mad yeah. they're doing that like it's almost inhumane or whatever. hey check it out I made a dog goat <laughs> <laughs> so imagine what else they're doing right they made the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or something yeah. so in uh, uh, they also studied in uh, radiation monitoring and decontamination of plutonium contaminated surfaces and Area 13 which is just up the road from Area 51 was the test site for Project 57 and uh, on the 24th of April 1957 the plumb bomb bomb uh, went off and they monitored this place called Watertown then for several weeks afterwards where all the animals were. And the decontamination process uh, included techniques like wetting, mm-hmm. oiling, mm-hmm. leaching, Ooh. and using stabilizing agents. So it was basically That's going like, favorite. in a time of crisis, missile crisis, mm-hmm. and maybe you know, the Cuban sort, yeah, where they're going, if nuclear bombs do actually hit America, we have to be able to find out how to clean them up. Yes. What will happen to all dogs and animals? Like, will they... When they we can't f- just guess what the post-nuclear <clears throat> yeah. apocalypse is going to be like. Exactly. It would be nice to have some uh, some data mm. to run off of. So what happens if a dog who's set from, like, fallout fucks another dog and they have, like, dogs with two heads and shit? Like, they, it was oh, all in that... Meat. It was all in that time when you don't really know what's going to happen. Mm. Like, a lot of times, like, because of cartoons... People thought if you, if you rolled into a ball, you'd survive it. The blast. <laughs> yeah, just get under a Get test. yourself down into a ball whenever you all see that mushroom cloud on the hazard. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I guess. Is that... That's not going to work, is it? The only, the only positive aspect of being, like, tucked under a ball when there's a mushroom cloud exploding outside the window is that you don't get to look at all the faces of all your friends as they contemplate 
their last moments on the planet. You yeah. just have to... You don't have to see anything vaporized. Your yeah. eyeballs will be vaporized <laughs> yeah, while they're still closed. Boil your brain inside your skull. Yeah. Like, that kind of stuff... Always a silver lining, folks. That kind of stuff seems, you know, apt for the time. Yes. You're talking about, like, the, the Red Scare, the Russians are coming, the Russians are coming, nuclear war is right on your doorstep, and you're testing out these nuclear bombs in a place that was so remote from people you know and it was kind of half temporary and the lads were staying in tents and they had like temporary uh hangers and it was not really super important at area 51 at the time mm-hmm. um but those two years the place is empty so who knows what happens in those two years and then when they come back in 1960 they've got like the fastest plane that there mm. ever was on the planet ever yes like how does that happen they just pick up they just sent everybody home and then like the key staff members stay there I just do the last few little bits and then they all come back in 1960 when the quote unquote radiation is gone and mm. they have a fucking F-117 and all and they're able to go right we've enough now to start the war is there a war yet have we a good reason yet huh Vietnam yeah go on so <laughs> maybe, maybe the aliens feed off radiation <laughs> what do you mean we still can't win the war even with these nifty planes <laughs> There was never, there was never a war to win. There was never a winning war. We do nuclear tests, and uh, you know the odds Chernobyl or Fukushima or whatever to feed these. Yeah, mm. they just need beads. a little, few little isotopes for dinner. Mm. Um, the, uh, the reason that Area Fifty One is so probably closely linked to uh, UFOs and the Roswell connection is because mm. of a thing called Project Blue Book. Yes, so mm. Blue Book is the US government program set to investigate UFO phenomenon and. The logic would dictate that surely a task force set up to search for them would prove that they exist, or there is at least suspicions that they exist, right? Yes. Like yeah. the logic would say. They had to. I remember to, I remember we covered this in something a little bit, and it was like, uh, there was such pressure, public pressure at the time. Yeah. That UFO sightings, alien sightings, unexplained phenomena. The hysteria. Yeah, like the hysteria the, was so yeah. big that the government had to react. And that tells you a story. That tells you how big that was at the time. Imagine today... The government creating uh, a group to go out and study extraterrestrial claims, yeah, and phenomena. You think it was real, mm-hmm. or if there's like ghosts, like proper government-sanctioned ghosts? Well, I couldn't imagine that. I couldn't imagine someone doing that now. Mm. And yet, in a way, that almost seems strange. It's so close-minded. In a sense, I imagine we went through another glut of loads and loads of UFO sightings, and it became a massive hot button issue. And there was a bit of a hysteria again in the next couple of years. Could you imagine some sort of government? Thing, some UN, well, kind of some UN council yeah, to, to there's, a, there's a lot of stuff like because of like SETI and no, but the, the Denver, the, the Colorado lights, the stuff like that. Oh like yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Phoenix sky and Phoenix lights. But it would be very there's telling a, if like every government agency in the world goes, oh, there's no chance there's aliens, and you're like, yeah, but that's not true. Like, yeah. well, there's some, there's some mad stuff like any of those uh, declassified Russian reports of like yeah, proper oh, fire fights. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Russian ones are way more fun than the American ones. Yes, the, the Belgian and the French ones have good ones. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the Belgians have one report about Somalians stopping and picking lavender in a field. <laughs> it's really good. The Mexicans have a few good ones as well. Yeah, the Mexican Air Force. But like, it, it, I suppose. All right, I, I, I always feel this way where like you have the likes of Bigfoot and Loch Ness and all this sort of stuff, where like the, the vast majority of those are bullshit, right? Vast majority of just people talking shit. Then you've got a quotient that are probably like, for example, Bigfoot. I would imagine nine point nine times out of ten, the ones that people really believe are an upright bear. You know, yeah, or, or a wolf. Misidentification. Yeah, some, something like that, where it's just like it's standing up. It doesn't look quite right. Mm. 
and you're again you're seeing it from uh, a bit of a distance and you've got trees everywhere so it, it's not like a clear view but then there has to be some ones i'm not saying there it's definitely a big foot or it's not a big foot but the guy was like this definitely wasn't a, like this isn't a bear i don't know what the fuck it is Do you know like how, how many of those can you kind of rule out like if you could see data on what was really there would yeah. there be like 0.1 percent that were just i'm not saying it's it's like an upright hominid kind of ancestor creature but god damn so with these with these ufos i mean if you're a government that knows what's going on yeah and it's the 1950s or 1940s mm-hmm. and everyone's like i'm seeing weird shit up in the sky there's too many reports to just ignore and you've yes. just come out of a second world war. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's... So isn't it weird? It's probably just coincidence. Maybe it's like reverse engineering of a story, <clears throat> you know, retroactive continuity, where there's been a point there in time where it seemed believable and even it seemed like governments were almost a bit kind of worried about what's going on with all these flying saucers. Yeah. I remember mm. talking about that. And now, and now today, it's completely the opposite. It's like madness and no government in the world would stomach the idea. No world leader would stomach the idea of coming out and going like, I super believe well, in aliens. I put, I put it to or you I, then. I really want to like spend taxpayer money investigating this. I put it to you then, right? Do you know what of all the unanswered yeah. questions that's out there, you're talking about like, do vaccinations cause autism? Yeah. yeah. You know, is extraterrestrial life real? I, like, why is Donald Trump orange? <laughs> like, there's, there's loads of these How questions. How is Donald Trump orange? Well... Uh, the these questions you. are out there Vitamin C. you're going like all these mad unanswered s- stuff that people are looking for and you know zero point energy and you know all this like like the only reason people aren't investigating those things publicly is because they already know the answer and they don't want that answer to be known then yes in 1952 when you're doing project blue book the boat the two main goals of blue book were to identify if ufos were a threat to national or global security and then the second one was to scientifically analyze UFO-related data from the thousands of submitted reports since 1947 when they set up Project Sign, which was after the Roswell mm. reports, and then Project Grudge in 1949, and then Project Blue Book is 1952. So obviously at this point, they don't know the answers and it's a genuine search. But as soon as they find the answers, they're like, oh, fuck, no, tell nobody about this shit. Mm-hmm. Do you know, Majestic mm. Twelve was then formed, and they're like, "Okay, we'll handle it all. Don't let the planet know. Cool out, cool out, being cool. You know, don't tell anybody." So that's why all that stuff is not being searched for now. And there's no like declassified projects. There's no people like Mufon is is the only crowd that are out there looking for shit. Like SETI then out there looking for shit. Mm. And if they if they had to found it, who 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 knows? Mike, they were supposed to come back and go, "Look, I know you found some shit. Like, don't fucking tell anybody." Like. Mm-hmm. Don't tell anybody. You have the keys to the kingdom here, sir. <gasps> and there's a few people have come out and said, yeah, I did find some stuff. And then they're like, and what? It's like, ah, well. And then you find them like, worst case of suicide I ever saw, shot twice <laughs> in the back of the head inside a locked car where the keys are outside and he's on fire. Like, he disemboweled himself. Yeah. Like, th- that's what's happening, do you know? So if you're not looking for the answers to a question that's unanswered, it means they know the answer and they don't want you to find it. That's where the logic leads me. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? Or is that, like, flawed? Or No, I don't think so. No. I mean, like, there's a number of different suppositions to be taken about why it seems governments at one point gave a shit about UFOs or that idea and now couldn't care less and really super shy away from it. Um, Could it be that it's after getting, like, foolishly... It's foolhardy to think that... I think there's always that case of most societies have that thought of, like, every generation is much smarter than the last. Yeah. 
So it's easy to look back in the 1940s and 50s and go, well, of course you motherfuckers were seeing, like, some of you motherfuckers had never seen a helicopter before. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. I was born into a world that had helicopters. Some of you never seen a helicopter and you've seen one. No wonder you might have thought it was an alien spacecraft. Whereas today it's like, well, uh, you know, what with movies and CGI and stuff, you got to have something really fucking weird for people to say, I saw something weird in the sky now. <clears throat> yeah. You know That's what I mean? True, yeah. But having said that, people still see this shit all the time. And say it, and then everyone goes, yeah. But now there's it's no so Gerald Ford. There's no, yeah. You don't have no Congressman Gerald Ford who you can go to and say, I'm a constituent. Go to Congress and ask questions about UFOs. And he goes, all right, then. Well, he did. I mean, there was one uh, congresswoman, and it was to do with the lights over Phoenix, who basically oh, just said... Oh, that was recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Remember, she right, was yeah. like, she was asking... She was basically trying to say, look, I'd like to know There were so happens. many people asked about that. Yeah, exactly, because people just... It's I not like they're saying it's aliens. They're just like, what unknown. is this? Like, yeah. And uh, she was pretty much just ridiculed, you know? Um um, but it was a singular event that everyone experienced. Yeah, they all exactly. had the same story. Yeah. It warrants an answer. Like, but maybe, maybe in the 40s, 50s, 60s, with the height of espionage and intrigue, it was easier to go to debate people into doing something by going, we saw some lights in the sky. And they go, so what? And you go, could have been the Russians or the Chinese. And they're like, oh, yeah, shit, we should check that out. Whereas yeah. now if you say that today, they'd be like, huh, man, we have the entire solar system like being watched. Believe me, like if someone was pulling some shit, we'd see it. So don't yeah. worry. And you're like, oh, yeah, forget yeah, it's, it's everything's like, under surveillance. Either all the that time. or Sounds like an unbelievable either story. that or like because we talk about you know uh, the these kind of projects were shelved in like the seventies or whatever. Yeah. Or did they find out they actually found stuff, and so the project and have just changed. They found it like, moved Shh, to Antarctica. Don't tell yeah. Yeah, and so this is like so when everyone's like, and there's an alien here and here and here, and they're like, yeah, yeah, let those idiots it's keep like talking. The, the, the urban legend you hear, the story that goes around of like you know a building contractor and they're building a, a, a shop a mall or something like that, and they dig it up, and then underneath it they find like ten thousand year old like Viking remains and mm. all these treasures, and they're all like looking around, and they go call the foreman, and the foreman is like. Yeah, fill that in with cement because if we fucking dig this up, the whole job is fucked. Yeah, yeah. And this is going to be like a protected site. <laughs> we need to like get that paid. happened in Wexford, like allegedly. Yeah, that's happened in lots of places, I'd imagine. That people are just digging up, and for progress, they go fucking leave it there. Someone will find it sometime. Yeah, exactly. And they fill it in, and that's it. It's dushed. Do you know? I do think um, there is two sides to Area Fifty One, and a lot of people like to think yeah aliens aliens and all this stuff mm. but more more than that it's uh government collusion and secret keeping and it's the 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 golden goose of of government secrets because Seems to be, yeah. every time there's a secret leaked there's another one waiting to be leaked so they still have secrets today and people are going yeah no that's all we're going to get out of very 50 oh, oh oh here's another one oh it's crowning it's crowning <laughs> do you know um as technology advances more and more secrets reveal themselves yeah. So like, it's kind of like it's not the f- it's not a f- it's not a full. This episode doesn't have that satisfactory end. Do you know that story no, end of like, no. and that's that because yeah. it's a continuing story. It hasn't been finished yet. True. There is a lot of information that you have to understand about Area Fifty One as we go forward into other episodes like uh, Disclosure Project uh, and uh, confirmed less than four years ago. Yeah, still growing as of three months ago. Yeah. Like, like, if we had done Area 51 as our first show, it would have only been confirmed a year before yeah. we started. Like, that's pretty new. And we yet we all know about Area 51 through the dissemination of mainstream media, which has possibly given us a skewed aspect as to what they do there and how they do it. Mm-hmm. So this is maybe more of a, a down-to-earth, like, this is what Area 51 is. It's probably not about aliens, but it's definitely about, like, government deep 
compartmentalization of work and you know uh, suppression of information which is what they're very very good at mm-hmm. you know so we're going to get off the fence now as to the certain aspects of area 51 and see we'll start with Eamon I guess oh uh, Amo. Um, uh, area 51 aliens or no yeah the big that's, question. it's a tough one isn't it like it, it's like any of the time with the cryptids and stuff like that I really want there to be these things that are kind of crazy and sort of fantastical sci-fi um but judging from what we've seen it it's sort of it's like a meat and veg you know exactly what it is you know you read those declassified documents um and they're they're just like exactly what you'd expect to take aliens out of it but from what you've heard then it, it was this or could this still be the most classified black site in the world it's no because the most classified black sites in the world we're never going to hear don't even about. Know where yes. yeah. this think is, it's a normal town, I think this is like, the shit that killed Princess Diana over. Like, what would, be the, what would be the most sensible thing to do? The most sensible thing to do would be to make this look real bad. No, you're or make it a lightning rod for here. people's yes. exactly. theories and ideas. So basically everyone's like, oh, there's aliens down, there's this and there's that down there. All the while, you know, 50 miles east, like... Then 50 miles underground 50 miles underground but yeah like it, it makes sense to just have that like if anyone ever did get in or they can just keep releasing declassified documents whenever they want it because it doesn't matter because there's nothing really there that's mm. that's incriminating um in terms of aliens and stuff like that like i don't know when you like some of those russian documents that are decriminalized are or declassified rather are so odd just like there was one like a um, an unidentified submerged object like a USO and it was just there was a laser fight and all these Russian guys got killed and and that was like a declassified Rihanna and Liam Neeson was in the movie <laughs> yeah. very exciting um, I give two half stars <laughs> but it's a yeah it's a crazy it's a crazy like it, you know that's such an exciting story that's declassified and because it's so outlandish like as I'm saying it I'm kind of going yeah but like yeah, like, yeah, that's probably not true. So I don't know. I, but how could it not be true if it's a fucking government document, though? I know, but right? yet you don't. You, you, you go like, yeah, they're probably having a laugh. Yeah, like, or like the same time, I like, just read this on a on a website somewhere that said it was declassified. Yeah. So maybe that's bullshit. Like you know, it's pure mad. It uh, is. So then, for to a more tangible uh, project, the Aurora project, the mm. SR ninety one super secret, still secret. Uh, never been made, possibly have been made. Yeah, yeah. Uh, stealth aircraft and uh, replacement for the SR seventy one X Men Blackbird. Mm. Does that exist? Are there still super secret aircraft being created at Area fifty one for possibly surveillance yeah, or I'm sure air like, combat stuff that we won't know about for another ten years? I'm sure a lot of the stuff at Area fifty one probably isn't aircraft right now i mean you talk about the surgical strikes of drones and they've what the data says that 90 percent of what they hit isn't what they want to hit yeah you know what i mean so are they trying to tighten up how those things maneuver how they work mm-hmm. um working are, on automation and AI working on and yeah exactly um are they uh or something completely outside of our oh yeah some, yeah exa- exactly but I, I imagine it's probably stuff like that you know yeah. national security i well, mean there, there has to be something there if they're guarding the borders of that that 600 square mile r- radius like that yeah yeah but i would imagine it's just top secret stuff that they don't want see it's weird now because when you had like the cold war and the russian the russians were a superpower the americans were a superpower everyone mm. had the means to kind of 
that get this technological advancement or it seemed like there was a way someone could supersede the other and become mm-hmm. more powerful, you know? That's and what they're recreating, the Red Scare, by putting Russia up as the enemy, controlling yeah. Trump as the president, and recreating a, a, a Cold War environment where uh, a rogue nation, say like uh, no. Vietnam or, or what was Vietnam? What, what other communist-controlled Asian nation have we got around with? I'm sure they'll find one. And and we go in there to try and liberate well, communist those control, people. Like okay. the, the South fighting against the Northern Communists. Yes. That so, kind like of a similar Asia, country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right, right, right. Where are you going to find one of them? Mm. And, and to create then the enemy of Russia and, you know... So you're kind of Especially just with a president the... whose prime functioning time, his the time when he was in his prime, was during, like, the, the worst perceived years of the cold war yeah. mm. where capitalism thrived because it was yes. set up against uh, uh, uh you know a socialist supported populace yeah yeah and uh, you know like it, it's kind of recreating the 70s Seems right now be, yeah politically uh where they're putting russia up as the bad guys to maybe push forward with a new revelation or new incarnation of this well, military industrial what you, complex. What you don't have now is you don't have a technological race, at least yeah. that we're aware. There's no of. enemy technologically. Yeah. Like. So, like, there's kind of you have the likes of ISIS and stuff like that, and but it's it, the, 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 their wars that'll never be won. They're guerrilla wars. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like so you're never gonna have this awesome weapon that decimates them and there's not really a need for an awesome weapon weapon that decimates anything at the moment. So as you're saying, you can kind of. Uh, you can kind of use a little bit of sleight of hand and be like, oh, Russia back and mm. blah, blah, blah. But the most dangerous thing Russia can do is to, like, float their oil. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, that. Yeah. that's much more dangerous than launching rockets into places. Yeah. So um, it's more of an economic war that they can fight now rather than an actual, like war of civilians and decimation. Yeah, but you can't make billion-dollar plans with an economic war, though. This is it, so... So where what's, so, uh, yeah. what's happening? So it, that idea that you know, first there's the Nazis, and there's the communists, and there's the terrorists, and then, then there's, there's the, aliens. the aliens. So we're we're in the terrorist zone at the moment, right? Mm. Um, it's a fun idea. It's a fun idea. It's a scratcher. So the Aurora Project and SR ninety one. It's the end of society as we know it. <laughs> even your fun idea. The SR ninety one could be possible, and I, probably is. Possible. The only way that I would say they didn't make that was if something that was easier to manufacture, less costly to manufacture, and more straightforward to manufacture. Or not more straightforward, but rather it was uh, more applicable to what they needed. Cheaper than the SR-71, which is $300 million a year mm. to maintain. Yeah. Well, for example, like, you know, is something that, that is that cool looking and all, is it just better to have this, like, cool drone that can just fly around really quite, like a small thing that can plant this massive explosion? Or, yeah. Do you know what I mean? What's a more pragmatic um, use of a, of a kind of a, a weapon, uh, yeah. so I would imagine that if I I would imagine they would have just kept working on it, and the only reason to not work on it because let's face it, like Area Fifty One seems to be a black hole for tax dollars. Nine and, nine billion dollars gone. Yeah, and they say that like six billion of those might just go on keeping it secure yeah. rather than actually making stuff. Making stuff. Um, so but then what, again, what if you, stuff is being made there that you'd spend that much just to keep it secure? Well, keep see, prying eyes but who's out. who's even saying like this is again? It's a thing I saw somewhere that said two thirds of it goes to keeping it secure. But that does that. But like, but what I mean is like literally anything could be happening in there, right? Yeah. But no matter how much people have heard of Area Fifty One, no matter how much scrutiny is sort of on there, nobody's allowed to get eyes on it, and certainly nobody's allowed to go near it. Mm. 
still. Yeah. Yeah. So like you said, it's... And again, the, the, the area, the protective area around it's getting bigger every day, right? Yeah. And that possibly... I think I sort of believe that the original reason for that was because when people started showing up there, it became like a tourist attraction. They were like, we need more space just to like... Just more, more Lebensraum, as a famous man would have said. <laughs> but, but to be fair, uh, I would say to Hitler about that, I'd say, but you're shooting anyone that crosses over the line. Like, yeah. And I go, do you really need more space? Yeah, but this is like when they first yeah. started People are still going to come up to the line. You can't just indefinitely keep pushing the line out. Eventually, there has to be a line that you're going to allow people to walk up to and say, all right, I can't say get back a bit more again. Mm, but when you know? they first started moving the line back, they didn't really have the worry of aerial photography. Yes, drones, you know what I mean? so, like, like easily yeah. prosumer drones on Amazon. That was yeah. it. It was people getting closer. They were probably closer to maybe the the the, the ease of which they could get into the complex. Yeah. Do you mm-hmm. know? So it made sense to push back there. There's no point in pushing it back anymore unless. The reason is that there's aggressive expansion because they're building bigger and bigger things. Maybe it's not the maybe because like it's Glass like twenty ideas. miles to meet something from the border you're not allowed to cross mm. on land. Yeah. But if you're walking across ground there's some shit going on under the ground that there could be like you could hey, hear why is that or rumbling or why is that? Or whatever, yeah. So maybe that's why they're moving you back and back and back. It's Venting not, yeah, yeah. shafts from the underground facilities. It's not. It's mm. not um, because they're building more stuff on top of the ground. What? Yeah, it could be that they're expanding the under the, the, the ground. Stuff Do you think they're even building Very weapons good. anymore? Like, there's so many like biological weapons, and I know there's like those treaties signed that no one's going to use biological weapons. It's still talking about like firing nukes around the place. I thought mm. we were well past nukes. Mm. Well, I believe in the thing that says no manned aircraft. They're probably not working on manned aircraft anymore. I can't see mm. why if you can make yeah. good drones why would you have manned aircraft well see but th- this is the thing like if you look at the kind of drone that the kind of drones they're drones and for drones the kind of drones the that drones drones the drones drones oh, NAS the over kinda, here the kind of yeah the kind of drones that they're using to fight the wars they're in now I mean they don't seem like they're not these SA 91s or do you know what I mean like they're not these incredibly like sleek um these sleek kind of uh, technical stylish things. yeah expensive so, so I don't really know that they are making anything aggressive there because they already have shit that's you don't way more it. there's no way to but know what really, I mean what don't. I mean is that we have things that are far more aggressive and far more destructive than what we are currently using to fight wars mm-hmm. and when I say we I just mean globally you know but Lockheed Martin would say there's billions and billions of dollars of continuing Continuing the, the war, but you're still continuing just, developing weapons. Yeah. And even if even if people went into the government, the military industrial complex are saying, "Oh no, hang on a minute, we've got enough weapons, or we're topping out on the weapons now, or like these drones can do this and these missiles can do this. We don't need anything more than this." But there's going to be like the military industrial complex. It's mm-hmm. going, no, no, no. We need to develop new kinds of bullets. We need to develop new kinds of. I've set up a business based on yeah, billions yeah. of dollars of income, so you better. Mm-hmm. And so pay basically, up. what you want to do is just keep creating weapons that won't ever wipe out the enemy. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Because it needs to go two ways. like the boys did, just make them for both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like, I don't know. I wonder, is it different technologies that maybe aren't aggressive? Do you know what I mean? Potentially. So you don't worry there is some super secret site, maybe not Area 51, but somewhere in the world that's creating, like, doomsday weapons. We already have doomsday weapons, though. I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) We know we have doomsday weapons. So, So get off the fence then, Bob Lazar. Uh, no, I think Bob Lazar is full of shit. I I don't believe that was quick. Oof. Yeah, sorry. I just to the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, full I, of shit. Did full you hear shit. any testimonials that that floated your boat? No, because like, he, right to me, it's like if the bare minimum of stuff that's easy to show can't be seen or he can't supply, 
then I'm not going to believe the rest of it. So if you went to MIT, like you said you did. Show us your fucking degree. Yeah. Like, you know? yeah. like, what about Paul Hellier? Paul Hellier. As the, a decorated career as a Canadian politician. Um, uh, put it all on the line. Testified in Congress. Uh, yeah. Stood up in front of other humans and said, there's aliens. And like, you know, the big, like there's 80 different variety yeah. of alien that yeah. live amongst us and work in governments around the world. I, I wouldn't have, outside of the fact that... Um, that sort of seems completely false based on what I know Good of reaction. just seeing things in no not even that but just I've oh. never seen an alien so it's like yeah. probably mm. not aliens but you know I've never seen lots of things that mm. do exist that I've seen footage of or whatever um, I'd be more inclined to believe Paul Hellier than I would be to believe um, Lazar mm. because okay. there's no reason to disbelieve Paul Hellier Except maybe he's a man who wanted to tell a fib, and that's the only reason. So I, you know, I couldn't know. What about the Art Bell phone call? Oh, um, it's an entertaining phone call, but it's much more likely to be false than it is to be true. Okay. Right. And what about J Rod, Burish, Dan Burish, and J Rod? If any of them are true, I want J Rod to be true because it's a good story. Yeah. Uh, he's totally not true, but he. It's a, a J Rod, the alien sidekick. The only, reason, all like the only reason that gets me is that there's just a Stargate in Egypt, like, and, like they, and through they it. called it Stargate. And why did he have to push J Rod through? And because he had to go home, man. Why wouldn't he go through the Stargate? Because he's going to be in so much trouble when they realize his that biology he took wouldn't let it happen. His biology wouldn't let it happen. <laughs> so, so uh, Area Fifty One. Then, uh, like, final word: uh, aliens or no? Um, you're not too worried. You think they're guarding nothing in there? I no, I think it's, millions of dollars. I think it's more of a complex that okay. just is making stuff. But I do think there is probably life out there. Okay. I don't know what form it comes in, whether it's ever landed here or not. I have no idea. Uh, if you had to make the bet with the great spaghetti monster, you bet there probably is other life in the universe. Yeah, there'd intelligent have to be. life, there'd have okay. to be. complex life. There have to be. Okay. Okay, Polly, off the fence. Area mm. fifty one. Uh, aliens definitely exist. <laughs> definitely exists for <laughs> sure. Will. Alien stronghold uh, where uh, reverse having... engineered uh, alien technology has mm. been turned into super flying man machines mm. are just really good airplane makers. Yes. Um, column A, column B, column C. Yeah. Could be any of them. I think that's the problem with Area 51. It's this. It's... Just to get off the fence on what you think. Uh, is it alien reverse technology or is it just humans doing a really good job it's very difficult to fence because I can see a point of view where what a red herring this is Mm. what a lightning rod to draw attention yeah that's that's what I'm getting from it too but at the same time like what would it look like if there was a a facility somewhere on earth where there actually were aliens where alien technology was being housed where it was being reverse engineered you wouldn't know about it it would probably well you could say you wouldn't know about it but I mean like you know that thing that people all say well if September 11th is a big conspiracy how come nobody talks about it if JFK was like this assassination with more nozzle how come no one's ever talked and it's like but lots of people have talked and you're like yeah but they're all crazies <laughs> so you can yeah. ignore them do you yeah, know what I mean yeah, and it's like fair enough like anything kind of big anything kind of contentious anything infamous like this is going to draw crazies out of the woodwork yeah but that doesn't mean that everyone's crazy around it. And my thing is, like, if you say, if Area 51 has anything to that, how come you never hear anyone saying that? How come no one's, like, spoken out? And you're like, loads of fucking people have spoken out. Now, a lot in of them detail. seem ridiculous. Like, but some of them don't seem so ridiculous. And so they've do spoken you, out do about you believe that there's earnest. aliens there off the fence, then? Um, there is too much evidence to the, to the... There's something really highly sensitive there. Yeah. 
I don't know fucking how, quite how highly sensitive it could be, but it's very, very sensitive, whatever it is. It couldn't just be the, the, the American hubris towards like, I can't their imagine security what it could be because attitudes. I can imagine at one point, like, the spy planes, mm. because they didn't imagine the, kind of, the way satellite technology was going to go. Mm. And I can imagine at one point it was the fighter jets because they didn't see drone technology coming. Yeah. What it could be now, I can't even imagine. You know what I mean? you can't see it coming. True, I can't see it coming, but it's, it's like, it's very hard to think what the thing would be that would have to be... Better than that thing. Yeah, and also that confidential these yeah. days. I can understand in the days of espionage, but espionage is over. If we've learned anything about how the international intelligence community works, everybody knows everything yeah. to a certain degree. Mm, so this time. idea of you still need... You actually, not even you still need. You need even more secrecy today than you had... 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago the world was in, in Area 51 yeah. when it was all espionage, when it was all information. Information was key over your weaponry. Yeah. I still don't, I don't understand what can be so. It's either a giant red herring or there really has to be something there. Something more than just test planes. The other yeah. part of it is if it's just kind of a diversional site hmm. to put your attention onto to keep the other ones... Keep nobody uh, looking a, in, at Dulce, New Mexico or Denver International Airport. Yeah, or, and that means that what's in those ones then is conceivably all the aliens and all or that worse stuff. yeah like yeah, that uh, that exactly. nightmare hall or whatever in, in Dulce it's it's everything you've heard about Area 51 all the most outlandish claims but worse yeah yeah yeah. Uh, so the Aurora project then is quite possible to be an, an ongoing reverse engineered stuff there is still work going on in Area 51 that no. we won't find out about no I can't imagine like I just said I can't imagine why you have manned aircraft and you're still working on them when you can make good unmanned aircraft. Mm. It just doesn't make it's sense because there's, like you said yeah. earlier, there's too much her- human error is a factor. Yeah. And if you can remove that from the equation, you have to. Yeah. What about Bob Lazar? Robert, I think, got his comeuppance a little bit from Stan Friedman. Really? I love Stan. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that he, guy. He got Stan a bit of a boot. Um, and I think he's probably BSing. Like there's nothing, those people that got interviewed in 1980 by like Las Vegas TV and the Las Vegas Herald or whatever, who said things that appeared in declassified memos 30 years later. Mm. Yeah. Those people who legit. are anonymous, yeah, I have yeah, a bit legit. of faith in. Yeah. Bob's stuff was all stuff that was already in the public domain. He didn't uh, say but anything. it wasn't publicly in the public domain. So it sounded, of it was. Some so of it was. No, but it wasn't like a well-known fact about Area yeah. 51 in the public domain. It was like a super secret thing that the super fan would know. Yes. And then when it comes out... That's it. It's super fanning. Like I could see yeah. Bob Lazar being... Um, you know, a good charlatan in the sense that today, if someone said, I'm this thing, well, you could find out everything you want to know from the internet in 15 minutes. Yes. We do. But like, like back then, Bob Lazar, like he, there was no Google alerts. He wasn't putting like Area 51 into a thing and getting yeah. every alert that comes out about it. To, to find out, to piece together bits of information to fabricate a story would have been quite a lot of work. Mm. And I think Al Beale did something similar. Like they, they actually like went to libraries and looked up books about things and they went to, to, to registers and looked up who different kernels were and people, people. Yeah, they yeah. kind of, they really built, like, like Catch Me If You Can thing. The amount of work the character does in that movie to build the, the pilot persona or yeah. the whatever persona around him. I think like Bob Lazar probably did that. Now you, it, that's a time, that's, it's a bygone age, it's gone now. With the internet yeah. age, like it's too quick to check someone's yeah. credentials. It's too easy to to know everything about someone's life. Like you couldn't just appear and go, like I'll be like, oh no, there's no photos of me, but I've been working in this place for the last sixty years. It's like, like bamboozle, nah, dude. I'm gonna I check Bebo or MySpace yeah. or Facebook or something that's gonna have a photo of you to prove you're in yeah. a certain place at a certain time. Like those days are. I think he was catch me if you can, Charlton. Yeah. That's what I think he was. Yeah. What about Paul Hellier like a lot and uh, Jay and Burish uh, uh, and Burish and his 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 pet alien. Uh, beautiful story. 
Um, sort of like a platonic Mork and Mindy. Yeah. Wait, was Mork and Mindy platonic? Um, I, I think they got married at one point. Gross. He wore her down in the end. Hi oh <laughs> They say they do that. I think he, he was he, he was really active, was he? Do that, yeah. Yeah. he? He liked to sit on his face and after a while Mindy did too. Oh hey. But um Hellier I put a lot of stock in. There's a man with a lot to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Although the only yeah. thing that irks me is I really don't like the Queen uh I don't know why, just in my gut, I'm like She's definitely not like a fucking alien or something, right? She's definitely not like connected to the the banking Illuminati or anything, right? Yeah. And I'm not like sure exactly what's going on there with the Queen, but I hate the fact that he's on that like he was selected by the British monarchy to be on that council the prefect for council, life. Yeah. Yeah, well. the, yeah, the Privy Council of Canada to Great yeah. Britain. I'm like, that's a weird position to hold for a guy that's like you think they'd ask him to step down after he's like popping out and going. <laughs> yeah. Governments of the world reveal the information about the eighty different alien species. Like, and the, the reptile aliens and the thing. It's like, surely they'd fucking distance. <laughs> yeah, need to... It's weird that they're not distancing from Paul Hellier. close him down. He, the Ponta Alma tunnel, he's, he's staying away from it. Yeah, he's 92 now. Yeah. And it's like, he's still on that council. He's still... I don't know, man. Yeah, it's weird. It's a tricky one. Are you looking forward to doing Stephen Greer in the Disclosure Project? Absolutely. Okay. If, if ever there's a day I can shake Stephen Greer by the hand and give him, like, the Larry David stare in the eye. Yeah. Are you... Are you, are you legit? I, 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 if I, I can give him one of them I'd be happy I do think he's legit uh, I think he could be legit really, he seems very really genuine like, yeah but maybe that maybe after I research it I'll change my mind because Who knows? I've held that belief for a really long time it's ingrained in me uh, and that's shaped how I look at the universe and how the universe works or how my existence even works well, you know? maybe we'll get hit by a libel suit by um, Bob Lazar no, we call him a pimp and then and then no, we we'll, no, we we'll get to meet him and talk to him and be like do you know what man he's genuine as fuck I really think he worked in Area 51 who I'm knows gonna, I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a profile on Bob Lazar for, it's hard for to a say video for me my half defence as horrible as it is, is is it's either a giant red herring in which case all the stories are BS and they're adding to the red herringness which means Bob Lazar or whoever else even if you're a charlatan even if you're trying to cash in you're a misinformation agent so yeah. suck my dick or it's almost like a double bluff yeah. where there is something there because mm-hmm. like why the fuck else would you have all of that shit why would it grow? why would all of that thing happen and why haven't you moved it yeah it just makes no sense so that's me uh, not, a, not a fair off the fence I don't think I think I've, I've remained straddled there a little bit Gordo <laughs> can you do a real off the fence first of all Area 51 is it there yes oh easy one um, do you think it's just an innocuous test facility range that got a, a, a bad rap over time and hysteria created a monster, a fabricated monster. Or do you think there was or is something so classified there that if you think of like where it's come from then to now, what are we talking about, a fucking death ray or something? Something so classified, it's still super, super sensitive to I talk think, about today. I think it's terrestrial. Whatever's there is terrestrial and there's no alien technology I don't believe it could be man-made UFOs? That there's man-made technologies that... I'm not talking about a Mach 6 fighter jet. I'm talking about a man-made UFO. I'm talking about doing right turns at like 8,000 miles an hour. Yeah, I do. I think there's technology out there that is way beyond mm. like the commercial uh, utilization. And they're holding it back, just like they're holding back the petrochemical industry hmm. so promotion. when there's a totally there's a totally viable uh, alternative that's totally operational and they don't they don't make it because it's not economically viable for them to have that mm-hmm. and i think there's technologies out there that can fly people across the across the globe in a few minutes or mm-hmm. you know and people like you know branson you fly up into the into the atmosphere and then back down again there's a reason that's not an everyday occurrence it's not because of expense it's because there's petrochemical dollars being invested in plane fuel that has to be burned up and it's 
you know, costing a fortune. Which is just the last of the stock until we switch last over of the to stock, the stock, switch it over. Exactly. And the tech that they're in there, like it's war tech. And at the moment they're on a go slow because there's no war. So what's either going to happen is they just stay on the go slow or they'll make a war to make more money if they need it. Do you think there's an underground base or a black site somewhere on earth that's even more sensitive now? Yeah. You think I there's think a site that no one's ever heard of and no one's literally ever spoken out loud the name of it? I don't think that there's aliens at Area 51. I think the government and the, 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 the amount of security that's around it is symptomatic or emblematic of the hubris that the US government has about their own security. And also the, I would say, the carnival or the shenanigans around the aliens and all the little, like, pinchy fucking uh, kitsch, weird Las Vegas alien-themed restaurants and bars and all of that shit. Like, it's allowed to be there because if it's there, then it's not everywhere else. Yeah, yeah. The real Area 51 is someplace else. There's some other shit going on. And there is downed aircraft and there is, like... Uh, you know, I read somewhere the Russian government are getting like 12 extraterrestrial aircraft a year from places like Outer Mongolia and Siberia and stuff like that, where they're going and collecting them and they bring them back and they examine them and stuff. Like Area 51 wouldn't, if it was truly extraterrestrial, wouldn't have any of the alien lore around it because it wouldn't be a let. There is terrestrial work going on there with very advanced scientists and they are gifted and they they make good stuff bob lazar is full of shit so you don't think there's alien species working with the un i think there is yeah but not at area 51 just not at area particularly yeah it's the biggest like double bluff of all it's the biggest like you know a red herring of all Mm -hmm. of all i think i i want to believe emo you want to believe yeah yeah i want to but i i want to believe but it's not at area 51 it's somewhere else Mm -hmm. bob lazar is full of shit and uh, Stephen Greer, I think, has answers, and people aren't listening uh, the right way. It's the red herring for you. Yeah, it's red herring, absolutely. Yeah. I think I'm going to go, I'm going to change my answer to double bluff. Yeah, double bluff. Yeah, I think double It's a double bluff. bluff. I think there's, bluff. what are you fucking guarding it? There's something there for me, it's a double bluff. Yeah. There's something there. Something, something alien? Bad. Possibly, probably something alien. Okay, so that's two for alien and one for... I'll go with a double bluff if we're all on it. Yeah? I th- well, I think, yeah, I think it's yeah, a possibility boy. it's... You know. Okay, so two double bluffs and one it's just terrestrial and you should be looking someplace else. Yeah. And we'll talk about that in the disclosure project in one of the next shows. That's it for Area fifty one. It's been a weird one. Bob Lazar, mm. if you're listening, holla at your boy. We'd love to hear some uh, talk would, on, uh, on Apologies TCG. if you got offended by us calling yeah, you a pimp over and over again. But as well, also, don't be... You did a pimp in that time. Pimp, pimping, ain't e- <laughs> pimping ain't easy. Um, so if you want to get in contact with us about any of the stuff we brought up in the show or correct any of our possibly various and, and <laughs> numerous mistakes, uh, info Science. at those conspiracy guys is our email address. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Reddit, uh, Instagram, Snapchat, Tumblr. Uh, we have a YouTube channel and a VidMe channel and a Twitch channel, all with loads of videos, all about conspiracy theories, and we're going to have live shows and stuff. So if you subscribe to us there, you'll be able to keep up with all the stuff coming. And also, thanks so much to the Patreon people who make this show possible. Patreon.com slash those conspiracy guys. If you like the show, if you like what you hear, if you want to make it better, or you want to get a deep, uh, you know, a deep longing uh, look into the behind the scenes of those conspiracy guys uh we're on uh patreon.com slash those conspiracy guys drop a dollar and you get to 
look behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks very much to everybody for listening. This has been Those Conspiracy Guys talking about Area 51. My name is Gordon. I'm Paul. I'm Eamon. And thanks to Eamon and Paul for joining me here uh, for this show. We'll be back again in two weeks' time. Keep an eye out for some true crime episodes and uh, some other stuff coming up on YouTube in the wild. Thanks very much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>